Patricia, my darling Patricia. I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia. You could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Oh, Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. Saturday night, everybody, February the 6th, year 2016, and who else on this station has their own theme song named for her? Me. Who else? Who me. else? Who else? Me. Who else? Me. Who? Me. 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 Pick me. <laughs> <laughs> who? Even when I'm grouchy, that song makes me feel better. <laughs> Who else can look up trivia questions about the game that she won't watch tomorrow? Who else will will be happy to take phone calls about her offering of last night? My what last night? Your offering. Oh, that. Who, who else? Mm-hmm. Who Let's else? see how many lumps I take and how many high fives. Who else on this show? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's said a hot dog and a beer. It costs more than twenty dollars <laughs> at Super Bowl. Actually, that's that is so way off uh, based on the other information I have. It's gonna be closer to twenty-five. Here's, hot dog and a beer. Here she is, everybody, the adorable one, the the pride of Florida, the 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 new the, the, the New Jersey Ike of New Jersey. She's doing better in the polls than, Chris, than Christy is, you know? And... 
And oh, and the lady that lived who 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 yeah who who made sure the academy was in good shape up there in West Point. Here she is, Patricia. Hey, Ma. <laughs> it is I. Hi, I. Of the South. Hi, I. Hello. Hello, Happy you. Happy Saturday, everybody. You think we're going to get any phone calls tonight? You think we're getting any phone calls tonight? Um, only if they they want to beat me up. You know. But in the meantime. <laughs> you know, in the old days when we did a show way time ago. We had long stretches of no phone calls. You remember those days? Golly, gee whiz, we had, if we had three phone calls, we'd say, wow, that was really good. And then our family grew and grew, grew and, and grew, grew and we're so happy you're out there. Yeah. It's so much fun to know you're out there. That's right. Anyway, I need yeah. to make a couple of station announcements. Okay. You can call Patricia at 714. Five four five two zero seven one. That number can always reach Patricia on a Saturday night if I'm doing the show. If, if that's correct, you know. because he's got the phone <laughs> and all the buttons. But you can email her twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, at floridawriter at hotmail dot com. Okay. Correct. Couple of nice station announcements I'd like to make. We're already, uh, you know, we're we're making some gradual uh, changes as we go. But uh, I'd like to thank Steve over at Otunes. That's another mobile app. Uh, he updated Yesterday USA, both the red and the blue, so all our friends who have the the blind Victor screen reader can get Yesterday USA. Back on the system yesterday. So I know that made Marilyn happy. I know that's going to help Kurt. A lot of people. So I sent him a thank you note for doing that. So Steve, if you're listening, thank you for updating that. And eventually everybody will he'll update the mobile app. But, but at least for everybody who go to O-Tunes at O-O-T-U-N-E-S dot com. We are both in there. Both red and blue. So I should just point that out. So... With the rest of the qu- question, trivia, game, and stuff like that there, here she is, Patricia. Say more. <laughs> <laughs> it is I. <laughs> That's truly what that means. Say more. There we go. Make um, sure the phone works. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the only thing I have to announce is that, <laughs> heaven help us, Super Bowl tomorrow, I have so many goodies about Super Bowl, and I really tonight want an opportunity to tell all of them to you, because you will be astounded at what you're going to do tomorrow. Mamma mia, I couldn't believe some of this stuff. Well, you want... Goodness, somebody found the link. (laughs) (laughs) Before we answer the phone call here, you want to give give a two, three uh, ones out, just to warm up everybody's appetite? Oh, just just to warm up the gang? Yeah. Okay. You know how I am on food, right? Yes. Okay. Well, let's let's do food. Just a, a list of food first. Um, we've got a hot dog for eight dollars in the stadium, a slice 
of pizza. I, had, I have no idea how big the slice is. They could cut it up in 88 pieces for all I know. Yep. Slice of pizza, $10. Garlic fries, $10. Nachos, <laughs> $8. Domestic beer, one glass. I'm assuming it's 12 ounces because that's pretty pretty common. 12 ounces of beer for $13. Premium draft beer, if you want to be a really big popper, is $15. A souvenir soft drink. Walden, I'm assuming, <laughs> tell me if I'm correct. Yes. A souvenir soft drink is worth $10 because it comes in a cup that's got Super Bowl 50 that's right. on the side. And of you it. can cake the cup home, Patricia. That's great. doesn't fit in the dishwasher, but it'll melt in the sun, but you get to take it home. Bottled water, $7. And a wine pour, whatever that is. I'm assuming just, you know, a little glass of wine. My guess or something. So, yeah. so I thought you would like to know that. I, I like knowing that. Yes. <laughs> you never would have known it without me. No. I, I guess. Why do I have more? They, they, the game tomorrow is right there in Silicon Valley. So there's a lot of people with money. And they're saying the tickets right now on StubHub are going for 2600 So that's probably, you know, for them, that's no big deal. Yeah, I've got some ticket price stuff, too. And then I have a question for you. So, so who's on the phone? Hello there, you're on air. StubHub! <laughs> Very good. It's uh, 16 ounces for beer, by the way, at most stadiums. John told me that. I wouldn't have known otherwise. 16? <laughs> oh, well, in that case. <laughs> that makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> how, many, how many ounces? Is it 12 ounces in a can of yeah. beer? Yeah, 12 in a can. But they usually sell the outsized uh, glasses. that mm -hmm. are usually paper cups, and, you know, large ones, but they're not bottles. Yeah. And they're usually okay. about 16. Okay, so that's less than a dollar an ounce. Yeah, I think you can buy it bigger than that if you want. <laughs> well, I mean, it's going to take you an hour and a half to get to concessions. Oh, this is painful. Okay, this is Larry. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Have you suffered slings and arrows from Friday night yet? No, no, you're the first caller. Oh, no, 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 but they've got your email. Oh, no, nobody sends an email. They're probably still steaming. Huh. Well, they're still... Not a single email. I think we talked to Ron and... And, um, and Jim. Ron and Jim. And Ron's contention was, hey, you know, she's the one picking the shows, and it's her opinion. You know, yep. it doesn't necessarily have to be mine or anybody else's. Uh-oh. I know what that means. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Richard Diamond comment. Yeah, it is. Well, you use it, yeah. you can use it now. Jim agrees with you, but it, about it's not the, the first show he, he thought was as strong as the other ones. But Jim, I don't think Jim's a big Freeberg fan anyway, is he? I guess we're going to find out. We could make up some great comments now and then just wait for them to call in. That is true. Yeah, we could have some fun. That is true. Yeah. Well, we still might do that. Yeah, we can do that. Whatever. We, in case somebody missed it, and I'm sure 92% of our audience did, um, on Friday night, we have an awful show presented by Patricia. However, Patricia gets to pick what is 
in her estimation, a really awful show. So last night, we played a Stan Freeberg show. Now, Stan Freeberg is one of, I don't know, what would you call him? The leader of the pack. I mean, he's the funniest or created. He's not with us any longer. Um, he created the funniest, funniest TV ads. And I'm assuming he hit radio ads. Well, he also had the Stan Freeberg show, which lasted for 15 episodes. And I picked episode number one as dreadful, um, which is the equivalent of awful. But Stan Freeberg is one of the highest, what shall we call him? He, 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 I would call him, he's one of the more beloved comedians of, of the old-time radio hobby. Yes. If he were a bull, I'd call him a sacred bull. Mm -hmm. um, he can't be a sacred cow, <clears throat> but for metaphorical purposes, I'll call him. He's a sacred cow of radio mm -hmm. and an extraordinarily creative man whose work I don't fully appreciate or who all of his work I, I don't necessarily appreciate. Um, but anyway, because he is so loved and so respected by so many people, Patricia, not one of them, that um, we're expecting an avalanche of discussions about him. <laughs> and I got no emails. We have no phone calls. We have Larry on the other end. So, Larry, what did you think of the show after you heard it? Uh, it, it was okay. I, 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 I enjoyed the... Um the uh, incident in Las Ferocias at the end because I thought it was pretty clever. Uh, the rest of the show was okay. I've heard it so many times. Oh. We played it on the air oh, at least three times locally. And really? Yeah. We played the whole thing. Did anybody write to you? What's that? Did anyone write to you? No. Hmm. Nope. Nobody did. Okay. <laughs> you know, I think they all decided, you know, that to take it in, this, in the... Uh, the way it was meant, and it was a satire, so most of them just enjoyed it. They laughed, and they went on to the next show. Yeah. If, I think if there had been fewer attempts at skits, it wouldn't have been as disturbing to me. But they tried to cram so much and so many different people and so many different little skits into a single half hour. It, it made it like an antique attic. Well, I think what he was trying to do, that's the first show, so he's trying to gain attention. And well, I he sure did. would do that by doing as many different skits and uh, as he could. You think partly, though, his writing style by 1957, he was thinking in terms of a record format? Maybe so. And so he was used to writing short three-minute sketches, and maybe that's what they decided to try with the first um, show, it, you know. That format. But a lot of other people copied him. I mean, Saturday Night Live, they, they, they're they notorious for doing relatively short skits. They do a lot of them, the same thing. They do, they're in and out real quick. I don't think they are bam, bam, bam. No, they're not. They got however. commercials for that. And yeah. that's another thing. He was not, he didn't have any commercials. He was never sponsored. So it might have been easier on you if you had heard a uh, minute commercial sandwich at the beginning and one of the middle and maybe one of the ends. Maybe. That, that's a possibility. Yeah. But there also might be a reason he never got a sponsor for it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They just didn't think it was that <laughs> maybe good. Maybe there's a sponsor out there 
who agreed with me. Anyway, for anyone who heard that show, I would like to hear from you. And I'm prepared. Boy, did I take my lumps with Richard Diamond. But that's okay. I think I'm going to overlump with <laughs> With Stan Freeberg, we'll see what the gang has to say. And you know, it really doesn't matter because whether they liked it or they hated it, you're still going to be back next week. Yeah, boy, <laughs> look out, everybody. Yeah, you know, and then you can do something else to tick people off, and they have some talking <laughs> about it with you, and you're still back it's, the week after. It's fun, it's fun to generate a little bit of excitement. Sure, it is. Oh yeah, be, wouldn't it be boring if we did the same thing every week? would be terrible. And Walden does that a lot. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so what's new by you? Uh, well, let me think. Not a lot. Mostly I, just work. I just saw the weather. We're going to be in the 90s, Larry, this week. I didn't see that. I, I saw it was 82 today. It was going to be Santa Ana winds and in the 90s. Oh, that's lovely. That's <laughs> exactly what we want. Wow. There's... Wow. Rain, 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 rain rain today really we had we had a total of 13 inches in january alone our entire annual production is something around 50 inches so <laughs> and this is our dry season channel 7 on facebook today sent up something that said attention scientists <laughs> who, who do prognosticate with regard to El Nino, Nino should yeah. be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I mean, have they have, have they screwed up? I mean... Well, I heard him trying to defend himself this morning, KNX, and said, well, we were correct in the, in the mountains. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> we had some very accurate predictions as that were based on El Nino telling us that we really have to get braced for a lot of rain this winter. So on our coast, we've got people who know what they're doing. And they probably don't listen just, to Stan Freeberg. Just thought you'd like to know. <laughs> <laughs> what? I said, and they probably don't listen to Stan Freeberg. <laughs> they probably don't. <laughs> That's why they're rational. But I don't know what we're going to do here. I mean, I have no clue as to what's going to happen. But, you know, they we got all kinds of people saying, gear up, because the rain is coming. <laughs> it came... Sort of, for a while. Not, but, I mean, it's gosh, it's going to be 90 degrees this week. You know, that's, that's right. I wonder if they factored in the Santa Anas. I don't know. Well, the Santa, they're coming, the Santa Anas have been coming late. Yeah. Yeah. Or terribly early. Oh, that's pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and even even people who live, like, in San Diego, it's, it's still... Warm, even for them, and they're maybe ten degrees, fifteen degrees cooler than we are. Mm -hmm. You know, they're by the sea. Uh, we're not necessarily, but there, it's even warm there. It's just bizarre the weather patterns that we're experiencing in California, and Northern California is getting beat on like a drum with regard to rain. Yeah, what they need. Yeah, and we're not. Although we're going to get a lot of that because it's all going to flow down from Northern California into the lakes and rivers, etc. So we'll I hope so. water. I hope so. Yeah, it will, but we're not getting the actual rain at all. Not like we should have. And my brother is buried in Colorado. Oh, because of the blizzard? I talked to him the day before yesterday. Yeah. I <laughs> said, How are you doing? He said, 
we're in a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of weather is unusual for his particular area. It has something to do with being in the foothills of something or other. And their annual snowfall is quite low by comparison to many other places in the Midwest. Hmm. <laughs> How many inches do you have? He's, oh, I don't know, maybe 18. Wow. <laughs> and it's coming down. They couldn't even see the street. It was still coming down. So I have to touch base with him and make sure they're okay because things like that do interrupt services. I, 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 saw, I saw something very interesting this week in Nebraska. They shut down a couple hundred miles of freeways or highways because of the ice. Right. They shut it down. Yeah, wow. they didn't uh, allow truckers or anybody go on a couple hundred miles. Yeah, well, in Lincoln. My gosh. In Omaha, where I don't work there, but I work out of there through, right. you know, home. And they had, uh, I think it was, they said between 8 and 12 inches of snow. Wow. And uh, a friend of mine was in Denver this last couple of days, and she said it was just cold blizzardy on the way to the airport it was 30 degrees mm. at, you know 10 11 o'clock in the morning uh, it's just bizarre what people are going through and we're not well we are it's the extreme though yeah well we'll get a 45 mile per hour wind tomorrow starting tomorrow and 90 degrees this week so it, it'll be just perfect once the weather for us. that'll look really good for the super bowl because all that all the stuff will be blown out <laughs> blow it all out that's true they're saying it's going to be 60 degrees up there in San Francisco. So Is that right? Yeah. So, good way for them. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, hey, other than that, that's that's essentially it. You well, know. let me throw something here on the table. Uh, Before you do that? Yes. Uh, I didn't listen on the phones tonight, but I did listen on the computer. And we're still maybe six, seven seconds behind on the red, which is good. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way it should be. Um, and we were maybe two to two and a half minutes behind on the blue, but it looks like it's more like 30 to 40 seconds behind so now. Sort of tighten it up a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah. So everything seems to be working pretty well. Go ahead. Did you guys see who turned 99 today? You know, yesterday, Larry and I and John were talking about three people that we know are turning 99 this year. But Olivia de Havilland. Uh, actually, she's turning 100. I thought she died. Who am I thinking of? No, she's with uh, her. Sister, her sister passed away. That's right. That's yeah, Olivia is turning 100 July 2nd. Wow. Good. But somebody who is well known for um, raising a ruckus with the police. O.J. Simpson's in jail. And I know, old. I know. Uh, has it happened recently? No. 59? No. And I'm surprised she's still alive because you know, she, she, it was, she had, you know, she was in such bad shape health-wise. Everybody I, was around the clock on her for several years. I can't think of anybody who's. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you the back. Remember the, remember the movie actress who slapped a cop in the face for a trap, for a traffic violation? No. You're kidding. No. Yep. That about 15 years, you can go, Josh Al Jabor had turned 99 today. Wow. Oh, I knew she was still alive, but I didn't know she was 99. Yeah. I didn't think she was still with us. Well, Josh, I, I'm very sorry. Yeah, but. She has been, she was very, very ill. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't know she was going to, make the way they were sort of on alert. It, it, it's amazing she pulled through 
all these years. You remember that was about seven, eight years ago. Did she marry yeah. the cop after she hit him in the face? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I wonder, yeah. Well. Wow. <laughs> but Josh, I turned 99 today. My, you know, there's a name that people 30 years ago would, you know, 30 years younger. Right. They'd remember her, but her name has been out of the limelight so long. If you asked a 20-year-old, do you know who Zsa Gabor is? They would say, who? Yeah, right. No clue. No clue. But if you took the flip side, everybody... You to, have you watched Green Acres lately? But that was her sister. That's her sister. Yeah. They might recognize the name from the screen. But if you remember the, the time when she flapped the cop and the Beverly Hills cop and all that, she would be getting a lot of press about... That guy be close to 20 years yeah, by I now. Yeah, I do remember that vaguely. Yeah. So she'd have been 79 then. Right. Wow. So, do I need to look up the circumstances here? I think it was a traffic violation, like if I remember right. Like a librarian right. in your next life. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> How do you spell Zsa J-A-J-A? Is that right? I don't know. I have a memory that it's J-A-J-A. I could be wrong. Or is it S-J-A? Z-S-A-Z-S-A. Huh? I'm very sorry, sorry. It was not even close. <laughs> I had two Z's and two A's in there. You didn't hear Walden chime in. You could have stumped him with that one. <laughs> I would have spelled it with a J. Jaja. Yeah, Jaja. A guy from New York would have called it Jaja. 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 Or, or J-Z. Yeah, Zay Zay. Maybe Zay Zay. I can't uh, actually, believe it. Willie Mays oh my gosh, that they were in, in jail. Hold on. They threw in jail? It says convicted wow. of slapping an officer. I, maybe it was just a fine. Let's see. I don't think so. Um, oh, and an open container of alcohol. That might explain it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair trial was handed over on Friday, convicting her of slapping a police officer driving without a license uh, and possessing an open container of alcohol, a flask of Jack Daniels, in her $215,000 Rolls Royce. But the tempestuous Hungarian was acquitted of disobeying <laughs> Beverly Hills police officer when she drove away from a traffic stop. On June 14th, this was 1989. So how many years is that? My goodness. 27 years ago. 27 years ago. Well, no, 26, actually. Yeah. 89, yeah. Um, Okay. Jurors found that action, which led to a pursuit. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Bronco. Nothing more than a miscommunication. I don't think so. She guessed when the guilty verdict was read, but seemed to show no other reaction until she exited the courtroom, smiling once with her husband, Prince Frederick of Germany, whatever, von Anhalt of Germany. Outside, she faced a bumping and shoving crowd of two dozen TV news and camera, TV news cameras, and more than 50 members of an international press corps. Can you imagine this? I am disappointed. I can't believe it, Gabor said moments after, before the premises were cleared, because of a bomb threat. Oh, my God. Wow. This was a circus. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's a media circus. Just a circus overall. 
Oh my wow. gosh. This this is if I go to jail, Bistro Garden, which was a restaurant, said they would serve me food three <laughs> <times> a day. <laughs> Expect jail time. Let's see. She was convinced. All right, did she get any jail time? Let's see if there's a I don't think so. Um, all right. Let's see. Jail time. Uh, police incident jail time. This is fun. They could have called her jail time Jaja. <laughs> Hey, I get bored. <laughs> Hello, darling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bored, darling. I don't Walden. 72 hours in jail. Now I Oh, recall. big deal. <laughs> yeah, 72 hours in jail. Can you imagine slapping a cop, driving without a license, having an open container in the car, and what was the third thing? There driving was, away. There was something else. Driving away. But, there was something else, and she got 72 hours and 120 hours of community service at a homeless shelter. Can you imagine how we made out there? Yeah. She drove up in her 200. <laughs> this is me, not in the in the article. 215 thousand dollar Rolls Royce, serving the homeless in a homeless shelter. <sighs> Just another day at paradise. <laughs> well, sweetie, what did you do today? I slapped an officer. I slapped an officer, yes. And do you know what? He got mad. <laughs> yeah, good thing oh, I finished here. Oh, dear me. Or whatever okay, it was. Okay, so I've got one black mark from John and one gray mark from you for my Stan Freeberg. I wonder how many others have a different color. We shall, well, they're not going to tell you, especially blind people, what color to put down. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, so you're going to have to, they, you're gonna have to uh, well, then you know the difference between a black mark and a white mark, right? Uh, yeah. But I, I black mark I, is bad. Yeah. yeah. Gray mark is in between. All right. <clears throat> so. Yeah. But if they tell you how they feel, you can, uh, you can, you know. I, I can assign this. Graduated from college, you know how to do that. <laughs> I'll be the, I'll be the assigner. Is it as assigner and assignee? I don't know. Anyway, I will assign spots oh, okay. based on the feedback. And this is with the hope that there were actually some people listening. Yeah. Well, there probably were. Maybe the silent majority. You never know. Yeah. Look, a lot of people found us. I mean, not too many people. A few people called last night. But a lot of people are finding us and more and more finding us throughout the day. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So, because it is, it is pointless to let the listeners know that there are different ways to get to us, and one of them is via the website. Down in the lower right corner is a box that has clearly labeled links that will get you to us. But if you're here, you don't need to know that. Yeah, I think more eventually more and more people are going to find us on their phones. Yeah. and I That think will be the way to listen. Yeah, and going going to the website is um, will probably be a pretty common thing. Yeah, and they will find us there. This is good. Yeah, you know, it might be tougher to find new listeners. I think the new listeners that we'll get will probably be through the mobile apps. Yeah, you know, because we're not part of necessarily a, a broadcast community like we were at Live three sixty five. Right. Yeah. That is so sad that they went down. Yeah, yeah. And so fast. Yeah. 
And of course, it related to the decisions on how much money broadcasters were going to pay mm-hmm. depending on the music that they played. So, so we'll see what was, happens with O2. That was expected. And that was something. Yeah, and, and I don't know. It's just such a screwy system. But anyway. We still don't know. All right. You're, you're down with a gray mark. Okay, that's fine. I don't care. You were saying, worry about an O-tune? I said we have O-tunes and tune-in right. through the larger phone distributors of, uh, of signals and phone apps. A lot of people. And, and iTunes, by the way, is, is coming on board, too, from what I understand. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happened to the Apple decision. It's, it's almost interesting that they made the same... This decision about their music format about the same time mm-hmm. Live 365 shut down. It's very interesting that, that all, all happened within a few days of each other. Yep. So we'll see. And a lot of people aren't talking. Collusion. Collusion. <laughs> oh, maybe that's what she had in her container. Could be. Oh, no. Okay. That's, that's Kahlua. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going so that, you know... Other people can call in and talk about stuff. You want to, wait a minute, wait a minute. Give Larry a trip. Give Larry a, a Super Bowl trivia question that you dug up, Patricia. Oh, oh, okay. Let me see. Let me see here. Hold on. Are you going to root for um, Denver tomorrow, Larry? Have you? No, just... I, I, I think I'm, I think Carolina's going to beat him. Okay. But we'll see. It's going. I think it's going to be a close game. Now, All right. you cannot play this back tomorrow night. <laughs> All right. Now, you already know about the chicken wings. How yep. did you know one, I know about the chicken wings? Okay, I missed Patricia. 1.3 billion chicken wings, and that translates to 650 million chickens surrendering their arms. Um, how many handicapped. Americans? <laughs> what? Handicapped chicken. If there's a handicapped chicken, he may not have surrendered his arm. <laughs> Yeah. Hear me. What a <laughs> thing to say. Okay. How, what is the percent of Americans who eat chicken wings who say they like to dip their wings in ranch dressing? I would say 86%. Really? Do you eat chicken wings? Not often. Walden? Once in a while. It's, I like them, but we don't see them here too often. Mm, I really like chicken wings. Um, 50% say they like to dip their wings in ranch dressing. Really? That all? That's according, that all? To the, that's according to the National Chicken Council. So I'm going to believe them, but a different site, which is also, I think it was Huffington Post, which is pretty reputable with their figures, said 50% blue cheese. See, I thought it would have been higher just because people like to dip into things. Okay, uh, well, yeah. I, I thought barbecue, like a uh, hot sauce, would be. Would, I what? thought a, some form of barbecue sauce. Yeah, hot wings. Buffalo wings are. But the, a lot, a lot of the buffalo wings. The last time I've eaten them, there, there's some that they go with. They've already seen the bacon already in spicy sauces already. So maybe. Hot sauce are sort of down on the list now. I don't know. Maybe so. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Interesting. One more. Yes. How many pounds of popcorn? This is unpopped popcorn. These are the kernels. How many pounds of popcorn will be popped and consumed while watching the game? 
This is from the calorie control council. I guess. I didn't see that. <laughs> I didn't see that when I when I pulled down the number. How how many pounds of popcorn? Kernels. Ah uh, man, what do you think, Walden? Okay, are we talking like the seed? Yes. Okay. It's not been popped yet. Not been popped yet. This is the United States only, right? Again, please. United States audience. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say 50 million pounds. 50 million? Uh Uh-huh. Let me give you the rest of the story. (laughs) I I, I don't think it's that much. I mean, I I have... A microwave bag. You know how how big a bag pops up in the microwave? Yeah. It has 2.75 ounces. Right. And that includes the oil. So I'm only giving them 2.5 ounces of kernels that pop up in a microwave bag. We're talking ounces compared to pounds. So 50 million, I, I think. You think I'm a little high? I think I you're think a lot. A little high. Yeah. You've I always think, been a lot high. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, if, I, if, if I'm going to be. 2.8 million pounds. That's still a lot of pop. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, Patricia, this is what I want to know. After you pop the 3.8 pa- million pounds, or 3.8 million pounds, mm-hmm. how many houses would that fill? Well, I don't know. You get 24,320,000 bags of popcorn, and each bag of popcorn, how they ever came up with this, is labeled as two servings, of course. You know, you open a, a can of sardines and you get two sardines. <laughs> it's a serving. But 16 ounces to a pound converts to 24,320,000 bags of popcorn. And if you believe the size uh, on the label, it's actually a little bit more than two servings. But I'll give them two servings. That comes out to 48,640,000 servings of popcorn. This is a guy thing. See, you know? see, I was thinking yet in my head there'd be a hundred million people eating them all. But they're not all going to eat popcorn. No, that's why I was thinking maybe a half. So that's why I was thinking fifty million. Yeah, we're, but we're talking about the little tiny kernels. Yeah, the yeah. Ounce. Two ounces yeah. of kernels or two and a half ounces of kernels pops into one of the big microwave bags. That's still an incredible amount of popcorn. <laughs> it's really, I know. Okay. And you know, and, 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 and you know they're eating more than that. Well, yeah, um, 139 million pounds of avocados. Now I don't like avocados. I so. do sometimes. How much ice cream tomorrow? Well, I, I don't have ice cream. Really? But the avocados, most of the avocados, of course, are going into guacamole. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Of course, John went shopping today, and, and we have a freezer that we just went to Costco, so it's loaded. So he says, oh, and I had a little bit of ice cream left. And so he says, oh, by the way, I brought two half gallons, or two, yeah, two half gallons, because it was two for five bucks. I said, where the hell am I going to put it? <laughs> what uh, what two, flavor? You got two for one for what? For five. Five bucks. I, I missed that again. I stepped right on you. He got, for, for five dollars, he got Two half gallons of ice cream. Of ice cream, okay. 
So I well, my question is, are they really half gallons? You know, now every day is smaller than a half gallon, practically. We still say I need to pick up a pound of coffee, I, and some of them are down to 11 ounces. I did not feel the need to measure it. <laughs> well, what flavor okay. was it? What well, fla- one, one, of, one of the flavor I wanted was um, um, butter pecan. You're on a butter That's pecan good. run. Okay, he, good. He got chocolate chip. So how are you got? I had to taste them both to find out which flavor was which. <laughs> and make room. And I did he make room. half of each one so, so you could put them together. He's going to be surprised to see how much is left over. So, so um, how are you guys going to decide who is who? Are you going to put Braille on the on the, on the ice cream no, container? No, I, I put the butter pecan back where the old one was because it is now a thing of the past. You put a mousetrap on there, don't touch or something? Oh, yeah, th- there's going to be a voice that says, Please do not touch the refrigerator. <laughs> So, and that's I think we're over the top here. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I think we're over the top. Oh, we've been over the top for a long time. <laughs> you could have heard us last night talking about Michael Beal, the chipmunk. Yes, you should have heard. If you, you, if you haven't heard about last, about last Sunday's show, Patricia. Yeah. Um, Michael Beal... So the question is that really with Michael Beal or Mickey Mouse? Somehow Skype changed his voice so that it was up about, oh, at least five or six octaves. Oh I, we don't know how. And so he started talking, and, and all you hear is... And well, we, we didn't know what he was I, saying. When I first started, I, I listened to... Oh, no, that was Friday night. Friday night I listened, and... When you were talking with Frank, I I don't know what the noise was. It, I'm I, I'm hopeful that it wasn't his breathing that I was hearing. It, it was a, it was. a scratch, it was, and he, pop, he, scratch pop type thing. Yeah, he was breathing he, with his mouth open. I think it was. I was okay. Fine. All right. So that's that's what it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. So okay, Larry. We we got to let other people yes we do get in here and put me on but, par with yeah. But but one but one thing I want you I want. Larry to mimic Michael's laugh as Mickey Mouse. Well, I couldn't understand Michael, but when we said something funny, we heard him laugh in the chipmunk. You know, that's tough to do. What is that? I don't know. I'm right. sorry, that was me. That was you. Wait, do you have a fire in, a fire alarm? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I dropped my phone, and the the cord dislodged just enough to make that horrible. Oh, that was actually very cool. Do, do it again for those who missed it. Yeah. They hit the motion. Did. She did. I didn't think she would or could. <laughs> I did. I, I know how to do things. <laughs> okay, now, now, Larry, go ahead and give give the emergency broadcasting a statement that they always do. This is this is only a work. This is a this is a, this is only a test. You are listening to emergency broadcast alert. <laughs> if this had been an actual emergency, you would have been instructed where to tune and where to eat chicken wings at any. <laughs> Never mind. It doesn't make any difference. Now back to Stan Freeberg. Woohoo! Yeah, I have to click something on my remote in order to get out of that mode. Oh, you do? I do. Huh. Which really stinks. Because it's just one of the little buttons 
and I have to turn on a light if I'm in the dark. I cannot figure out which button it is. Yeah, now you know what I go through after the ladies. Call. I know. You know, I was just going to say there are some things that you guys have Wait a minute. really big advantage. Wait a minute. No, no, no. When the ladies clean and they touch my remote on my TV, it's Ooh. time. So what oh, I wind up doing the, the last two times is I hide the remote so they can't. <laughs> because then I, it takes me an hour to turn the damn TV back on. Have oh, have have, have they have they messed with your shower head lately? No, not in about three months. <laughs> they, for some reason, whoever it was, was cleaning the shower and, and the head, and they just kept it turned towards the door. Well, I didn't know that. I'm just used to turning the water on. So I turn the water on and get hit in the face <laughs> with this big spray of water. I, I was not happy. And it was 5 o'clock in the morning or whatever it was, 5.30, yeah. So, you well, know. It's the right time. Gotcha. Got your body moving. Yeah, it got me moving all right. You say bad words, don't you? No. No? No. Never? I, I won't say never, but I would say rarely. Why aren't you a good rabbit? Rarely. I just decided to stop doing that quite a while ago. Good for you. Now, sometimes they slip out when something happens and I can't catch them quickly enough. But yes. they get rarely fall, happen. They get fall out, and you, you haven't caught them in time. They just fall out, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But but I make okay. conscious. Okay, Stan Freeberg is up. Okay. So, anyway, let me get out of here and let you chat with whomever. <laughs> Maybe you're going to be <laughs> our only call. Whomever I have been protected from. Uh, yeah. From whom I have been protected. Well, Walden, I will be your only caller yeah. if I keep That's talking. true. But maybe you'll be back like the old days when Patricia and I had... Call, she, she did pages of, her 30 pages were done in one night, rather than carrying over six months now. My goodness, I've been on almost 50 minutes. Well, that's good. I've been on longer than that when I've, you know, when it's my show. <laughs> <laughs> but but not when I have just been calling in to say, hey, I'll be on for a short time, and you guys kept me for 50 minutes. <laughs> I did that, yes. Yes, we did. We're guilty. Ho, ho, ho. Okay. All right. Shut on. I'm going now. Give us a call later. I'll be asleep later. Okay. Call us in your sleep. Nobody Don't will call know. Call us then. Okay, I'll, I'll call you when I'm asleep. Yeah. That's fine. Call us in your sleep. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Sophie. Good night. 714-545-2071. After, please give us a call. Patricia and I love hearing from the people. And back. I, I want to know from you. Mm-hmm. Percentage of people who call in sick on the Monday after Super Bowl after all this food. I wonder why. I think it's like seventeen percent. Six percent. That's pretty good. Higher as well, except. Well, I don't know about now. The the women are the female side is starting to take in more sports, so there are more women. But I I think I think guys. I would have thought. It would have tipped a little bit further over there. Yeah. See, I, yeah, I think, to be honest with you, the Super Bowl became a much bigger deal when people view it as a party. Mm-hmm. I think in the last Excellent. 30 years or so. You're right. It's like yeah. a New Year's Eve party. Right. I don't... It's the February doldrums that are being relieved. Absolutely. Do you remember from last week how many pounds of nuts... 
going to I can't believe these combinations. Popcorn, nuts, pretzels. How how many nuts? How many pounds of nuts? For for tomorrow, you mean? Now it depends. Are they the hard pretzels or are they the soft pretzels? I don't. I'm. If I were buying for Super Bowl, I would buy the little, you know, the the quick, the, the hard, the hard yeah, 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 the little ones. Little like, one. But it doesn't make any difference what size they are. Four million pounds. Hello there, caller. What are you having tomorrow? Hello, sports talk. <laughs> Too, but what what are you having for what are you having to celebrate the, the game tomorrow? I'm not celebrating. I don't celebrate the Super Bowl. I'll be at work. Well, nobody's gonna be at nobody's gonna be there tomorrow. So that's just what you call the office. <laughs> yes, that'll fly. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not, Dan? I mean, I mean, if nobody shows up in the library for two hours, well, don't they give you guys the ability to shut everything down? No, only if we check out all the books. Have you guys ever done that? Uh, not, not, no, no, we've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> you really got him upset there, Walden. Not, not, no, no. Yeah, I know. I, I got, I got a couple. No, 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 no. I got him a couple of stutters there. That was pretty good. I know. I know. No, for, very well. For, for a show that's not supposed to be about sports, you sure are sports heavy tonight. I know. This is my confession. Every year I go overboard <laughs> for Super Bowl because it is such a popular day. Well, we're it not. also blows my mind what you guys eat. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, yeah, but, see, we're not talking about who's winning the game. It, P Patricia's interested in the, uh, in, in the, the food. Uh, yeah, in I the forgot food. to look up information about the team. And in between this, I think I saw that Levi's Stadium, mm -hmm. which is where they're going to be playing, has only 60,000 seats. Is that possible? Yeah. What the heck? Oh, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Well. I mean, gee whiz. All right, Dan, if you were not working, would you be watching Super Bowl? I don't know. I've always worked during the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay, well, I did my homework, and I looked up tobacco information. Did you really? I I did my homework, yes. You did, the, you did. I did so, I did so. The Federal Tobacco Quotas Program, which means yeah. they told people how much they could plant and how much they couldn't, yes. extended from 1938 to 2004. Okay, yes. That, that's a lot of regulations. They regulated right. tobacco. Uh, uh, do we still have tobacco and, subsidies? Uh, well, I'm, no. I'm getting there. Okay, okay. <laughs> we have, what year um, was it, 1930? 38 to 204. 38 to 204. Wow. Uh -huh. Price supports and quotas no longer exist. 
um, over the number of years, worked on legislation to end the federal tobacco program. Apparently, they weren't successful until 2004. Well, they bought, they bought, they had the tobacco buyout. Pardon? They had the tobacco buyout then. They bought your poundage. That's right, and they paid $3 a pound. See, I really Mm -hmm. did look look this stuff up. So at the end of the allotment and the end of quotas and the end of price controls and all sorts of things like that, the farmers were just free to grow whatever they wanted, however much they wanted, and go to market and get however much they could was substantially less than the $3 a pound that the government paid for. However, I have a question. This is a series. Oh, wait a minute. Tobacco states. Which are the... Let's see. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven states that are considered top producers of tobacco. Dan, this is your farm territory because you're our, our farm expert here. Name five of the seven states. Kentucky, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, I'd say Alabama, and Mississippi. That's six. What's number seven? Georgia. You got five out of the seven. Hey. Wow. It's North Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, South Carolina, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. That just blew my mind. I'm a little surprised by that. That's a little far north, but I think it's a little far fetched too, because everything on the internet is true. I'm I'm, I'm writing it down here, but that's the information that I picked up. Pennsylvania is the seventh top producer. It could be because of the Amish up there, but it would be pushed. Amish using... tobacco. Oh yes. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Do they yep. use it? Huh? I know there are, there are so many religions that prohibit alcohol. They prohibit tobacco. There there are some things that are just off their charts. And I would have thought that would be one for the Amish communities. But the Amish are very uh, much capitalist, so they would probably raise it and sell it since, you know, especially back, you know, yeah. in the day... Um, you know, tobacco was a very good cash crop. Sure. Sure. Dan, is tobacco hard? Major, major activity. Is tobacco hard on the soil? Does it tear up Uh, the ground? No, it, you, it doesn't, it, it, it's, tobacco is high in potash and. Ah, okay. We would put a ton of fertilized and 500 pounds of nitrogen on our uh, farm, on our uh, land per acre. So, you know, you're, you know, um, you're, we, we didn't deplete our ground like some people. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, so you didn't have to we knew we, you wouldn't have your crop every you, year. We, we had, we we had leaves that were 39 inches long by the 4th of July. And what is the average by the time you harvest? Oh, they wouldn't get much bigger than that, but uh, they would they would get wider. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And when what? does the tobacco harvest typically take place? Usually the end of August. Um, you know, um, the end of August, 1st of September. And then you get four to eight weeks of drying. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. B- by the way, in a few weeks... I think one, really did read this stuff. I'm sorry, Walden. In a couple of weeks, you know, probably in about three weeks or so, where we kick John Larry and I kick around doing our Spurvac present, our Spurvac show, it's running mm-hmm. time on LHB rigs with a guess. I think that's Yeah, and he'll talk about the, the auctioneering business, how he got started and mm-hmm. all that. I think people will find that very interesting and very informative how it was in North Carolina back in the 30s. I wish, I wish we had an opportunity to ask him, now that I'm learning all about tobacco here, mm-hmm. if we had an opportunity to ask him why they chose American Tobacco Company at the end, sold American. Why not um, Liggett and Myers? Why not, you know? There, there were so many different tobacco companies. But he worked for uh, uh, American Tobacco. He did work for American Tobacco? That's who hired him, George Washington Hill. So, oh, but the American Tobacco probably produced Lucky Strike, huh? Correct. Got it. Okay. I, oh, this is good. I answered my own question. <laughs> um, so, okay. Dan, well, Dan, Dan, I was asking, then what crop is really hard on the soil? Is cotton hard on the soil? Do you know what? You know what really beats up? I've never, I've never, I have never grown cotton. I mean, you know, cotton just hasn't grown this far north. I've heard it is. Okay. Um, there are certain crops. Uh, you've heard of alfalfa, right? Uh, before. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, basically a hay crop. Right. When when my parents bought the farm, uh, they had a great stand of alfalfa on the. Uh, on the farm. Dad went in and he plowed under the alfalfa and he planted corn. The next, after the corn grew and when he was picking it, we had a one row Oliver corn picker. This was in the late 60s. The ears of corn were so long they were getting stuck in the elevator of the corn picker. He had to carry a crowbar to bust some of these corn ears oh in half for him to go up the um, corn um, elevator. You know, to put them back into the uh, into the corn bed. So you know, there are certain crops that you can put grow and then you know, like plow them under to really re. Um, to really reestablish your soil I see. content. I yes. see. Uh-huh. Well, I've got a list in front of me that is from the Statewide Integrated Pest Management Program, University of California Agriculture and Natural Resources, mm-hmm. which they have shortened to UCIPM. Bless their hearts. Okay. Yes. Pest resistant. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Patricia, you need to say that better. Bless their little heart. Yeah, you know, give me a little... Oh, bless their little heart. Okay, good. Mine isn't broken anymore. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> the rest of the body is broken, but the heart is great. Okay, pest-resistant crops. Uh, suppression of various cotton pests, whatever that is. Okay, cereal 
the, the stuff you grow for cereal, like alfalfa and beans, they add wheat. nitrogen. Hmm? And wheat. Don't forget wheat. Okay, well, I'm just, wheat is a legume? Well, no, no, I'm sorry. I, I thought you just said cereals. Uh, oh, wheat, wheat would not be a legume. Yeah. Cereals have fibrous root. I got them mixed up. I was reading two lines at the same time. So, cereals have fibrous root systems that loosen compacted soil. Uh, legumes such as alfalfa and beans add nitrogen. Grain corn adds organic matter to the soil. I do not know why they would just simply say that, unless they're talking about what is plowed under after the harvest. Uh, and vegetable crops, whatever they are, contribute high fertilizer carryover. So that must be if they plow under. Um, anyhow, <laughs> that's what I found. It doesn't, let's see if I can find something on rotation. Let's see. Corn and cotton rotation. Let's see here. This looks official. Um, grower experience with Cotton rotation. Corn is the We're talking. <laughs> we, we are under the heading of grower experience with corn in the cotton rotation. There we go. Corn is the major option to grow in rotation with cotton. Why? The print is so tiny. I don't want to look at it. But anyway. Yeah, I didn't think cotton had to be rotated, but indeed, I guess everything at one time or another has to have a different home for a while. Yeah, that's why I thought I heard that cotton was so hard in the soil. That's why they had to, you know, change it out. They they couldn't sit there and plant cotton. Yeah, well, corn gets rotated. I know that. Yeah. Dan, what else gets rotated? Well, it's wise to rotate your crops in the field, just so you know, if you would get disease, you're not putting your crops back in, you know, the diseased soil. And that's mm -hmm. even true with your gardens. You don't want to keep raising, you know, say, potatoes in the same spot. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and, and, you know, potatoes, it seems like potato bugs, as soon as you plant the potatoes, the bugs are crawling out of the dirt, eating the leaves of the, uh, the vines of the potatoes. So, you know, if you kind of move things around a little bit, kind of prevents that from happening. Does the destruction to the leaves affect the crop, the potatoes themselves? Oh, absolutely, yes. I mean, you know, the leaves are what put the uh, the nutrients back into the potatoes, you know. It, yeah. it, you know, yeah. you have to have sunlight to... Mm -hmm. I remember... Indeed what I thought. People around here <laughs> do what one of our ag agents used to call lollipopping the trees. They'll, they'll make nice mounds out of beautiful trees that are supposed to be nice long limbs like oak trees, and they'll they'll just cut them into a big ball, and, you know, they're stuck into the ground, and he used to call it lollipopping the trees. And, of course, it damages the trees because that's where the nutrients come from. So, see, I even knew a little bit about that. Am I going to get my farmer's badge soon? You might get your farmer's Girl Scout badge. I'm not sure. You know, just. <laughs> I have a I have a reference librarian question here. Yes. How may I help you? I remember seeing a re re reading when Harry Truman was a farmer. Uh, at night, he would study 
you know, to try to be a better farmer, you know, what to grow. Uh-huh. Were there publications or different things that farmers bought to try to keep them abreast of, of crop and diseases and, you know, new planting techniques in the 30s well, the, and 40s? The U.S. government was a great um, printer of farm manuals. And, uh, you know, a lot of the schools would put out farm booklets, you know. I mentioned last time, you know, the U.S., um, um, you know, the farm, uh, you know, the farm agents. uh, The ASCS office. office. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. each county pretty much has an ASCS office. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's, you know, basically the government, um, you know, uh, office in each uh, county you know, you can go down there and get booklets on different crops. Yeah. If you ever watch Green Acres, you would see Oliver, you know, um, reading, you know, manuals that were provided by Mr. Kimball. You know, even though that was a comedy, it had a grain of truth yeah. in it, you yeah. know. so. Well, Oliver so, started out as a dumb city lawyer, so anything he read was new information. It but was new information. Mr. Kimball? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, here in the Midwest, you know, you, the University of Kentucky uh, did a lot of farm research, still does. Uh, mm-hmm. Purdue University does a lot of farm research. And I'm sure, you know, out west, you know, like I'm sure uh, Texas A&M and probably Oklahoma uh, yeah. University, I'm sure they do the same thing. I'm just not as familiar with them. You know, okay. Here. So my next they question. Once here. Where did the farm almanac come from, and who bought the farm almanacs? Who bought the farm? I'm not sure. The farmer's almanac. The farmer's almanac is a private company that's been producing that for since the 1850s, I believe. So, was that good? Was that good for farmers originally, or not? Uh. It has some merit to it. I mean, the uh, especially the forecast. Uh, the I, I always forget one. There's the old farmer's almanac, and then there's just the farmer's almanac. Uh, you know, those two get confusing. Uh, you know, there's some confusion between the two. I believe it's the old farmer's almanac that has like an eighty percent accuracy on their farm on their far, forecast. You know, for the year, you know, if you look it up, there's an 80 percent chance that the uh, the forecast will be true for your area. Okay, so which one should I look up first? Never the old farmers almanac. Whether accuracy, I would try that and see what you get. Now, look at this. We've got an old farmers almanac in 2016. Wow. So what I should look With up the- then is just farmers almanac. Well, the old farmer's almanac and the farmer's almanac right. are still printed. They're still published. Right. So, so ma- both of them are still printed. One so, did not replace the other. No, no. Okay. They're, they're two current um, publications, and they're by private companies, but both have forecasts telling you, like, for – they'll be, like, for a three- or four-day period each month. They'll say from the first to the third, you'll have sunny – conditions, you know, mild temperatures, and then it mm-hmm. say, you know, the 4th through the 7th, it will be cooler with rain. You've never seen these before? 
I've seen a copy of the Farmer's Almanac, but I don't know whether it was the old Farmer's Almanac or just the plain. And I know they're up on the Internet. I just didn't I didn't pay attention do, do, close enough. Do, do they cover the pretty much the same topics? I'm sorry, Walden, what do, did you say? Dan, do they cover almost the same topics? They're very similar, yes. Uh -huh. the, hmm. the Farmer's Almanac uh -huh. has maybe some more modern, you know, related stories. I think the old Farmer's Almanac sticks with, uh, you know, more um, gardening yeah. and farming tips. Well, it's the old Farmer's Almanac readers who claim, and this is, this is the key word, they claim that the forecasts are 80 to 85% accurate. And this is from the old farmer's almanac. Yeah, uh, and what I thought. And there's a caveat next to it that says this is a claim, not an absolute accuracy. So uh -huh. I do not know. Let's see, followers claim. So these are, this is feedback that they get from their readers. I believe you know, their readers more than I believe polls. It, to me, it seems like that is very, I've heard that and I've read and followed the forecast, the weather forecast in the Old mm -hmm. Farmer's Almanac, and it does seem to be true. My goodness, 1818. So when it was first published? That's what it says, since wow. 1818. So we're almost on the 200. Farmer's Almanac has been published annually. Here's what here's what you should do. You should go out, buy one, and see if it's true for your little uh, corner of the world down there. Well, my goodness. We'll put them to the test. My goodness, Homer. <laughs> <laughs> well, on a two hundred on a two hundred birthday, we should have them on the show. I think you should. Yeah. Who? What? Well, we should have to. Yeah, yeah. When they turn two hundred here in two years. Oh, my so you goodness. Could, you, you, you could start 18, out and, and have them, you know, for the 198. Well, I think we should have the Saturday evening post. They're, they're about as old as that, aren't they? I don't know if they're that old, but I'm sure they're getting there. I'm not going I, to do that kind of homework. I will do one at a time. <laughs> I, I think you would get a lot of enjoyment... Uh, interviewing something, someone from the Old Farmer's Almanac. Okay, do we need the Farmer's Almanac? It says, let me see, this is the Farmer's Almanac. I'd go with Farmer's, farmer's. Almanac, and let me see when the, when the Old Farmer's Almanac began. I think uh, you would get a lot of enjoyment out of that. The Old Farmer's Almanac was first published in 1792. Wow. Which is not terribly I, far from 1818, but when you say 17, my goodness. Been around a while, hasn't it? 1792. Well, they're on our list. Should we have both of them on at the same time? Might as well. Yeah, well, I think we should say who better. Why, why have both of them on? Yeah, we'll, we'll just let them duke it out. That's right. <laughs> that wouldn't be fun. I mean, you, get, you invite a guest, and it's just nice to let them talk yep. about their individual Okay, but, 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 but when we have the Trishuo people on, how are we going to handle <laughs> that? 
On the hands of Tootsie Roll people, what? <laughs> What well, are you going to do? When we have them on, are we going to tell them about our little debate? Well, of course, that's why they're going to be on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Walden, can you get to your email account? Uh, after the show, I can. Not right at the moment. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I sent you an email. Uh, I sent you an email with a video that I'd like you to play at some point. Ah. Especially the first minute. Okay. It's highly on topic at this point. Okay. Highly on topic. Did you not yeah. send me a copy? I sent you a copy, but I don't think you can play it, so it will be able to be heard on the radio. Well, you, should send it to, you should send it to John and Larry, and we can always bring them on and do it that way, too. Yeah. Well, uh, I sent you a copy of Jaja Gabor's exercise video. <laughs> The title is called It's Simple, Darling. <laughs> and if you play the first minute, I think it will explain why she is still living at 99 years old. Oh, that could old. be good. That will be yeah. good. So, I like that. Wayne did the same thing, but eventually we all got to go. Absolutely. But well, wasn't he, he, was, he 90, was he 100 when he died? About, 90, about 92. Was he only 92? Yeah. yeah. Well, what happened... It was a long trip. You remember, I think the last time we had him on this show, in the late 80s, what he was doing to celebrate his birthday, he was going to swim. Uh, oh. What was it, a couple hundred miles, a couple hundred yards, with 80 rowboat tied oh, to I him. Know, it was some, I, I mean, it might as well have been a steamship. But he and he was going to swim underwater. Oh. He was going to swim underwater from, from Catalina to California. With eighty rowboats tied to him, or some, 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 some really outrageous yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. But I remember seeing video from that. He did it, I do believe. It, yes, he did. Yes. Was it eighty mm -hmm. rowboats attached, and he was doing this eighty or yeah, eighty or a hundred or something like that? You know. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching him in the early seventies with his exercise class. Remember, it was always. As a, as a, to me as a kid, it was him by, by a swimming pool. Always. That seems how I remember his TV show. Well, and Walden, you can go on MeTV, the MeTV yep. website. Yep. And they have his shows for, um, you can play clips of his wow. show. I was talking to a, uh, a person last night. They, they, are, they are recording the Johnny Carson Tonight Show. So I said... That must be a hit right now on, uh, is it Me TV that's carrying the Johnny Carson Tonight Show right now? Is it? I don't... I haven't seen it. Yep. I don't know when it's being played, because I looked at their schedule, and according to the schedule, it's not being played. It's, it's at night. See, I know maybe, it's at night, yeah, yes. I don't know if it's Me TV or is it a competition, antenna in TV, but one I of them... I bet it's antenna TV. I did not look at the okay. antenna TV site, but... But they're, they're, they're running the whole Johnny Carson, un, 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 uncut, you know, full, mm -hmm. complete, mm -hmm. every night, five nights a week right now. Mm -hmm. uh, they, on MeTV, they're going to be playing Mama, Mama's Family reruns, and they have um, about a minute of Vicki Lawrence being uh, on different clips with, uh, say, Batman, Get Smart, mm. uh, Columbo. Okay. So I, that's going to be 
played at like 6 p.m. each night. That's funny. That's that funny. funny. All right, Walden, I have a question for you because your brain is a lot more comprehensive than mine. Okay. And also retains a lot more than mine. I've got leaks in my brain. Okay. Underscore Bill is asking if Friday yesterday was the second Stan Freeberg show that I played. And I said, no, just one. And he thought I played a show called That's Rich. Did I ever play something like that? And was Stan Freeberg associated with it? We talked. I can't find it. We talked about it. On my yeah. computer, I can't find it. We talked about it. I don't think we've gotten to playing that rich yet. So I okay, think... now what? What? What did you do, Patricia? I missed <laughs> this. You you played? Uh, did you dare I... play a Stan Freeberg show on? Oh yes, I tonight? did. How dare you? You definitely <laughs> do that. Well, now wait. Um. I'm, I must explain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I must explain this. See, I wasn't hammering the show because I don't even know what's in the rest of the show. I could not get past the first episode. There were only 15 of the Stan Freeberg show. Uh -huh. and, and this I was in 1957? Right. Yes. Okay. Very good. The replacement number one, I think, from July. That's right. Hmm? Yeah. Excuse me? The replacement for Jack Benny. You're right, Dan. It, it was that show. Yes. Okay. So you're getting as good as Walden here. I didn't know that. I just came across these shows, and I played one, and I thought, heavens, this is dreadful. <laughs> kept going. There was almost no break in between. They would go from one skit to another to another. It was bam, 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 sing, bam, 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 sing, and it it just made my hair hurt. So I picked that one as an awful show. Now, as I say, I didn't hammer the program, and I gave him credit for being an absolute genius when it came to advertising. When it came to this particular show, I thought I should have lit a fuse on a bomb and let it go. So anyway, that's what I did. I did did it. Now, now, now... You didn't follow your normal model, though. Which is? Don't you sample two or three different shows in the same genre before you say this is awful? No, I listened to the individual show that I came across two or three times. And I did do that. I listened to this one three times. Okay. It didn't get any better. But are you going to listen to the other 14? That way you can spread them out? Oh, no. This is a once-in-a-lifetime <laughs> opportunity. And the longer Dan stays on the phone, the more protected I am. Thank you, Dan. Who, me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. Now, you did this with Richard Diamond, too, didn't you? You picked... Oh, you you thought it was forget. horrible, right? How little they forget, Walden. <laughs> well, I told Patricia, I think she got more heat on Richard Diamond than she was on Dan Freebook, but I could be wrong. Well, the night's not over yet, either. That's true. That's true. Yes. That's see, right. I, that, see, this stimulated an interesting topic to, you, in, in our conversation. You still, I wanted do you still have some bourbon balls down there? You may need a few before the night's over. That is over. true. I ate every one. Oh. <laughs> 
How you doing on your tushy roll? Have I you... even put them in the refrigerator to keep them out of sight. But one must go in the refrigerator to get one's milk out. So <laughs> that wasn't a very effective. I did spread it out, though. I never had more than one on a particular day. How many were in the box? Um, gee, I think this this will be just from memory, 12 to 15. 12, okay. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I, I wasn't I ate them. exactly. <laughs> yes, you did. I, I should have kept track of them, but they were good. Oh, my. They will make ah. a brandy drinker out of me. Where, 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 have, where, where did you put the tushy rolls? Oh, they're right here. Oh. You didn't put those? You didn't hide those? Okay. Right there. <laughs> no. Okay. But I'm being judicious. And she's un she's unwrapping them and soaking them in rum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't it yeah. be fun? You, you could have yeah. made a convert out of me with those things. Do what now? You could have made a convert out of me with those things. Really? To really? what? They were good. They were good. Well, that's great. They, Glad to hear it. They, they were really good. Really, really, really good. Okay, well, let's see what else. Would you like a Snoopy question? You know I can't add two CDs for a little bit, but let me see. Are, are you a Snoopy fan? Uh, I've followed Snoopy over the years. Okay, well, let's see. I've got Snoopy trivia, and maybe Walden would like to play this as well. Okay, let's see. Where, where, where was Snoopy born? Where was he born, or yeah. when was he born? Where? 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 That's a good question. Um, oh, uh, the Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. All right. <gasps> Are you hot or <laughs> what? Hey, am I hot or what? <laughs> Are you hot or what? Okay, well, here we go. Um, who... <laughs> I don't even know if I have the Daisy Hill Puppy Farm on my list. I must. Okay. Who calls, which character calls Linus my sweet baboo? That would be Both Charlie people. Brown's sister. And that would be Sally. <gasps> oh, my wow. goodness. Two for two. Well, you are really hot. I'll give you one more, and then we have to go to the... Um, you have to take head. more callers, don't you? <laughs> I, I I need to know uh, how many people are on my side. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Snoopy is forever trying to steal something from another character. What is it? Uh, that would be uh, Linus's blanket. See, you are hot. <laughs> wow. And I'm proud of Walden for remembering. I don't know if he did, though. Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. He, he would say... The, the Daisy Farm. <laughs> I forget it. All messed up. He'd mix up all the words. Uh -huh. Did you actually remember the Daisy Hill Puppy Farm? I did this time, but other times, you, you know, uh, you. other times I boxed it, you know that. Yeah, well, I haven't asked this for quite a while, I so know. you did very well. And Dan, you are a hot Snoopy kid. That's right. Been a big fan of Snoopy and Joe Cool and the whole. Here. Really? You remember Joe Cool? Absolutely, even Franklin. Oh my gosh. Who was the kid who kicked up the dust? Pigpen. You really 
did follow this, didn't you? <laughs> oh. Who was Spike? Spike is Snoopy's brother living in Needles, California, Woo! I guess. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You just wiped out 50% of my questions. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Well, okay. Here's a question for you. What, what was uh, Charlie Brown's uh, father's occupation? He was a barber. That's right. He sure was. And Charles Schultz's father was a barber. Was a barber, too. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. What was what was the name of Peanuts before it became Peanuts? Oh, gee, we talked about that. Did you talk about? Uh, oh, we did. Um, yes. Um, we're going we're going to use all, all your questions, and I have I, you won't no, have any left I for anybody one, else. I don't think that one's on my list. Walden, you remember? Is it little? I, I, little. Little people. Or little fellows. Something. I'm thinking we once. Could have been, but I think I do remember running a Charles Schultz interview with Larry King, and I think Little was in the title, and then the syndicator didn't like it, and they came up with Peanuts, and Schultz hated that. Yeah, Always he did it. not like it. The, he did not like Peanuts, playing him. <laughs> and then, then it became Peanuts featuring good old Charlie Brown. Oh, that's how they got around that, I do believe. Charlie Brown and Peanuts. First Peanuts animation. Oh, dear. I think it was, we, I thought it was we, W-E-E-1's, O-N-E-S. Let's see. Maybe if I find. Um, it may have been, he, he did, he started cartooning, I think, in his college newspaper. Little Folks. Little folks. Little folks, okay. okay. Boy, I was closer than you guys. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> we were all wrong, but I was the closest. You, you were the wrongest. You were less wrong than we were. I was, I was, yes. I Can was, you imagine uh, the amount... wronger than you. Can you imagine the, the amount of merchandise that comic strip has sold over the years? Did, did anyone see the most recent film that came out last fall? No. Yeah, there was a new Peanuts movie, and there are about it, but it's got those huh? it's got those modern day kind of characters. It's not really a cartoon, and I've I've got this heart for traditional cartoon presentations, and these were not. It was, it was like a year before, I think Thanksgiving, like two years ago, I, I, I found it, they introduced a new Peanuts then, and it looked like they were taking some from the old one, and it was just, I didn't think it was very good, because it seemed like it was stretching it out, trying to cover mm. the whole hour, it was just a little... Yeah. Now, are, you, are you talking about the newer uh, TV uh, cartoons done by Fox? I think it was, yes, it was Fox. It was about and it was the, the the first one I saw was Thanksgiving, and I sat down to watch it with my mom, and I was just I was disappointed with that. She might two or three two two or three years ago, during between Thanksgiving and Christmas, they had competing Peanuts uh, cartoons. Right. I think ABC had the traditional uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, and Fox had a a newer one that I think Warner Brothers did um 
uh, on the same night at the same hour. Hmm. I thought, gee whiz, how about this? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So. Well, I remember for years, I think it was CBS that carried it in the 70s uh, when I was a kid. Yes. You know. And um, then ABC got the rights or Did both I? the rights. And, you know, the Grinch, um, the cartoon, um, you know, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas right. had been played mm -hmm. on CBS for a number of years. Last uh, year, it was played on NBC. I couldn't believe I'd never seen that on NBC. Mm. Well, at least we got to see it. That's right. At least we did get to see it and even speak to um, Mrs. Karloff. That's right. Dear sweet Karloff. She was so sweet. Mm-hmm. What a remarkable lady. Just yes. really like that lady. She's a fun person to be with. Okay, well, we have to figure out how many people are going to beat me up and how many people are going to pat me on the back. So maybe you could give us a call later and check in on what the score is. I, I, will, I will do that, and I don't believe – I think the family will be kind, but they may be a little stern with you for, for <laughs> Let's see. ambassing uh, the um, Stan Freeberg. Okay, can I put you down for a white dot, a gray dot, or a black dot? A black spot is very bad. Well, I did not hear your um, judge. Oh, that's right. You're on, discounted. And, Never mind. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it best to put me down for either no dot or a gray dot. Okay, no dot. If you didn't hear it, it will be no dot. Yes. I'll send it to you. But I, <laughs> But, but just remember, you're, you've got two strikes against you now. Now, you're going to have to watch out or you're going to get really... Where am I got stuff. two strikes against me? How do you have two strikes against you? Yeah. Stan Freeberg and, and Richard Diamond. I mean, you're going against... Oh, those. Oh. Yeah. Well, we don't know about yeah. Stan Freeberg yet because you know, Larry gave a ho-hum and... I didn't ask Walden because I don't want to. <laughs> and, um, that was your co-host. You you've got to ask your the opinion of your co-host. No, I don't. Yes, you do. He's got the buttons. He could he could click you right off the air there. You're right. He could turn me off. Uh huh. You off there. Okay, I'll ask him in a minute. All right. Yes. Give us a Best give us a call later, I'll and I'll give to... you an update on the score. All right. I will try to avidly listen and not uh, fall into slumberland. Slumber. You sometimes put me into slumberland here. Most discouraging. Yes. <laughs> not the company, it's the hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Okay, go to your room and call us back later. I'll give you an update on the score. Sounds like a plan. Thank you. I will okay. talk to you later. Thanks Bye. a bunch. Bye-bye. We're going to be doing our, our Holiday Express. Next one will be Saturday, March 26th, the what? day before Easter. S Saturday, the March the 26th. And Patricia and I will do yeah, four hours probably from uh, 4 to 8 Eastern. Mm. And I just want to give a medical update. I don't know if anybody saw the news, but it looked like they're making tremendous progress on type 1 diabetes. So, 
So you might want to Google that up. There's very encouraging. Two of the major pharmaceutical companies are getting requests to try and merge the two patents because they think they have solved type one. So please Google that up. I think that's very encouraging news. And if it's a if it's a pharmaceutical company, I don't think it's curing it. Um, well, like well, but what they're saying it would be fabulous. What well, they actually they're saying is going to be able to do away with insulin. Mm-hmm. And some other things. Okay. So yeah, so you might want to Google that up. That it was hit really That's big news this week. News. Hello there, Carl. You're on air. Good evening, Walden. Good evening, Patricia. Hello, Hello Jim. One of our voters. Hi, Jim in California. Hi. Uh, well, you know, again, as Ron has said to you many times, Uh-oh. it is your show. <laughs> you have the right to like or not like anything you choose. I guess. I mean, I mean, you know, you're you have your opinions, and it, it is your show. My, my only comment is Stan Freeberg is like Bob and Ray, or, uh, I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing where, you know, we lo- as you know, we lost Bob Elliott this week. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. I forgot. And it's one of those things where people either have a taste for his humor or their humor or they don't. It's not like it's not like, uh, say, Jack Benny or, uh, oh, what else could I, or Father Knows Ben. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a totally different type of, yeah. these are out say, about right. Henry Morgan, let's this, say. These guys are out, were out in a different sphere. You're right. I never thought of it in those terms. Uh, like, you know, some, some people could never grasp Henry, or, or if you really want to go into the 70s, the National Lampoon Radio Hour, where, where Trebby Chase and... Uh, John Belushi and their people got their start because some people it was sophisticated and and razor sharp and to others it was tasteless. So, you know, things strike people in different ways. Of course, I know we've talked about Stan Freeberg in the past. I know he isn't one of your favorite people. I mean, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying I I know that going in, right? He isn't Mm -hmm. one of your favorite. No, you're absolutely correct. uh, People. and there are some funny records he did, and there were. And as far as his radio show goes, I, if you would listen to the episode of September twenty second, nineteen fifty seven, which I believe was let's see, fourteen was one, two twenty one, three twenty eight, four four five eleven, six eighteen, seven twenty five eight first, nine eight. I think it was show eleven. He does a great takeoff on. TV westerns called Bang Gunley, U.S. Marshall Fields. <laughs> now that's funny. <laughs> You've heard that, haven't you? No. No, I haven't. I, I got like it, off by Ron it. and I have talked. I didn't go any further. You know, TV is very, from some of us, TV is very difficult to, uh, to follow auditorially. And he does a takeoff on this TV western. And if you listen to this skit, this is what TV drama sounds like to those of us who don't really watch the screen. A lot mm-hmm. of moments of silence and little dial. I mean, they do it very funny. And also on episode two, one thing he did that was very funny at the end of it was called Rock Around the Stephen Foster, where they try to do Stephen Foster rock and roll style. Oh, gee. That one would be off my screen. 
but Bang Gunley you might like. Uh, you might, of course, they did the he did the Lawrence Welk thing on his show, wonderful, wonderful, about the bubble machine. Mm-hmm. And he did uh, he did I he did a takeoff on those teenage war uh, uh, teenage werewolf things, where I guess her, her hand was clammy, clammy, sort of a takeoff on Tammy. <laughs> things like that and of course he did Deo the banana boat thing on there mm-hmm. and there were a lot of different things he did the first one I didn't understand the Las Vegas skit that well uh, I mean I, I I think I know what he was trying to say but but again it's, it's your opinion um, I would recommend okay. another thing of Stan Freeberg's you might enjoy if you go through the series of the CBS radio workshop which is a highly mm-hmm. prestigious series I don't know how many of those you've heard. But uh, one of them, August 31st, 56, is called An Analysis of Satire, where he is the guest, where he tries to define satire, what it is. And one of the skits on there, which was never recorded until years later, he does a wonder, he and Dawes Butler do a wonderful takeoff on the Arthur Godfrey show, where he imitates Arthur and he goes, How are you? How are you? How are you? Gee whiz, it's a nice day. Just the way Arthur Godfrey did his show. And one of the lines in there was, Dawes Butler plays Tony Marvin, his announcer. That's right, Arthur. Gee whiz, the birds are singing. That's right, Arthur. The sun is shining. That's right, Arthur. <clears throat> that's right, Arthur. Oh, I'm just clearing my yeah. throat. That's right, Arthur. You know, that's the, and Tony would say that to Arthur, things like that. And there's a skit, and there's a scene in there where he says, Hey, you with the freckles, you're fired. Oh, that's me. I'm looking at myself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, he's heard Julius La Rosa, yeah. but that was all yeah. out. And, so, and, you know, Dawes Butler, of course, was in the first episode. I'm a, uh, Am I correct that he was in all of the episodes with Stan right. Freeberg? Right. Yeah, he was Huckleberry Hound and Yogi Bear and... Drama um, Raw. He was a lot... He was, did a lot of voiceover work, so it's a voice that's instantly recognizable. And June Foray was... He was also Captain Quitch. ...too, who you've talked to before. So, again, it's something you have to have a taste for. But I'm far more interested in another awful show you picked. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard this... Oh, wait a minute, uh, with the news. For, for your listening purposes, now, irrespective of my choice and my opinion... Yeah, but I'm, I'm interested in the background, because I missed my thumbs, Would you give my thumbs down on Sam Freeberg's first episode, A Black Star? Uh, no, what, no, let me... What what are the what are the stars again? Well, you can you can get actually a black spot, black spot, a gray spot, or a white spot. A, a black spot is bad choice, and a gray spot is eh, maybe, and a white spot is gosh, you did a good job, which it doesn't. So I'll do the middle one. I'll do the middle one. It wasn't it wasn't my favorite episode. Ron, Ron agrees with you and me on that. It wasn't my favorite episode. There were there were better episodes in the series. Okay, so maybe a gray spot. Yeah. For a so-so. Okay. What I'm going to ask you about is another show that I heard this morning, and now that the schedule's been changed and he's dropped some of the music programs, I was I was tuning around Red this morning, and I heard this man talking about uh, history in the Middle Ages and this man who was bur- this minister or, or cleric that was burned at the stake, 
and it was a discussion. I forgot the guy's name. It was a talk about great minds or something. And then I heard your voice at the end. You said, you looked this man up, and it only listed, like, what books he had written. Now, do you remember the one I'm talking about? Oh, oh. I remember the, making the comment that you just mentioned. Yeah, do you remember? I don't, there was a series. Was it called Great Minds or Great Thoughts? Or it was a. It, it was like a. Oh, oh, great, oh, great, great lives. Great lives. Was it Great Lives? Maybe that's it. Great no, lives. It's the lives of great men. Yes, that? that's it. That's uh, it. I missed your opening comment. So what was what was the pro, what was the thing on that show? Well, we've done so many. Hold on, just a minute. Okay. Um. All right, the lives of great men. Jim, who do you like in the game tomorrow? Jim? Yeah. Hey, Jim, who do you like? Hello, Jim. Are you who do you like in the game tomorrow? You know, I'm not. I never really follow football that. <laughs> That's why I figured. I figured that. That's why I put that in there just to see what you were gonna say. I'll go with Denver because I like John Dunning. There you go. By the way. Yeah. Uh, I, I I can give a couple of guest confirmation for next weekend. Yeah. Neil Simon is being with us next Friday. He apologized. He slept on the show. And Joan Benny had confirmed she'll be on Valentine night with us. Jack's actual birthday. This yes. So so you like to hear what's going on with Joan? So she'll be with us uh, Sunday Valentine night mm-hmm. with Don Larry and I. So you can put Who's that on next Friday. Uh, Mel Simon will be on with us next Friday. Oh, the author of the Big Band book? Co- the author of uh, trivia books about trivia. old-time books. It was, it was another book. Simon that did the Big Band book. Yep, Joy, Joy Simon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it's not lives of, the, lives of the Great. Lives of the Great. That doesn't sound right. Well, let's see if I've got great men somewhere. And tomorrow will be Duke Fuller will be with us. We'll talk about his genealogy research about old-time radio personalities. That will be tomorrow. Um, it was played this morning about 7 o'clock our time. So I, mean, I don't know if you did that last week or the week before. Uh, last week it was... No, that, be... that sounds like a one that I might have done two or three years ago. Yeah, mm. could have been a, from the archives. Okay. Yeah. But what's your? Do you have any recollections about it? What it was you? No, but the, when you said I could only find a book or, yeah. or a couple of books by him, I don't know who he is. Yeah, but oh, yeah, okay. I what, remember what, saying that, but I can't. Okay, can you read? Can you read off? The, can you read off the title to the office show? We might as well bring everybody up to speed. What have you panned in the last four years? You're kidding, right? Well, why not? It's a good review. The show was dated December 1738. I don't know if that's of any help to you or... Well, yeah, that that would be a great help because... Let's see. Really awful show. Yeah, Yeah, but I want to hear Patricia read the list of all 500 shows she panned. Oh, my gosh. You know, hold on. All right, we've got Mysterious Traveler, Captain Danger, Green Valley Line, Ebb and Zeb, um, BB, earn a vacation. Earn your vacation. Okay. Um, and tell your neighbor, Zorro, Mr. Anthony, Marmola, Unsolved Mysteries. You don't want me to go through the whole list. I'm only up to August. I do. I do. Hit that ball. Um, 
the witch's tale. Nona, uh, the Nona from nowhere. Yeah, Nona from nowhere and Wife Wanted. That was in. Those were two fifteen-minute mm-hmm. shows. Meteor Man and Lights Out. Uh, Tales of Fatima. Yeah, I moved down a little bit. Uh, Danger Doctor Danfield, the Jack Webb funny thingy. Mm-hmm. The Haunting Hour. Um, there. Oh, maybe a pirate? No, not the pirate. Um, Philo Vance. He's been done a couple of times. Black Flame of the Amazon, I think is the name of that one. Hold on. Black Flame of the Amazon, and I Was a Convict, which is <laughs> dreadful. Jack and Jill. Um, I'm on, I haven't finished 2013 yet. <laughs> Detectives Black and Blue and the Origin of Superstitions, Police Reporter, and the Lives of Great Men. Let's see if that's... I think that's it. Let me see. Oh, no. Can't open the document. Let's see. Oh, I know. Okay. I'm having trouble opening some of my documents here. And there we go. Okay. Um, oh, my goodness. That's for today. That's for today. <laughs> I opened twice. Um, let's see. The Lives of Great Men. It was narrated by Dr. Edward Howard Griggs. This is it. That's, okay. that, that's the guy, yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's the guy. I tried to find some information about him, but what came up was an intimidating list of written works, many of which had been reprint, reprinted and available today. But a great mind does not always make a great teacher. He was terrible. He was the terrible part of that show. So anyway, it was Dr. Edward Howard Griggs, and it was The Lives of Great Men. And this one, uh, oh, I I remember this one. Okay, I remember it now. How much of it did you hear? You only needed to hear minutes. We're talking about this man who was burned at the stake eventually. He, He was, you know, he was... Yes. It was in Europe. It was in Europe around the time of Luther and uh mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that that was what he was teaching. He was uh a professor with degrees that would stretch stretch to the corner and he would give lectures on the lives of great men. He chose which great men to give the lectures on. Right. So, he was so awful that no matter which lecture you picked, it would have won the awful prize, but he, oh. he was just absolutely dreadful. At the end of it, the announcer said that his next week's subject was going to be William Shakespeare. Isn't it good I rescued William? <laughs> yeah, so that's what it was. It was the lives of great men. Yeah, so so it was the way, it was the way, the way he did his presentation, huh? Oh my gosh, yes. It wasn't the information, but he was so awful in his delivery that you missed. The information. Yeah, I miss. I only heard like the last ten minutes. So yes, and, and he used words that were ninety-eight cent words. And um, my my script here okay. finishes with "You be the judge." Here is the December seventeenth, nineteen thirty-eight episode of Lives of Great Men. This one is about Giordano Bruno. Does anybody know who he is? No. No. I know that. <laughs> I know that. Ever hear of him? And when I came back, my comment was, are you still awake? 
Did you ever hear of this man? I mean, the man he he talked about. Did, I never. Yeah, I have no idea who he is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the one that that that's the one that's probably the most intellectual or so-called intellectual program you've criticized, right? I mean, most of the time it's comedies or dramas or or uh, quiz shows or music shows. That, that's the first. Is that maybe the only time you ever took on a so-called educational or or discussion show? That's it might be I, the only one. I think I took on a second one somewhere along the line. Uh-huh. But we're still only up to September 2013. Yeah. So so the lives are but, – but then again, as you said, it was his delivery. It was absolutely his delivery, his choice of words, his choice of and – and his information – the information he tried to pack in was as exciting as watching a rock erode. Well, you were talking earlier about understanding Stan Freeberg's humor. I feel somewhat that way about the Three Stooges. They totally miss me. I mean, they miss me too. My brother likes them. A lot of men like women don't tend to like the Three. My mother couldn't no. stand them. My brother's wife couldn't stand them. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of women in general don't like the th- and I and I and to me it's just a lot of noise. They're throwing things at each other. Mm-hmm. From I'm an audio viewpoint, I'm totally lost. Always the slapper. <sighs> I, I, it's it's over my head. Either that or it's under. Another one. I don't know. But again, I this think maybe you are absolutely right. It's a god thing. It's another guy thing. This may be a sacred cow to TV viewers, but I totally missed. The Beverly Hillbillies. Why that show captivated the nation so much in the early '60s, and I, had, I only saw one episode, and I just wasn't impressed. I mean, it, I, I mean, it, I don't see why that show would. Now, I could understand if Andy Griffith had been the number one show in the nation because I liked the Andy Griffith show, and it it had rural humor too. But the Beverly Hillbillies just totally missed me. I don't. I agree. I mean, you agree with me. I agree with you. Yeah, it was, and it was number one in the country for years. Um, and the nation, the American people, just loved the show. Uh, everything came to a stop on Wednesday nights when that was on, but it just totally, totally escaped me. Uh, but then again, I don't understand. We've talked about this in the '30s. I don't understand why Joe Penner was so popular either. You know, want to buy a duck? I don't, I do not think I know that. I, I don't think I know that show. Uh, Joe Penner, he, they called him, what was he called? The Park Avenue, what was he called? Well, you know, uh, what do they call well, uh, Joe Penner? The Park Avenue. Well, the Park Avenue Hillbilly with Dorothy Park. Shea. Um... Now, Joe Penner was a hit, hit in the 30s and then died out by the early 40s, but he had a couple that of big... Saying, those two sayings, you nasty man. man, and you want to buy a duck. Those were his two paths in line on the Rudy Valley show, and he became a hit, so and he had a home show. Phrase for some reason. want to buy a duck. Penner wound up in my office. It, 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 really it really could be. Um... But then there are people that said the same thing. A lot, a lot of people had trouble grasping Al Pierce's humor too. 
Yep. You know, I, I, nobody home. I hope. I hope. hope I, I hope. hope I, I hope. hope. And things like that. So, humor humor strikes people different ways. But, I, like I say, Patricia, it's your show, and I'm not going to be critical because I like many of Stan Freeberg's shows. But uh, that one, that one, I have to agree with you. It was hard for me to get. Now, it's book review time. <laughs> okay. What I'm going to discuss tonight is my long-awaited read on William Manchester's first, the first volume of, church, of his massive Churchill biography. It's called, volume one is called, it's called The Last Line, Winston Spencer Churchill, volume one, Visions of Glory, 1874 to 1932. It's 973 published, um, 973 pages, I'm sorry. Published by Little Brown and Company, hardback. And for those who are getting the recording, I believe the number is RC or DB 11924. Uh, William Manchester spent years working on this book, and unfortunately he died before Volume 3 was finished, so another person finished it, but we'll get to those later. In Volume 1, which was published in 1981, in the early pages of the book, he gives much detail about what the Victorian era was like in England in the time period when, which, when Winston Churchill was born and grew up. He talks about the manners and the morals of the, of the Victorian era, relationships, clothing styles. You get a whole picture of what life was like in Great Britain during this uh, very important era in their history. He was the son of Randolph and Jenny Churchill, uh, his mother was an American, Jenny, <coughs> and his father, <coughs> his father Randolph, of course, was a major political figure in Britain. Winston was kind of a neglected child. Uh, his father did not give him a lot of attention, or his mother. The person Winston was closest to was his nanny, who he, he thought very highly of. Uh, according to, apparently his father was syphilitic, and his mother kind of played the field with guys. So Churchill did not really have a truly stable, he, while he may not have gotten along with his father, he revered him as far as his political ability and his the things he did. He was not a good student in school. He got very low marks. His marks were so low that he could not get into Oxford or Cambridge. But he got into a British military college, and it talks it talks about his uh, his working through college, his uh, his work in India and and, and in uh, Africa and uh, the early part of the century. It talks about world uh, you know his various uh, political careers in Parliament and how he's went from a Tory to a liberal and then back to a Tory. In World War One. he it talked about his military uh, ability in World War One. He got blamed for a lot of the mistakes that were made in World War One, which really weren't his fault, like at Gallipoli and some of those places where uh, dealing with Turkey and some of those other countries. It talks about his dealings with the Irish situation, uh, Ireland, and Northern Ireland, and uh, he, 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 he was for a strong British empire. Uh, 
after World War One, he he was in Parliament and he 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 had he talked about his ability to. Uh, he was he was liberal in many respects and conservative in many respects. He supported rights for workers, but when they struck, when miners struck and and stopped workage, I mean stopped working, he was very firm against people who struck and uh, halted labor. He uh, he was opposed to independence for India. He really did not think India was ready for independence, although he did favor a better lot for the. Um, untouchables. He refused to meet Gandhi when he came, when Gandhi came to London. Um, he refused to meet him, which many people might feel is wrong. But he, he 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 like I say, he favored a strong British Empire, and he he favored a strong military to keep England strong. Although he he knew that people hated war and he hated war he realized all the many people in britain felt the carnage of world war 1 was a total waste thousands of men died needlessly and a lot of things could have been prevented if certain strategies had been followed the war could have maybe ended earlier than it did he eventually became a tory again and uh in the late 20s he was uh Many of his party did, did not want his influence or his, his uh, feelings. Uh, but he, he could give the best speeches. It, he wrote books. He did commentaries for the BBC. He did magazine articles. He came to the United States to visit. And in the late 20s, he was crossing the street in New York City and was run over by a car and injured. And the, only, and the reason was he had forgotten in walking that in the United States, people drive on a different side of the road than they do in Britain. But fortunately, he survived that. Uh, the party really didn't want to hear from him much in the early 30s. In um, 1932, Lady Astor was visiting Moscow and talking to Joseph Stalin, and they were talking about the various political leaders. And Char uh, Stalin said, what about Churchill? And Lady Astor turned to him and said, he's finished. And that's how volume one ended. He was already worried about German rearmament and had, had read about Hitler. He had read Mein Kampf and found it very dangerous. And he, had no, he, he, he feared that if Hitler came to power, this could cause real problems, but... That's where the narrative of Volume 1 ends. There's a lot of detail. It's a long book. But you, you admire a man who sticks to his guns and has courage and uh, and keeps uh, cares about his country, even if you may not agree with all of his policies. He was a very... Uh, oh, it talks about his marriage and uh, his children. One of his children died, one of his little girls of a fever or an illness, and that broke his heart, of course. But Manchester did a great job of reading this. I said it's, a, it's, a, it's over 900 pages, counting reference notes and bibliography. I give this book four stars. Wow. That is high stuff. Wow. And I would uh, recommend I it. Not, I had never heard a hint of his, his having been hit by an a car in New York. 
Yeah. What, 1920- I never would have connected it with Americans driving on the opposite side of the street. Of course, that makes sense. I just never would have thought of it. The driver was very upset, and Winston, though he was injured, he told the man not to worry. He said, it's clearly my fault, not yours, to the driver. Wow. So, but that last line, he's finished. <laughs> How wrong Lady Astor was. Well, the whole thirty though, he was out out of power. He was like the voice of the right, wilderness. The yeah. That's going to be the subject of Volume 2. It's called right. Blown, 1932 to 1940. So we'll be reading about that later. Perfect. Um, again, Manchester is a great storyteller. He has a great ability to, with words. He was always, I, when I read that, well, not his first book, but when I read The Glory and the Dream, which I read years ago, that was such a great book. I just knew he could do no wrong on his uh, writing, and I only my only regret is he didn't live long enough to finish Volume Three. I've heard read reviews of Volume Three, Defender of the Realm, and some people on Amazon say that the man who succeeded Manchester didn't do as well as Manchester did. Of course, it's always hard to follow in someone's footsteps. Yeah, who could? Yeah, but. Um, I recommend The Last Line, Volume 1, Visions of Glory. Good job. Yeah. Next week, if all goes according to plan, we're going to turn our attention to another issue that's causing some controversy and still does. If, If all goes according to plan, we're going to be focusing next week on a book I am reading about the fast food industry. <laughs> oh, oh. That is so wonderful. Are you serving chicken wings? <laughs> well, the book is called Fast Food Nation. Yes, we are. Yeah. And it's uh, Slosser is the author's name. And I will, uh, if I'm finished with it by next week, I will give my report on that. Are, are you going to serve McDonald's fries with the, with the uh, review? Would you like fries with that? <laughs> French fries tonight. We had hamburgers and French fries tonight, in fact. Homemade French fries and homemade hamburgers. Oh, boy. Yeah? You were in the big time there. Barbecue sauce. Wow. Actually, cheeseburgers with barbecue. So that was great. Um, he, he's going to go into details on things like of the working about the history of like so far I've learned about how fast food really began people like Carl's Jr. and the man who founded Carl's Jr. and the McDonald brothers the fast food industry is a thing you can start here in California San Bernardino yeah and uh, it talks about the working conditions that people have to go through in fast food places and He's going to go later into details about the food. Some people say when you learn how fast food is prepared, you might not want to eat it anymore. But <laughs> You know, there, there are some things that should just be left unsaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many bugs are in a, in a package of spinach? Yeah. I don't need to know that. I love spinach. Well, and I like uh, fast food. I mean, I you know, I, I, it's a choice of... Uh, I heard I heard once years ago on the radio, and I even forgot what radio program it was. 
Uh, wait, uh, someone from a French restaurant called in on a talk show in Chicago, and they were real upset, this person who ran a French restaurant. He says, you get a chance to educate these children, and you want them to learn the fine things in life, the fine things in food, and the parents bring them, and they order hamburgers. And the, the, the guy seemed real upset about it, uh, the guy who ran the French restaurant. Yeah, but when you've got kids, for heaven's sakes, at least they didn't order macaroni and cheese. Well, well, I have to tell you, if it was a choice of hamburgers or snails, and don't, don't, don't a lot of fresh French restaurants serve snails? Yes, they do, escargot. Mm-hmm. I would much prefer a cheeseburger to a snail. <laughs> I, I happen to like escargot, so I, I think I would take that over a hamburger. Um. But but the the guy who owned the restaurant was real upset about it. He couldn't understand. <laughs> I uh, would guess so. Or so uneducated about the finer things in life on food. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, it's, just, it's like an artist. You hang a painting on the wall, and some people like it, and some people don't. Yeah, well, you know, and of course, sometimes if you can, if you don't know French and you can't read what's on the wall, you want to re- mm-hmm. uh, read the menu. You might mm-hmm. even order the easiest thing that comes into your mind, not know because you know if a hamburger what you're getting. That's funny. Um, that is funny. But like hey, Patricia, I have you know it's it's your uh, check out just just for the fun of it if you want to check out Bang Gunley U.S. Marshall Fields just to see what an audio soundtrack of a TV show sounds like to us. You might get a chuckle out of that. I will do that. It's uh, it's September twenty. I think it's September twenty second, fifty seven. I believe that's the date. Okay, seven. That always helps. And uh, I borrow your brain. Yeah, and uh, and again, if you have a chance, read the last volume, volume one. I know it's a lot of pages to read, and you may want you may learn more about Churchill than you ever wanted to know. But then again, that's what makes a biographer. Well, I, I have such an admiration for that man that I don't think anything would be dull. Well, you know, it, it, it makes you, again, think of, unlike who we, t- unlike, you know, his parents kind of neglected him, mm-hmm. but unlike, unlike the man we talked about last week, Lee Oswald, just to make a comparison, who had a neglectful mother or a mother who didn't seem to care, Joe mm-hmm. was able to have the character and the ability to overcome that neglect and try Remarkable and- man. Really enjoyed learning about him. So that's a good heads up. Thank you for doing that tonight, Jim. Sure thing. And you all keep up the good work. It's always fun. Thank you, Jim. I just, oh, oh, I have another question. If, if uh, Who's the man in California that has the kids' records? Mark. Mark. If Mark is listening, and Ron and I were talking about this the other day, if Mark is listening and he has his 45 and 78 cast with cast credits with him, if he has the RCA Bluebird record, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, narrated by Ralph Camargo, uh, it's around 1954 or 5, uh, Ralph Camargo narrated it. But if he has the cast of that record, like who played Tom Sawyer on it and who played Becky Thatcher and Aunt Polly, I would be very interested in knowing that because Ron and I always liked, although it was very abridged, it was like a six-minute record, but and who played Engine Joe, and I would just, and uh, I forgot uh, Harper, I forgot uh, Tom Sawyer's friend, 
Yeah. But I would be very interested if Mark could tell us, if he has that list, who played uh, in the cast of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, and also who did the music on the Winnie the Pooh records. He read the cast last week, but it had a great music score. I've heard those records. Who did the music on the Winnie the Pooh records? I would be very interested me, in knowing that, too. Let me check the other computer and see if Mark has sent stuff. I'll stay with you while you do that. Yeah, keep talking. Okay. Because uh, uh, the person who did the music, it was a great music. You would agree it was a nice music score on those. It was a fun record to listen to. I always... Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought a poor little poor little ca- poor little piglet when he had that adventure in in Kanga's pocket and she mm-hmm. tried to give him the medicine that was meant for Rue. <laughs> that was cute. That was cute. Okay, let's see. Drop box. No, I don't have anything from Mark. He was going to try to resend the scan, the uh, what's it called, the cover and the backside right. of the yeah. album. Yeah. So, Mark, if you're out there. Yeah, that and the music and Tom, the cast for Tom Sawyer. Yeah, one of the panels that he was going to send, and he did send originally, and why I don't have it, I do not know. Let me check it and see if it managed to get into the trash. Anyway, it has the entire cast, so if there's any information about which group put together the music or which person put together the music. And who adapted them, who adapted them for, the, wrote the scripts for those. Mm-hmm. I would be interested in that. Um, I know Peter told me it was around 1952. By the way, Peter Modavin's site, Kitty Record, K-I-D-D-I-E-R-E-K-O-R-D, King is still up. The Kitty Record King is still up. Good. You can uh, you can't you don't download there, but you can listen. You can look up a database if you want to know. He has a database on his site about uh, uh, all the various labels and artists. Or if you want to know how many records, say Milton Cross did, or The Great Gildersleeve, or whatever, he has all that posted. And also each company and how many records they did, and it gets the serial numbers, the artist, the A side, the B side, all of that. It's a wow. great source for. He has some other things on there. He has a, a, a section on the history of kids' records, and he's got all of his radio and television interviews, including the one you did with him, Walden. Oh, wow. Back in 2000 and, what was it, eight, seven. Last decade. Yeah, last, uh, <laughs> so uh, maybe maybe Mark might be interested. I don't know, I don't know if you have there, if you have, well, you, I guess you can go to his link, and maybe you can send Mark the interview with, that you did with Peter Mode and Patricia too, the interview with uh, Peter Modavin on the history of Kitty Records. Well, right now, Larry's the keeper of the interview because we're showing all in his lap. So Larry's listening. It was somebody... April, April of 2007. Seven. Or six, it may have been six even. Let me think. Whenever, nah. the, whenever his book came out. Yeah. But uh, he has your interview up there. Nice. So. Nice. Uh, and you did a wonderful job interviewing him. By the way, you said you've heard from Treasure, speaking of kids' records, you've heard from Treasure Ivan? I have not, but I see him on Facebook. Okay. And look like he is now making public appearances back at uh, school and things, so uh, he must be feeling okay. So right, I'm glad to hear that. Ivan, if you're out, out and about, give us a call. We'd love to catch you, see how you're doing. 
And and again, uh, I want to thank Mark for giving that cast on on Winnie the Pooh. That was uh, fun. Yeah, that was very fun to hear. And I knew and a lot of those voices, you know, like Cecil Roy and uh, Arnold Stang and all those people. Sure. So, sure. Anyway, you all have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Jim. Thank, thank you, you, Patricia. You there, Patricia? Oh, I'm here. Yeah. Okay, we'll be sure. You all have a wonderful evening. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. On. I said thank you, and I got stepped on, I guess. Hmm? I, I got stepped on because I did say thank you, and I really meant it. Thank you, and okay. thank you for okay. doing such a great job okay. on, on the Winston Churchill. So many thanks again. You back, Jim. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. 714-545-2071 to our hot little number. You can give us a call. 714-545-2071. She is Patricia Pong for the Denver Broncos because she's got family <laughs> in Colorado. We'll find out. Oh, I don't... I should have asked my brother. I don't think he cares. Heavens to Betsy. All right, whoever is calling, I want to know how many countries will be able to watch the Super Bowl. Hello there, Paul. You're on air. Probably too many. <laughs> I, I agree. I not understand why anybody would want to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. Um, I, I agree, it. but reality is reality. Well, then, how many countries do you think are going to be able to watch the Super Bowl? Well, there are hundreds, I think, 80 countries now. You um, are absolutely and, right. Get that man a donut. Wow. I have, 180 countries. Can you imagine? How many languages? See, I, I, I would think that's how many countries, so I get everybody's going to watch it. So, <laughs> oh, dear. That's true. So, uh, so many, Patricia. languages? I would say probably 40. 25 languages, and there will be nine on site at the University of Phoenix Stadium. Huh? I don't I don't get that. I don't get that either. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. According to the NFL, why would they have a university stadium in here? Well, University of Phoenix is sort of, I think, like a satellite campus. That seemed to be a hot place here in the West Coast where a lot of people who want to you know, continue education and not go through mm -hmm. a normal traditional Maybe route. they filling up the stadium and they're using the great, the huge screens that they use for things like replays. Yeah. Would Would a university have that kind of equipment? Yes. Okay, so that must yeah. be what it is. Yeah. Okay, time zone issues, and then and then um, we'll get to time zone issues after Ron gives me <laughs> a black spot, a gray spot, or a white spot. Ah, uh, great. A gray spot. So it was a so-so choice. I have a question regarding that. Uh-oh. The question is this. Let me see if I can word this properly here. <laughs> have we ever worried about wording on this show? Uh, I want to know, are you really trying to saw that limb off that you're out there on? <laughs> are you trying to do that? You know, are you trying to saw that limb off? What are you trying to do here? Yeah, well, I said I was on a shorter limb. Yeah. See, it was so short that I had to sit on it and cut from behind. I started so. trying to saw it off. <laughs> Which yeah. Kind of, well, sure. Now, uh, yeah, I, 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 I would say that it, it was not 
some of these programs, as you know, take a little period of time to get their stride, and that certainly was an, was one. Um, I would also, and I I think Stan Friedberg is an acquired taste. I, I like him very much, but I think he's an acquired taste. And a lot of people, that, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's rich, which is the previous program that he was on with an absolutely horrible program. Did I run that? I don't think so. I don't think you've done it yet. Because that's the underscore Bill sent an email asking if this was the second one and if I had run That's Rich. We talked about it. Larry and I had talked about it with you off air, but I don't think we've gotten to that yet. Well, I think you need to. You might be able to redeem yourself if you do. Really? Yeah. It's pretty bad. I um, Maybe. (laughs) So we're going to pick on Stan Friedberg. And he even didn't like it. And he even didn't like it. What's so. going so much? Yeah, you know, um, I don't want to call him a perfectionist because I don't know if that's true. Oh, yes, she was. was. Oh, yes, she was. She was okay. He was known. He was known for some of these three minute records mm-hmm. to work all night and do over thirty takes. Okay. He so was he a pure professional. person. Oh yeah. For any any of his work. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. And one other little thing here I have. This is a closed circuit for Larry. Larry, check the drop box. <laughs> 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 if you haven't already. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right, for underscore bill, no, I have not done it, but that's been now, it is now one of my assignments. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember having done it, and I couldn't find it in my awful files. Well, it should definitely be there. And, <laughs> and, and you can, there are a few in, in, in circulation. You can pick one, anyone, pick one, and you'll be okay. Just, just it doesn't matter. Nah. Don't subject myself to screening all of them. There. No, no. Oh, am I right? Am I right, Walden? Uh. Well, I've heard just one. Uh, is nothing sticks out in my memories about it. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah. I think she'd be safe to just about pick any one of them. There are there are a few in circulation. I don't. A lot of them are in terrible, terrible sound. They are awful. And awful. So, so you might want to go with the audition or the first one, because that's the best sounding one. Yeah, audition stuff can be really bad. A show can turn out very well, but sometimes the auditions are dreadful. Sometimes they are. Yes, they are. Now, let me throw this at you, Patricia. I haven't asked you this. Have you have you done a review on Honest Herald? Oh, you need to, if you haven't. It's another one that I'm not real fond of. Now, I think it's okay. It's not great. It's not bad in yeah, my book. I kind of like that show. Yeah, I do. No, I haven't picked on him. Okay. Um, it, I certainly wouldn't be up there with the sterling stars of comedy. No. No, you would not. But it, no, it had an endearing quality about it. Or Harold had an endearing quality okay. about him. I, 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 okay, I got another sacred cow. Mm, you know, I can only do these. Burning at the stakes twice a year. Oh, that's okay. We're into well, this one's even bigger because this has an international fan base of, of 
Great. Your monitor standings. I mean, the the current fan club is over three hundred thousand people, and they haven't been around in you know sixty years. You want me to get run over by a bus? Well, I'm, to I'm thinking of the publicity, Patricia. <laughs> How about Over the commercial person? Yes. Uh, what are we picking on? How about Laurel and Hardy's radio show? Well, I didn't know they had one. Yeah. They did. You might want to take that one on for size. Yeah, they had such visual comedy. Right. That's why. That's why. These guys, in order to appreciate the humor that they were delivering, I can't imagine them on radio. That might that's be right. something for you to consider. That's why it didn't work very well. Who is? I did, yeah. Okay, check out. <laughs> and okay. we can promote that with the Old Owen Hardy fan club and really get a few others, Patricia. <laughs> Hold on, I thought you loved me. <laughs> I, do. I do. Oh, my. I do, but I'm just thinking, wouldn't it be great to have a sponsor like the Old Owen Hardy fan club, you know, or something like that? Oh. Oh, my. Way to root. This is the root joy? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, gee. Uh, uh, maybe. I mean, you, know, I, you know, somehow, yeah. I'm feeling a little bit like I'm getting set up. Ron suggests uh, another Stan Freeberg, and you suggest Laurel I'm and Hardy. Hardy with 48 million people who are going to come after you. <laughs> Thank goodness you guys don't know where I live. Well, I do. Cats. I do. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, but, you know, I love you too much to protect that I let you come to any harm. But, but no, I'm just thinking, uh, uh, I think Lone Hardy didn't make it uh, in my book. That, that, I don't see how that ever would have worked on radio. No, it wouldn't. It, 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 it wasn't because they were so visual. Yeah. Well, they, they would get a marvelous preamble from me about their movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No matter how many times I see one, I laugh out loud. You know who? Together. You know who? Who I'm surprised never had a radio series. Speaking of TV, a film, and I think it would have worked. I think the Little Rascals would have made it. They might have. I, I I'm surprised nobody ever attempted to take the Little Rascal and make that a radio series. When were they on television? Well, it was always in the movies in the 30s. Oh, it's the movies. Yeah, of course, of course. I was thinking. I was thinking of. Well, I think we think of it TV because that's all we, our generation used to watch it was on TV. But I'm thinking when they started in the 30s, uh, I you know even back into the 20s, the little rascal goes back to the 20s, into the 30s. I I think, I think that concept would have worked on radio, but they never did it. Yeah, well, they, according to IMDb, they had. A television run hmm. starting in 1955, but it doesn't give me an ending date. Hmm. With a really good cast here. But no radio. Yeah, none None that we recognize from the movies. Oh, Jackie Cooper. Yeah. And it looks like that's the only one. Hmm. I didn't know that they had a television series. Hmm. However. Yes, yes. Yes. I'm looking, I'm looking. (laughs) 
I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm not finding much. Our gang, Little Rascals TV. Abraham and Safe. Let's see when they did it. The very first Our Gang in 1922. How about that? Yeah. How when did this? When did I stop filming it? Um, Little Rascals Films. Oh, I'm doing homework, homework, homework tonight. <laughs> well, I have one for you. I haven't, uh, you haven't looked up yet. I'm anxious to ask you to look up. Little Rascals Films. Let's see if Wikipedia has anything. Filmography. Um, filmography, filmography. Oh. Okay, Little Rascals. Thanks back to IMDb. Mm -mm. Is anybody going to talk while I'm doing this? <laughs> Why don't you ask well, me what you were going to ask me? Well, sure. There's, there's, I got to think, when do we start doing polls? Polls? Gosh, I looked that up. Yeah, I mean... I, I disremember. I mean, why, why, why is George Gallup the full, most famous poster? You know, those types of things I'm going to ask about. Well, you know that he was in operation when Fibber McGee and Molly's movie I know. about Fibber going to Washington, what was that, when they were looking for an average man? Heavily Days. And that was it. Yes, yeah, thank yeah, you. I yeah. never know which movie to plug these things into, mm -hmm. but Gallup was on the train with him, I guess. George Gallup, yep. Yep. Oh. Okay, let's see. Ron, how is the weather in the great state of Illinois this week? You know, it's very interesting. It, it's uh, it's cool, but it's not cold, cold. Uh -huh. We have had no snow uh, lately. Mm -hmm. and we only had one, two really measurable snowfalls. One of them was, was uh, substantially more than the other. Mm -hmm. We've had very little snow this winter. It's been a strange winter here in the Midwest. We've had very few cold days. I think about two or three really cold ones. And, uh, you know, when it, when it was, there was one day when we had like one degree for a high. But there haven't been that many of those. It's really been a strange winter here. Have you gotten both your sea crane and your Grace Radio uh, reset? No, no, no. We wanna, that's one thing I want to talk to you about. Uh-huh. Uh, they aren't, uh, yesterday USA did not, the new ones did not go in the radio. Okay, well, uh, what, uh, they're both working. Okay, uh, Jim yes. got great, and I have C Crane working. Yes, I know Jim's good. Jim's got his working. Right, and I have my C and I have my C Crane right. radio working. You well, got it. It's a matter of getting my neighbor over here. To right. Now, and the way way I did it on Monday, I I had my mom, and then I called C Crane, and they walked us through it to reset them. I gotcha. So that's how I would do it. Uh huh. Ron. The, but the other thing is, um, we did not reprogram my phone. Okay. And we didn't have to. Well, good. Or well, maybe, uh... No, because because TuneIn just picked the, other, picked the other feed right up. Perfect. And the same with the, with the, with the guys over on uh, Radio Once More. Yeah. I think TuneIn did a good job. Yeah, they did. And Utune did a good job. They, they are, Our friends who had the Victor screen reader, they're working now. Uh-huh. So, just our Wi-Fi radio, we just got to go and reset them. Yes, I have to. We have to get those reset. Okay. Um, 
So, but it's just it's, it's a matter of getting it done, and I will. Okay. But they're in the computer. I have them in the phone, so I'm, I got them somewhere. Well, basically, all you need to do is hit the search field. Okay, uh, if you have the Wi-Fi two, I mean the Sea Queen Radio two. I like, have the one. Uh, you have the one. Okay, they're using the one you have. Okay, yeah, that one is using uh, TuneIn, and so you just gotta you just gotta physically search for. Uh, have a punction yesterday USA and it'll pop up both red and blue and you can walk that through with the uh, sea queen people and also might be able to, yeah pretty quick you might be able to do it on her own okay um so it's just a matter of her finding the time to get over here and do it and right Perfect. and right now it's a not real not a real high priority for me no but I'm just what you know it's all working so that's good because because I have it in the, in the phone and I have the, the link in the computer all right that's I'm good. good. You're good. Yep. And okay. uh, so what do you want to know? Uh, before we do that, Jim, uh, as Jim told you, we've been we've been busy on the on the download side doing this, and we've got a bunch of other stuff, and I sent some to Larry, so I don't know if he'll send it, give it to you or not. He's been doing that, so I yeah. Appreciate but, so that. he's got he's got some more now. I just sent him some okay. more tonight. Okay. That we got today. All right, Patricia's ready and eager. She's ready. And, and one other thing, the sound on that stuff is incredible. It's amazing, yeah. It, it is. It really is. Wonderful. You can hear Patricia on hi-fi, practically. Yeah. What's the difference between hi-fi and lo-fi? Especially if we can get her on Skype, you know. I know. She Someone can hear yeah. on hi-fi. Who says, I'm going, who says I'm going to sound like, I don't know. What is it? Oh, Tal- 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 yeah. Again. Oh, gee, I have to go to bed. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Dan in Indiana says if I get on Skype, I might sound like Tallulah. Well, oh my yeah, well, everybody, you know, chat, 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 chat is waiting for you to be, to be Miss Monitor, too. So you, you can... I know, and I thought about that this week. He's still awake. Okay. 16 movies for our gang okay. that starred the Little Rascals. The television stuff was cartoons. Okay, so and when did they, Little Rascal ended? From 22 to when? From 23 was their movie, uh-huh. their first movie. And the last one? And 1942 was their last movie. Okay. So they were very much in time. for, And they were doing records, by the way. Hmm. Um, oh, really? So they have some recordings. Oh. But no radio. That's weird. No radio. You think then then radio? That's what's the point. I have so much to do. Okay, the sound stages were converted for sound recording. This is the Hal Roach era, and our gang made its all talking debut in April of 1929. 25 minutes small talk was the title. Um, let's see if I can find anything on radio. If they did it, and why not? If they didn't, no radio, not even mentioned. Oh. And you're right, they were, they were so animated mm-hmm. in their scripts and how they delivered them, they would have made great radio. I wonder why, well, how Roach was in the studio. 
Or maybe how Wolf figured he didn't want to do anything with radio, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Well, there are a million pages on those guys, and I'm sure that I I think I gave you the correct information. <laughs> I'm not sure. You're never sure. Everything on the Internet is true, but I don't trust it. <laughs> and now, polls. The first straw poll. Are you... Ready for this? Yes. 1824. A long time ago. And it it originated out of a combination of short-term political changes associated with the end of the first American party system. How about that? Good. So, let's see. 18... George Gallup himself stated that the earliest counterpart of modern opinion surveys occurred in 1824. So let's see how Gallup... Really so when did George Gallup was around? Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Okay. Wait a minute. I've taken a George... i taken a Gallup poll on the phone before. Did you? I mm-hmm. just hang up on those guys. <laughs> I, I mean, really. No, I, I started asking, answering one. Uh-huh. Um... It's four years ago. It was a political survey. Thought, it haven't, you haven't finished it. You haven't finished it yet. I'm going to do that. Well, then they got down to um, how many children do you have? Uh huh. What is your religion? Uh huh. Do you do you believe um, abortion should be legal or uh-huh. illegal? And I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> We're getting into territory here that goes beyond who do you like in the election. Well, also, we're also interesting. They want to know your 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 income bracket. I always think you know that's interesting. I, yes, yeah. yes, and I've realized that they need demographics, but they don't even give them. These are the robot calls. They're not human beings you're talking to. And I thought, well, eh, robot call. Okay, I can do that. And there is no option as they do when you sign up for accounts somewhere, would rather not or would rather not say or no opinion or you know, there there it's either black or white. And of course the way the questions are framed, no matter what you answer, you're going to get pinned to the wall. So I just hung up. Mm, forget it. Okay, opinion poll. Let's see. Um, what we need is George Gallup. I think something is sick in my computer. I'm looking Uh-oh. at George Gallup's name on the page, on the internet page. I put in "find Gallup" and I said it's not there. I I heard I heard an interesting um analysis this way about the polls. They think maybe polls are going to be totally inaccurate from this point on because people mm-hmm. are not answering the phone. Can you blame them? So so that might that might that might mean check. Look, all the poll surveys we're seeing are gonna just be wrong. Well, I guess um, when a couple of years, a couple of election years, Iowa was off base, and they're considered the golden cow. I guess. Let's see. He was born in Jefferson, Iowa, in 1901. Known for the Gallup poll, and that began in. That began in... So, Ron, are you going to eat buffalo wings tomorrow during the Super Bowl? No, I'm not. Are you going to have Thousand Island dressing or blue cheese with your buffalo wings tomorrow? Uh, 
no, I'm not, and I'm not even going to listen to our watch. So you, so you're not. Uh, uh, how many bags of popcorn are you planning to help out with while you're watching the Super Bowl? I don't think any. Oh, I don't think any. How many bags of peanuts? He's always spoken for Patricia. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, that's okay. We're we're together in spirit. Yeah. Yeah. In spirit. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I'm having an awful time finding information tonight. They tend to bury pieces of just all I want to know is George Gallup first poll. Let's let's try that. Have you listened to any new radio shows this week, Ron, that you can recommend? Yes. Okay. Yes, I found a nice one. Tell us. The Love Story magazine. Isn't that what the shadow came from? It's 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 a it's a uh, I think it's a publication. Yes. Yeah. The uh, the radio program was twenty six weeks. Okay. It was syndicated. Uh, I think it was out of New York because I think I recognize Frank Knight's voice on it. And so were they mysteries inside the love story magazines or what? Detective they were, stories? No, they were, they were, they were uh, love stories kind of thing. Uh-huh. I enjoyed it. The quality on what I heard is exceptional. Good. The quality was very, very good. Oh, I, you heard them? I played one last night. And oh. it had a realistic storyline. Yeah, I liked it. Mhm. I, I enjoyed them. I've got. I listened to a bunch of them a few months ago. Yeah, very good. I heard the first one last night or the other day. Yeah. And I, I was very. I thought impressed. it was going to be some kind of a documentary, uh, like I Claudia on the. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Julius Caesar to show up, but it was really, it was really a very good soap opera. I was and impressed. No. Really good ones. These were. These were. Uh, not re- these were not related stories. They were. I don't think they were related. Were they? Were they? Is it a soap opera thing? I don't know. I didn't yeah, think it, they it was. One. It was a continuous soap opera. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. I heard the first one. Yep, and very good. Just I, really good, and so realistic. Thank mm, got me that Coca Cola was the sponsor. I thought that was an interesting combination. Oh, Claudia. Yeah. I like Claudia. Why, why would you think? Well, I would think the target market for Coca-Cola would have been for kids. I think Claudia was very well, well Claudia was very well done. Right, I, I agree. But once I've been in camp, I, mean, I guess thought that would have been... But you're right, it's not a mom. Yeah, it's yeah. Did you know, Walden, there's one episode of Claudia that you'll never hear? You mentioned it to me. Yeah, what? Which one? Which one the is last it? Last one. No. No, which... and I don't remember which one it is. Ah, oh, that's but nice. It's missing because uh, when they when they made the disc, they put either the previous or the next episode. I forgot which. I think it was the previous episode on the disc on both sides of the disc, and 
and didn't put the didn't put the other the next one on, and so it never got. Now never got recorded. Right. Oh my goodness. So do they have the script? So I don't know. Out there is a disc or not. Yeah. No sound. Uh, interesting. For us, mm-hmm. no no air check to record right. from the radio. Wow. Correct. Correct. Oh, Pui, how did you learn that? Uh. Oh, um, I learned it from Neil Ellis. Oh, okay. He's a pretty good resource. Yeah. He's a very good resource. I have to look up something about George Gallup, but his first poll was in 1932 Mm. after he joined the advertising firm Uh, Young and Rubicam. And uh that's when that Cynthia Myers talked about a lot. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Right. Uh, all right. So now I have to find George himself. What kind of doctor he was. It, it, it's oh, 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 oh. Uh, speaking of future programs, on uh, March the 4th, everybody, we're going to do a look at Meredith Wilson. And there's a lot of undiscovered uh, interviews that he did by career from his little small town, Mason City, Iowa, which we'll have access yeah, to. Yeah, Mason City, Iowa, yeah. So, so that people might want to enjoy. We'll have Mary Wilson biographer on, so that, that should be a fun show. That will be a good show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I better, uh, I better let somebody else get in here. All right. Yeah, we we have to let people hammer me tonight. My gosh, this is such an unusual opportunity. No. Well, you know, and I, 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 my intent was not to hammer. No, you gave me a gray spot. That's good. I really think that that was the right way to go. I really do because, uh, first of all, you deserve it. But secondly, <laughs> I, I am concerned. I am very concerned. I am very concerned for. You. <laughs> No, I really am very, very concerned for you. Ah. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Oh, you're so, so funny. <laughs> your family, your family, and I'm, I'm so concerned for you because I really am concerned that you will indeed, pretty soon here, saw that limb off and fall down. <laughs> I want to do that. It's to... okay if you give me a black spot. Yeah, but you know, we do. How, how, how would Patricia handle a broken wrist? I mean, she probably already had one. If she had one, yeah. Not oh best. boy, did she have Another one? one? Yes. Yeah. Sure. That was a long time ago, though. <laughs> so I guess I'm overdue for another one. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if that's very fair, though. Ashley, I do. I do have a friend. <laughs> that's good. Everybody needs one. Well, yeah, but yeah. You know, this friend um, was in a tree. And he forgot what side of the walk of the oh, limb he was on, and he did saw himself off. This is not smart. Well, he comes from a long line of engin- a long line family of engineers. So what can I say? Oh, that explains it. Oh my! Oh my! Oh. That was a terrible thing to say. That was awful. Well, but you know, engineers are so. Um, it's a science, it's a branch of science for them, and, you know, they, they just don't make it in places like sawing limbs. I think you're right. No, they don't. 
right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Neither would I, because I can't get up there, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. Never could. Never would do something like that. Never. I am Wait, such a Charlie something, chicken. Something that I do need to have you do for me, young lady, if you, when you, if you can, when you get a chance. We've mentioned this before, but I really need the the uh, the 10th volume or disc of, of Gunsmoke. The 10th volume of Gunsmoke, okay. Yes, because mine... Can, I can drop that to you, right? She can put that in Dropbox. She can, she just put... uh, yeah, she can yes. Okay. But mine doesn't have the interviews on it. The one you sent me. Oh, okay, okay. Missing those. Mm-mm. So if you could do that, I would be so grateful. How how grateful would you be, Ron? I would be just. Would you write poetry? Would you write? Would, 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 would you write poetry in the name of Patricia? I might. I might even. I might even write a song and give it to Barry Como. Yeah, hey, that's that's not bad. <laughs> not bad. How's that? No, no. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, who who else on the station has her own song? Well, nobody that nobody, I nobody. Yeah, I who know. Else on this station? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a very good one for her. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I mean, uh, I I mean, I don't know if her own family knows she has her own song yet. Do, well, do, they do, might not. Do, do, do your brother and sister know you have your own song yet? Nobody knows. Oh. Our listeners. <laughs> She's also, she also has an instrumental. Oh. I know. Um, Prez Prado did. Correct. On an, on an organ. And Correct. somebody else did one. Well, Perry Collin was the only one I know, but, but Prez Prado was in 1915. I'm nice. I like that record. My father loved it. Oh, it was a good record. Yeah. He, it, he would play I have it. Lot. I have it. Okay. Well, we we have you have Press Prado, did you say? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I have. And and you're going to send that to me if I send you volume ten. Would you like? I would love it. I would be delighted to do that. Oh, thank you. That I really will, would be a treat. Thank you. I will. I will do that for you. And I will do volume ten for you. We have a mutual admiration society. We have here. a we have a good old fashioned trade swap in here, everybody. And isn't it and isn't it wonderful? <laughs> this is a swap Great. me. A swap me. Okay. Time to let other people hammer me. Yes indeed. So I'll okay. you uh both of you have a very nice evening. Thanks, Ron. And I Thank you, and you have a safe week. Be safe. Hi, Alan. You too. Go Broncos. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is that the team you're, you think will take it tomorrow? I think the Panthers will probably take it, but I'll probably, for sentimental purposes, root for the Broncos, probably. But I, you know, to be honest with you. Chewing on your chicken wings. Yeah, to be honest with you, um, there's a chance I'll watch the game, but if something comes up, I just, you know, that pulls me away. That's okay, too. So it's not. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, good grief. You know, I'm having an awful night here. I bought a new flavor coffee, and it's dreadful. Well, and wait a minute. I, I, my dear, yeah. haven't I told you that that Maxwell House is not the brand for you? <laughs> you have to trust me. It's not Maxwell House. It's awful. Maybe I'm just used to, to 
to the other case. Well, why don't why don't you use that for scrubbing and cleaning? Hello, Carl. You're on the air. Hello, you two. Hi, Celeste. How are Hi, you? Celeste. I wanted to thank you one more time, Patricia, uh, and I've already thanked Walden for all your help about getting me going here so I can listen to you. And and what you had to wind up doing is calling your, your computer guy. Yes, and he didn't charge me a thing. He was all right. He, oh, how nice. And he came in and set it up and did it. <laughs> so I'm all happy again. Listen, I wanted to talk to you. It's not to put you down about Dan Freeberg, but I want to oh, put you it in a, di- in a different context, and I'll tell you why. When Stan Freeberg came on the radio, uh, it was, I was just, I think, transitioning from high school to college, and that's when I first met my husband and all that. And we loved anything that was just really put down the status quo. Stan Freeberg liked good music, and he made just made fun of Lawrence Welk, and uh, I'm trying to think of who else. He, you know, and we just ate that up. We, yeah, he, he drove Johnny Ray would cr- be in our, he, he, he would be in our car driving. Oh, and he's the one that called Guy Lombardo, Guy Lombago, and made fun of his wobbly saxophone band. He drove Johnny Johnny Ray crazy. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's well, true. My, my question to you, Celeste. made fun of Lawrence Well with all the bubble machines. Okay, you know, you, know the sto- you know the story behind that? Mm-hmm. You, you, do you know the story why, why Stan created the Lawrence Welk song? No, huh? Patricia, do you know I've heard that? it many times. Oh, yeah. I but there's a, there's a, Stan told a backstory behind it. Patricia, you I know why? Okay, Stan was on the dance floor with his girl, and Lawrence Welk cut in because he wanted to take his girlfriend away to, for, for, on the dance floor. So Stan was not happy about that. So that's why oh. that's why he wrote the song. <laughs> I don't doubt. I don't doubt it. But that's when the word hip came in when I was growing up. You know. And uh-huh. he was—he was everything that was hip to us. He made fun of everybody, but especially bad music. And he despised country western, and he was just merciless on country western. And of course, we loved that too because we hated country western. It was just—you know—Sid Caesar was on television doing the same thing. Uh, it was just a, I think, a different time than now, and so I think that might help you understand why we all love Dan Freeberg so much. It's because he, well, no, I, I do he made, understand. Made, and uh, as you're explaining uh, it, it's a whole new facet. What I need to ask you and say, number one, I haven't heard all of the shows. This was the first one I heard, and I thought this particular episode was awful. It was the first uh-huh. one, and uh-huh. that perhaps it wasn't up to stride. He didn't hit stride on it. But uh-huh. with with that in mind, did you think the episode, rather than the show, but this particular episode cut 
did it cut it for you? Well, it wasn't his best. It wasn't his best by far. No, no, but okay. I, I, I agree. It wasn't his best. Okay. But of course, so we we all loved him so much. We loved anything he did, but that wasn't his best. <laughs> That one was not necessarily at the top of the list. No. Okay. No. So let me ask no. you this. If if we're talking exclusively about this particular episode, you say it wasn't really quite up to the standard that mm-hmm. he established right. later, would you give me a black star, a gray star? Certainly not a white star. <laughs> I would give you a gray star because you're so much younger than I am that I think you didn't know why we Maybe you don't understand why we liked him so much for making fun of of the things that we didn't like. You understand? Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's and, and, and I, I truly do understand, Celeste. What disturbed me so much was that it, it was bam, 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 bam. And uh-huh. some of the humor that is in there, I don't understand his humor a lot. So for me... Uh-huh. It, uh-huh. it was wasted. It was a wasted effort on my part. Uh-huh. But the sound, just one thing after another, it was like a slow uh-huh. machine gun going off. And that uh-huh. hurt my ears. Yeah, yeah. I understand it wasn't his best. That's by far. That's why I'm giving you a grade. But I wanted <laughs> to let you know why we all loved him so much. It's because we were just, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time in the car driving when I would go with my husband on the road, and he just made fun of everything, and it to us, it was just so wonderful because the kind of music, particularly, that he despised, we all despised, too, and it was just wonderful, you know, Lawrence Belk and Guy Lombardo and the Bubble Machine and on and on and on, and we just thought that was great. When kind you of were like, a teenager, like the, Celeste, it, which, mu- which music was in vogue when you were listening to Stan Freeberg? Well, we had, we still had great big band music at the time, you know. Um, mm-hmm. We had all the great big bands were playing, Harry Jones, Woody Herman, all that. And she, Stan Freeberg loved all of that. And we had a lot of good uh, singers that were around, jazz singers, big band singers, and all that. And the fact that he would make fun of the kind of music that we didn't like just just drew us in. And and making fun of advertising, oh, that was the best thing. He was brutal with that, and that's the best work I that I appreciate. I think that was some of his best work. Anything what, that had to do with advertising. What did your oh. husband, What did your husband and his fellow musicians thought when rock and roll hit the scene? Could did they scratch their head? You know, by no, they didn't. They didn't scratch their heads. They just. It's just uh, such a dumbed-down way of music, you know. Um, I don't know. You know, good music is based on diminished chords and augmented chords and and people who can really sing and, and, and read music and all that. And uh, But, you know, time moves on. I guess so. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll never like it, but time moves on, you know, and people go on, and 
then later on you got into the people who smashed their guitars and everything on the stage. And to musicians, that's just, that is really hurtful to see that, you know. And so, um, but anyway, times change. And my kids have their, they, they have people that they like, even though their dad was a jazz musician, they have people that they like. And you can't criticize them for that. Every era has its own significant, you know, uh, the people that they like. And so you just you just have to move on <laughs> and not worry about it. And, and fortunately, of course, we can listen to any kind of music we want to now. Mm-hmm. So it's really great. And that's that has expanded a lot, too, the way which with the you know the way I can get on my computer and yeah. listen to Tony Bennett or listen to anybody I want to yeah. that's wonderful so you just have to move on but that I just wanted to explain to Patricia when you're young and kind of snarky and in college and everything <laughs> and <laughs> just he just hit the mark for all of us you were anti-establishment Anti-establishment, amen, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, very much so. But I agree with you, that was not his best. That was not his best at all. It was not a bad man. So it's gray. I get a gray. So you get a gray. Okay, well, you know, this is turning out to be okay tonight. I was really afraid (laughs) for, I I thought I was going to get shellacked. I mean, he's a sacred cow, for goodness sake. I would never shellac you, Patricia. (laughs) Oh, it's okay. You would be shellacking my choice, not me. (laughs) Okay. All right. You know, there's one quick thing I wanted to pick up on when I was listening. How many chicken wings are you going to eat? (laughs) When I was listening to that long conversation of the guy from Indiana, Uh you know, I'm surprised that I'm surprised that a lot of people don't really know the history of what went on during the Dutch old days mm-hmm. in Oklahoma and places. They had been told to grow wheat, 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 and that's all they grew. And a lot of things, the same in Texas, a lot of cotton and corn. And SDR got the best people he knew, and he sent them back down to Texas and Oklahoma and all the Midwest states and all that, taught them to rotate rotate their crops and how to plow in circular instead of straight furrows, you know. Mm-hmm. And he, he's the one that literally FDRs, you know, not him, but he got experts to do that. And they went down from the Midwest down to Oklahoma and Texas and taught people how to rotate their crops and not grow the same crops every year and all that. But he was... a little late for a lot of the farmers. Oh, gosh, yeah. And, of course, Oklahoma was sadder than any state because those poor people had grown wheat forever and ever and ever. And so Mm -hmm. many of them packed up and moved to California, and it was just... It was tragic. That's what the great is about. The Okies. Yeah. 
and the Grapes of Wrath, that wonderful movie, but I mean that wonderful book by John Steinberg. Mm-hmm. And when they got to California, the California people hated them. It's, it's so sad, you know, it's just, just really sad. But anyway, that's I was when I was listening to y'all talking about what grows where, that's that's one of the things I remember, and my daddy taught me all that. Yeah. yeah. Did a tobacco crop in Pennsylvania surprise you? It did. It really did. I thought that was a warmer. I think of Pennsylvania. I thought so too. Old in the winter time. Don't you? All right, let's see. Now, everything on the internet is true. Let me me verify this one. (laughs) You goofy girl. (laughs) Isn't it true? Let's see. Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Let's see. Um, And, Walden, you you were correct, and it is stem cells that the two – the uh, two pharmaceutical companies. Yes. I didn't realize they were doing work in stem cell, but I, I knew it couldn't be a drug-oriented thing. But you are absolutely on top of it. Web, WebMD yeah. has a posting on February 4th. Yeah, it's, it's made big news. So they, they want an agreement to merge their two patents together. So everybody will be working together on it. Yeah, so everybody, everybody who type 1 diabetes, hey... Good news this week, you know. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. I heard that too, and that is yeah. just it is. You know, I'm in the in that group. I know. Well, I th- you were I you were the first one I thought about, you know. Yeah. Well, you're so kind to do that. They were doing pancreatic cell transplants for a while, and it, it just they just didn't have the success that they thought they were going to have. That the the um, active cells, the ones that actually worked, would begin to take over the ones that had broken down. Because people with type 1 diabetes don't create any insulin at all. Their pancreas is just shut down. Right. So they thought with using uh, transplants, cell transplants, that they could create an environment where they would reproduce and replace the, the dead ones. And it just didn't happen. So this is fabulous. I mean, stem cell research is just... And so Larry was asking about type 2, and I said, well, I imagine once they work on type 1, that would probably be the next thing to try to figure out. You know, it's a different game. Type type 2 is a resistance to insulin. Type 2 creates insulin. They just can't use it. Ah. And that's the medication that you know, create an environment in the body that Got will allow it. them to use the insulin that they create themselves. Mm. So type 1 is you don't create anything. Type right. 2 is you can't use what you create. Really weird. Yeah. Okay, so I'm looking for tobacco, Pennsylvania, Wikipedia. <laughs> Isn't this fun? We're having so much fun tonight. <laughs> <laughs> tobacco. Look at that. The agriculture common to the South. They have a lot of that, including feed, fiber, food, and tobacco. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty universal, except for the tobacco. Yeah, it's a big tobacco state. How about that? I, uh, I'm totally amazed by that. I've, I've never heard that just blew me away. I thought, you know, that's a cold weather state. You get snow and ice there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was very, very cold this year. Really, really cold. Yeah. 
Well, I, I heard another, I heard another thing this, about last week, and I it didn't make it, I I never thought of it, but because the weather has been so warm, flu season has not really hit. Uh huh. And I and well, I got that's interesting. yeah, and I got because the flu the the cases of flu have been way down this year. And because of the warm yeah, water. That's right. Well, be, you, right. I had thought of that. Because of the warm water. And I, I didn't know that until I heard on the news that they, they had such a correlation about that uh, a week ago. And I thought, that's interesting. I mean, we all think about being cold and, you know, picking up mm-hmm. ammonia. But, right. But they right. never thought about the flu being a correlation with the weather. Never even recognize that they aren't reporting flu statistics. Yeah. Well, you are sharp. How do you find time to, to gather up all of this information? I figured I'm hanging with Patricia. i got to be on my tippy toes sometimes. <laughs> uh, you know, the other thing I think that's really working, despite some crazy people that don't like um, inoculations and things, but I think people are really, really, especially my age, we're very careful about our flu shots and our pneumonia shot, and I think that's every five years. And uh, don't you think that's changed a lot, too? That's interesting. I don't know about the age groups of people who are now smart enough to get flu shots. Mm-hmm. Well, is it because, I don't know. Is it because our... Our medical education base is just, you know, it's had another 50 years to study things so they're able to help us now. Like, yeah. for, for example, my 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 dad, dad my grandfather, and I, he died at age 44 in 1940. He had classic symptoms of a heart attack. And he went to the doctor, and they didn't know what oh. to do. So, I mean, yeah. from 1940 yeah. until... 2016, we have such a stronger base of education that, you know, if my dad said it, they could have saved his dad if they knew sure. what they were looking of for. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know. yeah. And just think, of, you all are so young, you don't remember, but when DeBakey and all of those people started um, heart transplant, yeah. studying the heart and everything, I mean, that study just took off and has saved so many lives. When did that start? In the 60s? I yeah. can't remember. I can't remember yeah. either. Um, I don't know where DeBakey was. Barnard was in South Africa. Do I have that one correct? Mm-hmm. And there was a famous doctor that really did it at um, M.D. Anderson in Houston, and I, I can't call his name right now, but he was one of the famous ones that started studying the heart, heart transplants, and just every, you know, everything to do with the study of hearts, and I, mm-hmm. that has been a, a real lifesaver. You're right, Walden, your yeah. grandfather could have lived a beautiful man. You guys know what, you guys remember Paul Winchell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. What Besides his career in show business, what else is he known for? He is known for, oh gosh, the cardiac, the artificial heart? Yes. Uh, no, the, 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 really? Yes. 
Can you imagine having two such career like that, being a an entertain an entertainer like that in the forties and everything? And a medical and invention. a medical. Wow. And I wanna see yeah. ahead, I'm sorry. And he said one it was interesting another person who was interested in the exact same thing who didn't pursue was Edgar Bogan. Edgar uh-huh. Berger had a strong interest in medicine. Yes. Hmm. So, really, really did. Yeah. In fact, Edgar uh, uh, wound up, he said, he, I went into an interview, he endowed a lot of scholarships for nurses, and he, he was, and he brought out the reason why I do that, I didn't see much of a uh, reason why I endowed a bunch of scholarships in the, in, in, in arts, I thought it'd be more helpful. Yeah, I, I wanted a career for a lot of people, and I thought to nursing... do something that would have a big impact. Yeah, yeah he no, thought it would have no. a bigger impact for it. Make he... a difference, yeah. yeah. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Well, I've been going through, as you know, part of the research work that I do is going through old newspapers. Right. <clears throat> and I think it was DeBakey's name I came across as we were going. And I looked at the picture. I said, this cannot be. And I read... I read the first paragraph. He sat back and lit a cigarette, and this cannot be. This cannot be. And I'm I'm sure it was DeBakey, not Barnard, <clears throat> whichever one it was. It was her horrible thing. But that well, now one of them. Tell me where they were because I cannot think of the name of the doctor at MD Anderson that did such in Houston that did so much work on the heart. Wasn't that uh, the Jarvis Hart? Remember there was the Jarvis Hart, I think, was in Houston. Houston yeah, right. had a big advancement in, in, in the early, early 80s, late 70s. Jarvis Pump. Jarvis okay. Pump, okay. Jarvis. Oh, okay. It's a, I thought it was Jarvis as well. Uh, oh, Jarvis. Okay. Houston. And that would be... Um, um, <laughs> hold on. Okay, it's interesting. I was listening it to- was Robert Jarvik. Ah. Oh, I've been known as the inventor of the first permanent total artificial heart. Okay, I, you know, I, you know, I collect a lot of these Ray Bream and Larry King interviews, and remember mm-hmm. in the news stories, you know, late 70s, with a lot of these guys who were on these things that would live, you know, maybe 30 days or 60 days, you know, they were... Right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, yeah. And I guess if you knew you were dying tomorrow... It probably would have been an option that a lot of people would take. But you know, uh-huh. if you think about it, personally. <laughs> but think you, so. you think about it in a way they help research. <laughs> they gave them mm-hmm. a they gave them a way to study it and see what they could do for the next generation. Yeah. And here I sit with a quadruple bypass and say, "No, I don't think I'm." Oh yeah, <laughs> and that is so uh, common now. You yeah. know, we don't even think so about it. There's for me. a lot of appreciation for it, but I, I remember when all that was going on, yeah. Well, I was just thinking, you know, look at George Burns. He had triple bypass when he was 80 and lived another 20 more years. And it was mm-hmm. basically the time when he did it in 74. I mean, that, that was, you know, that was definitely high risk surgery back in those days. Oh, so, yeah. yes. Very yes. Much. Yes. Yeah. Well, what did Jack Benny die of? Pancreatic cancer. 
pantry out of cancer. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Yeah. yeah. They discovered it there in Dallas, I think. Well, they knew he was sick, and they, I think they discovered and sent him home. Or it was some connection with Dallas or in Texas. I'll tell you what that was about. He yeah. used to, do you remember, he used to have Giselle McKenzie yeah. on his... I, I sure do, yep. And they used to do concerts, and she was with him when he was here in Dallas, and they sent him home. Right. Yeah. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. I just couldn't remember. I don't, I don't think, and I think in that day, I don't think they ever told Jack what, what he really had. Really? Yeah, really? I think. Yeah, I think Joan. I don't, and I, and I think, and I, I think Joan mentioned that. I, I think her mom really did, had no really clue uh, about it until the very end. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I remember so well. I think Joan's the one that walked downstairs to the reporters and made the announcement. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, I think she did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd just forgotten about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, well, we, it, some... we have made advances, and sometimes, <clears throat> you know, younger people just take everything for granted. And, and if I could say anything to young people, it is take nothing for granted because they don't realize all of the hardships people went through, like you're talking about. And, you know, farmers would just die out in the field of a heart attack, uh, you know, when yeah. they'd be working and all that. And I think I think kids don't know anything about that anymore. Well, I, I, I had a family, and I probably had more than one, that were killed. You know, you know, if, you get, if they turn one of those trucks or one of those vehicles, mm-hmm. they could roll right on top of them. It wasn't... Yeah, you know, I I've I'll, I've often yeah. said that farming it's it's probably the biggest gamble there is. It is. It really is and a big I will, gamble. I will tell you one thing that I remember my daddy telling me, because uh, <clears throat> he had relatives that had farms. Uh-huh. You know, when they turned the uh, all of the plants and the uh, you couldn't make cars anymore. All that had to so they suspended car making cars and all that mm-hmm. turned it into. Um, defense contracting, you know. Right. Their favorite people to hire were farmers. And you know why? No. Do you know why? No, I do not. Yeah, okay. If a farmer was out in the middle of a field, miles from home, and his tractor broke down, what did he have to know how to do? He had to fix his own vehicle. Yeah, yeah. And so they found out when they began to hire defense workers that these the the farmers were really gave them a lot of of help about how to do things and uh, how to put things into things and all that and you know of course they hired a lot of other people too but those were their farmers were sure. their favorite workers during World War II. Great stuff! Isn't that amazing? Great stuff! Yeah, great story. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, I will let you all go and let somebody Thank you, else Celeste. talk to you. It's been a great night, it's and I'm fun. giving you a great Patricia, because you weren't born when I was enjoying standing. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I want to finish the night with either a black or a white. 
my preference would be a white. <laughs> well, you haven't gotten a black yet, have you? I haven't heard that. No, I haven't had an all grays. I think that I out of personal consideration rather than you're appreciating the person rather than my work. And, I mean, it's like, like criticizing Stan Freeberg for having <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gee. What a oh, well, I love you both. Good oh, night. Good night, Celeste. Good night, Celeste. Right, Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 714 We're going to have a... What's your second wing tomorrow, Patricia? Um, you know, I really like chicken wings. So, if I buy a roasted chicken, uh-huh. that's the first thing I eat. Okay. There's a lot of meat on chicken wings. They are. Yeah. I really like chicken wings. Anyway, um, would you like to know about birthdays? Sure. 714-545-2071. So number you can give us a ring-ding-ding. A ring-a-ding-a-ding. Okay. Now pick up the phone and I'll give you the five birthdays I have. I have I have the phone picked up. It's in the okay. board. So go ahead. Hang on, caller. Hang on. Right. February 6th. It's still February 6th here. Okay. Ronald Reagan. Uh, the the Babe old Gipper. Ruth. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Babe, Babe Ruth. Yeah. Tom Brokaw. Ooh, I would love to have him on the show. Oh, gosh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Red Buttons. He just passed away. I'm, I'm so sorry. Red Buttons and Hank Aaron were the fifth. And on the sixth, Ronald Reagan, Babe Ruth, and Tom Brokaw. Ah. So we we got. And, when, and I saw this morning at Jacques Gabor and uh, somebody who we, we had on the station, Mamie Van Dorn. So there's a couple no more. Kidding. Yeah. Oh, I miss those. Okay. All right. Who's going to give me my lumps or my stars or my dots or something like that? Hello, caller. You're on there. I might hand out a lump to you. <laughs> really? Yeah. On the okay. uh, on the Joe Penner show. Oh. Yeah, Joe, Joe is uh, one of my favorite people. Oh, all right. Well, he was just recommended. I used to I know. It was recommended. I'm innocent. That's <laughs> I make okay. enough guilt for myself. But I can kind of understand, uh, you know, if you if you weren't quite on his wavelength, as that his comedy goes way back. It's, you know, he started. I think in the twenties on the. Vault. Who are we talking with? This is Mark. This is Mark, by the way. Oh, Mark. Yeah, Jim called in earlier and and had some questions. Yes, yes. And I have some answers to those. All right. I won't get started too much on Joe Penner if you don't want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, well, you can tell me about Joe Penner because I have to make a decision about him. <laughs> I mean, if he's another golden cow, I'm not. Well, it's a real shame that um, his radio legacy is so uh, decimated you know i mean there's only six or seven uh, episodes in the, that exist of his best show which was the baker's broadcast from 1933 to 1935 ozzy and harriet were his um, co-stars on that some of their very first radio work was on mm-hmm. the show mm. and i think there's one show that exists from that series that's on an aluminum disc and it's so scratchy you really have to be <laughs> dedicated Penner fan to stick with that one, but actually that's one of his the best of the of the old Baker's broadcast that I've heard because he had a way of doing really silly things, but he also could touch you 
in a funny sort of a way. He had kind mm-hmm. of a Charlie Chaplin-esque uh, style to him, you know. He uh, he had a lot of sympathy, I thought, in his character. But did he do uh, then, any when he, uh, or movies? What did you say? I'm sorry. Uh, did he do any television or movies? He he didn't. Unfortunately, he died in 1941, so he didn't live to do too much he television. Did not. But he, I don't know why I know his name. I don't think I've ever heard any of his radio shows. Uh, uh, if, if you heard maybe some of uh, Frank compilation on Rudy Valley, there's a lot. There's some wonderful features of yeah, because uh, Joe Penner. His very first radio work was on the Rudy Valley of Fleischman. So that's where you'd be familiar with it, probably yeah. Patricia. But he was in movies. Where he was on the radio. <laughs> uh, he he was in two real comedies for Vitaphone. He did several of them. His, his, the earliest one I've ever seen is called "Seeing Off Service," where he's <laughs> he's in charge of seeing people off on a, on boat voyages, and he has to <laughs> flowers and candy and things like that. They kind of reject his efforts because you know they think he's insincere or something. But he's paid to do it. You know that's his job in this in this yeah. two real comedy. But uh, you know he had a, a million different catchphrases, and uh, "Wanna Buy a Duck," of course, is the most famous one, which was written by a guy named. Uh, uh, Heinz, uh, Heinz Rubel, and uh, I knew his son, uh, Heinz's son, Mike Rubel. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Rubel's Castle up in Glendora. No. Uh, if if you, of course, you're in Florida, so <laughs> <laughs> you might be able to find the reference to it on the on the internet. But uh, it was a Mike Rubel built that castle stone by stone with Ooh. friends that would just donated labor. And it's a, a, a group that I belong uh, to that paints outdoors, used to visit that castle. Uh, we visited several times and painted the beautiful towers he put up and this old clockworks. And that's where I, I kind of stumbled into a room full of memorabilia that his mother had. And there in the display case was old Joe Penner stuff, you know, uh, banners from uh, stage shows Joe had been in. Mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. all this stuff here. And he says, oh, that my dad you know, used to write. Uh, for Joe Penner, and uh, his dad wrote all of Joe Penner's little songs that he sang on the show, and he, he like uh, when the when the Pussy Willow whispers to the catnip, that was one of those songs that Joe sang. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's a, a strong uh, vein of fantasy that goes through Joe's shows, only because you couldn't see what he did, so the words become very important. The words uh, are the comedy; they create. Uh, the pictures that are there. And uh, the character of of Goo Goo the Duck was a big star, uh, you know, in the early uh, Joe Penner days in the the Baker's broadcast period. But it's it's what a shame. Like, there's only seven shows that exist from that run. And all of them that I've heard, I've really enjoyed. It's when he started getting into sitcoms when he did the Park Avenue Penners. Because I think earlier you were trying to remember Park Avenue. Yeah, Yeah, I'm trying to remember... The t- tail end of that, right? Yeah, the yeah. Park Avenue Penners, where where he was uh, s- sort of the black sheep of the family. Matter, you know, he had that song where he says, "I'm just a little black sheep, ba ba ba. It's no wonder I'm blue, la da da da." Kind of goes on like that. But uh, you want me to love this? Anyway, I don't know. It's not a requirement, that's for sure. But uh, it's uh. Also, Joe's character is in cartoons quite a lot. And since I'm, I'm a big cartoon fan, grew up with cartoons, uh, there's he, a cartoon my... Did he my, voice any particular long-term character like Yogi Bear? I mean, that, not that he did Yogi Bear. That oh, was, of course, that was but, Carney, but as, as I'm sure you know, Yogi's whole character was, was Ed Norton from The Honeymooners. 
You knew that. I guess that, I guess that would be right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I never thought about it. Oh, yeah. Because, I never read about it. Because uh, Dawes was so good at doing impressions, you know, Dawes mm-hmm. Butler, that he could, he did a great uh, Art Carney as Ed Norton. And uh, he originally did it in uh, uh, some of the Tom and Jerry Cinemascope cartoons for theaters. And then later on when they did uh, television, I guess Joe Barbera remembered the voice and said, hey, that would make a great character, you know. <laughs> so they built the bear around the voice. But it was an impression. Did do any regular character um, voiceover work? He only did his own. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of funny uh, he never got to play in cartoon soundtracks that I know of. They always hired impressionists because his his voice was so distinctive that many people did great impressions of it. Both men and women could do could do copies of Joe's voice. So he lost out on a bonanza there, I think, because he, he never got called to do his own voice in cartoon soundtracks. Mm-hmm. The funny one where you know who was a great. Uh, impressionist of Joe was Jack Lascouli. Oh. You remember uh, Jack Lascouli from the old Today Show, I'm sure. Yeah. And Jack did a spot on Joe Penner. And there's a great Park Avenue Penner's called the old Joe Penner, where, <laughs> where the new Joe Penner, you know, the, the black sheep, meets the Baker's broadcast version <laughs> of Joe Penner. And Jack Lascouli's playing the old Joe Penner. And they, and they meet each other and they try each other's catchphrases out. <laughs> it is really a funny show. Uh. I love that one. So anyway, it's just a matter, I guess, of you know, like, like you don't, if you don't, uh, if you've only been exposed to what is it, Los Varoches, uh, the the first Stan Freeberg parody, right? You know, it was was what is, it was Sodom and Gomorrah kind of stuff, right? That's kind of <laughs> terrible. Yeah, well, I know it was terrible, but it's 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 his one of his first attempts at real serious. He was trying to do serious commentary and and make you laugh at the same time, and I don't know if he really brought it off or not. You know, so maybe that's not a, the best introduction to Stan's work. Yeah, and it but was I, only that episode, as I say. I I haven't even listened to the other ones. I'm almost oh, yeah. afraid to now. <laughs> well, I really like Stan's work a lot. Uh, I got to meet him uh, sort of. Uh, ad hoc several times. I, I'm in the Academy of, uh, of, of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, and we used to meet every year and screen short, short subjects, you know, for the short subjects. Uh-huh. And Stan would come to that, and, and he'd be in the back of the theater and making terrible remarks and comments about the films, you know, saying, oh, that's terrible. That's not funny. I've seen better stuff than, than that in, in, in Phil Silver's programs or something like that. He'd, he'd be making these really loud remarks and here we're trying to concentrate on the film, and he's just breaking everybody up with his, you know, with his commentary. Yeah. See, he was quite a caustic guy. And, what, yeah, he had he had some bite in some of his things. Oh yeah, he, he certainly did. He's funnier in person doing extemporaneous stuff, as he as he versus his recorded shows. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think you're probably right on that. Of course, my very favorite stand uh, is uh, Cecil, in the Beanie and Cecil uh, puppet shows. Really? That were done for he ACLA. Did too. Oh. He was a wonderful Cecil. He he created the whole part, you know. That was his voice and his mannerisms and everything went into that. He and Dawes Butler, Dawes played Beanie and and Stan played Cecil. Have you ever seen any of those shows, Patricia? No. Oh well, I, I you may give those up 
a black spot. I don't, I don't know. But uh, I, I really love those too. But again, well, Patricia, you know who was a big fan of of that TV show? Oh, that was um, Albert Einstein. Correct, Albert right. Einstein was a gigantic fan of that That's show. Amazing. That's amazing. That's story that Stan loved to tell. You know, where 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 they were meeting with Einstein in a oh. in a high level conference at uh, University of Southern California. And all of a sudden, he get up and says, "Excuse me, gentlemen, but it's time for Beanie." <laughs> it was time for him to go and watch the show. But again, with Beanie, uh, we can't see a lot of the shows, although a lot of them exist. The uh, the kinescopes, the Clampett family has them, but for some reason, they don't let them out. And it's a real shame. I hope that they're being preserved because the few that I've seen, and I've only seen a handful, I thought were quite charming. And they're primitive. You know, they're little hand puppets Mm -hmm. cavorting on, you know, fuzzy quality kinescopes from 1949, (laughs) from the early days of live Los Angeles TV. But there's a certain charm to them, sort of like Joe Penner. It's sort of an acquired taste. It goes along with the early days of broadcasting. And uh, I don't know. It's just something that I'm I'm on that wavelength. I really love antiquities, and I love watching these old things. I love old things. Okay, I'm gonna have to look up Beanie. Yeah, look up Beanie. I'm sure there's there's all kinds of stuff. There's probably on YouTube. There's probably on YouTube. Sure. YouTube is the Wikipedia of the visual. <laughs> <laughs> and everything on it is true, correct? <laughs> and everything on it is true. Yes. And it's taken out of context. <laughs> Oh, I have something to say about Hal Roach uh, on radio too. You were you were talking yeah. about that a little while ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Hatley, T. Marvin Hatley, who was a composer for uh, you know the soundtracks right. for Hal Roach movies. He wrote the score for Way Out West, which was mm-hmm. a a Laurel and Hardy a feature. Right. Uh, used to work on the lot at their their little radio show, their their little radio station, and they broadcast uh, a full day of radio programs. Out of the, I don't know if it was low wattage or high wattage or what it was. And as far as I know, there's no existing recordings of those shows. since These go back to the 20s. But uh, that's where he composed the Cuckoo song for Laurel and Hardy. You know, that was the time signal for the Hal Roach uh, radio uh, station. <laughs> and, uh, and Stan Laurel heard that tune and said, hey, that would be a great theme song for us. You because know, uh, uh, T. Marvin Hatley called it Cuckoo. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was adapted uh, for uh, Lauren Hardy's theme. Oh, and also um, Spanky McFarlane uh, mm-hmm. and some of the Our Gang kids were on a program called Carlton Myers Kindergarten. Oh, uh, of course. Remember that show, Walden? Yep, and that's where Fermi and Molly, they, they had a run on that show. Oh, yeah. I see, I, I haven't heard the ones with Fibber, but I, I, I've heard the one with Spanky. Oh, and he's really himself on that. He's a, you know, a, a little uh, interrupter. <laughs> right, right, right. He may have been on um, some other things too. I don't know. I don't know if Lux ever did General Spanky or nope. the on, the only uh, our gang feature. Nope, never did. Okay. That's why I always scratched my head that we such a popular vehicle they would have done something like that. But uh-huh. I. And uh, you know, I haven't stuck the kid, the kids' names in Golden Hendek. That might give us a clue, whatever appearances they might have made. But you know, it's just uh, I would have thought we would have. To me, it's been a, a, an interesting trial to 
take the old rascals and done a series. Sure. Yeah. So I don't know if you're interested in hearing a little bit of a of an old uh, Joe Penner script. I am. But I have one here. All right, go right ahead. It, this is a show that doesn't exist on 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 disc or tape. Okay. As far as okay. I know. okay. And it's, it's, when you uh, tell me your show doesn't exist, I yeah, think, Joe is on really? uh, is is uh, on a trial. He's in a courtroom situation, and his duck, I think, is on trial. Gugu is on trial <laughs> for something. But anyway, I can I can read a little bit of it. You can stop me if you get too disgusted or want to give me a black spot. <laughs> anyway, um, there's a character in the show called Dick. I've forgotten his last name. But anyway, Dick says, this is the courtroom. Hear ye, hear ye, the court is about to begin. His honor, the judge. And Joe says, hi, you judge. And Dick says, shut up. First case, Joseph Peter Piper Penner versus the landlord. Mr. Penner, stand and take the oath. Take the oath? <laughs> Oh, that's so silly. And Dick says, what's silly about it? Oath is for horses. <laughs> and Dick says, repeat this after me. I hereby promise in the presence of the judge and in the presence of the jury that I will deliver my testimony to the best of my ability. I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me. I promise. And then Joe says, boy, what a race. <laughs> and then Dick says, order, order. And Joe says, order? Sure. One plate of soup, one hamburger, Two orders of French fried potatoes. <laughs> Make a chicken soup. No, and Dick says, no noise, no noise. And Joe says, okay, cut out the soup. And then Dick says, I am the attorney for the plaintiff. Mr. Penner, take the stand. And Joe says, where do you want me to take it? And Dick says, leave it there. Mr. Penner, do you own a duck? Yeah, her name is Goo Goo, the light of my life. And Dick says, well, my client claims your duck keeps him awake all night with the strangest sounds that ever came from beast or fowl. And Joe says, well, you see, when she comes home late, I, I, I lock her out, and she cries. And Dick says, whoever saw a duck cry? And Joe says, for heaven's sakes, don't you ever, didn't you ever see a foul ball? <laughs> and Dick says, oh, a wise guy, eh? And Joe says, don't let my face and manners fool you. I got brains. And Dick says, your honor, I object. And Monk, I guess he's, he must be the, the judge. To what, his manners, his brains, or his face? Dick says, to all of them. And Joe says, hey, wait a minute. I object. I object. And Dick says, what do you object to? I object to that guy sitting over there. I, I guess he must be a dangerous criminal or something. He looks like King Kong. And Dick says, yeah? Well, he happens to be the foreman of the jury. And Joe says, <laughs> he, he had that funny little cry he yeah. did. And then Dick says, your honor, the plaintiff rests. And Joe says, I think I'll take a nap, too. And Monk says, don't forget what I told you. When I say your honor, would you want a thing like this to happen to your son? And then Joe says, I say, oh, heaven forbid, I know. And then Monk says, don't forget. Your honor, gentlemen of the jury, my client sits there with his fate in your hands. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's what Joe says. Have you ever in all your life seen anything like him? And, and Dick says, not since the circus left town. <laughs> and the, the audience ch uh, cheers, and Joe goes, <laughs> And Monk says, Mr. Penner, you love your duck, don't you? Is that so? Tell the jury how much you love your duck. Is that so? Gentlemen of the jury, is that so? Keep quiet. Would you want a thing like this? Oh, heaven forbid. Not yet, not yet. Would you want a thing like this, a love like this, to go unrewarded? No, no. And Joe says, a thousand times no. Monk says, shut up. 
Gentlemen, when I think of this poor man, my heart bleeds. My breast is racked with pain. And Joe says, oh, dearie me. And Monk says, gentlemen, would you want a thing like this? Oh, heaven for... And the monk says, not yet, not yet. Look at this man, gentlemen. You have heard of the face that launched a thousand ships? And Joe says, yeah. And Monk says, well, here's the one that sank them. And Joe says, I'm glaring at you. And Monk says, and so in conclusion, I again beg you, consider this poor innocent boy. Your honor, your honor, this boy's father might be a man just like you. And Joe says, oh, heaven forbid. And Dick says, what? And he says, cheers, order, order. And Joe says, did I say something wrong? And Monk says, I'll say you did. Oh, dear. Silence. The verdict of the court is that the defendant, Mr. Joseph Peter Piper, penters to have his duck taken away from him. And Joe says, oh, you you going to take Goo away from me? Oh, oh, please don't, Mr. Judge. She's not a bad duck. I know she's not what she's quacked up to be, but don't take her away. And Monk says, bear up, Mr. Penner. And Joe says, I can't. I remember when I first found her. I looked up an alley, and there she was. And that's what surprised me, because she comes from such a nice family. Oh, dear, is there no justice? What floor are we on? And Monk says, the fifth floor. Do you want to jump out the window? And Joe says, no, I'm going upstairs. And Monk says, what for? I want to be tried in a higher court. And then Dick says, the case is finished. Give me that duck. Come here, duck. And the duck goes, and Joe says, oh, judge, please don't take her. I promise I won't let her disturb anybody. Oh, dear. How would you like to be taken away from home when you were a kid, a little kid? Remember? <laughs> and Dick says, uh, I remember. And Monk says, I remember. And Harry, Harry out of Ozzy and Harry says, I remember too. And the band says, we all remember. And then Dick says, the only thing I can say is case dismissed. And Joe says, case dismissed? Then I can keep Gugu? And Dick says, yes. And Joe says, hooray. Oh, come here, Gugu. And the duck, Oh, thanks. Thanks, everybody. I'll never let her get out of my sight again. Nothing will ever get you away from me, Gugu. Never, never, never. And Monk says, never? And Joe says, never. Monk says, well, goodbye and congratulations. Wait, there's one thing i got to ask you before we go, mister. And Monk says, what is it? You want to buy a duck? <laughs> so that's oh, that un- that's so show bad. that doesn't exist. You did a great job, Mark, pulling that one off. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, it's just I've heard so many of those shows, I can kind of remember a little bit about how the characters the sound. Pattern, yeah, yeah. But it's really, you know, it was Joe's delivery that really put it over. I couldn't match what he did, but he just had this certain funniness about him, strange little cries he did and laughs. and Like, he, he always goes, is that so? Which I think... um. Uh, Luke Costello uh, appropriated kind of. Oh, okay. Kind of, he say, "Is that so?" A lot too. Well, I was thinking of Ed Wynn. Oh, maybe Ed Wynn did. You know, that. you know, that's what I was thinking. But a lot of people copied some of his mannerisms, and uh, little bits of his comedy pop up now and then. Even today, every once in a while, I hear an old joke. They say, "Hey, Joe Penner did that one." So anyway, I don't know if I've convinced Patricia that he was all that fabulously great, but uh, I, I think I'd better handle him with kid gloves. But uh, there's a few of them oh, that still like good. it, I guess. You know, the script did sound good. <laughs> I'm, I'm really quite serious about that. That is not normally my type of humor. <laughs> I think, in, I think in, no, seriously, I keep saying.
saying seriously. Seriously that about is, humor. That is one way to undermine yourself in a police interview is Oops. to say, I swear to God, seriously, and to tell the truth. Or, 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 or you forgot the fourth one. And that is? Let me be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, seriously. <laughs> oh, now, now, in your Dropbox, uh, Patricia, I sent you, uh, I resent you the list of credits. Oh, great. To Thank Winnie you. the Pooh records. Did you just do that tonight? Yeah, I just did it a few minutes ago. Okay. I'm, and the, I'm the musician, computer, a guy so named I'll... Norman Lydon, he did the musical score for the... Okay, for the... okay. well, Jim will be very happy yeah, to hear that. Happy to hear that. Yeah, Jim was very deep tonight with his uh, uh, review of his book uh, that he read uh, of Winston Churchill. About Winston Churchill, yeah. yeah. It's a very interesting review. So he we sort of from, from the sublime to the ridiculous. Yeah, well, he, 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 <laughs> or the ridiculous to the sublime. Um, the, the synopsis was so tight with information, and it was short enough that you retained everything that he said. It was really good. Mm -hmm. Very good. Jim, you get high fives all over the place for tonight. Certainly now, must. Did you hear but... the awful show last night? Did I what? Did you hear the awful show last night? I must have missed it. <gasps> oh, thank Which, goodness. I, I heard a little fragment of the show last night. I didn't listen for very long. Well, Patricia, you mean on Yesterday USA? Yeah, Patricia harpooned Stan Freeberg's very first show. Oh, see, I, I, well, I heard that you didn't like it, but I didn't hear any, any real details of your analysis of it. That was the Los Baroches yes. show, yeah. Patricia did a four. I'd be happy to read it. Yeah, she, she did a four-minute commentary. So everybody, let's hear what Patricia read. No, well, Larry snipped some of it. I'd like to hear it. So it's yeah. probably down to three and three-quarter minutes. Well, Patricia, go ahead. Oh, I have to get it out. Uh huh. Wait. Okay, you you two can just keep talking. And okay? any inf information on Tom Sawyer, Mark? I didn't think you. Oh, alas and alack. Okay. <laughs> I, I have that record. <laughs> But there's a lot of books that are out on children's records, you know, the golden age of children's records right mm -hmm. after World War II. And that, that book may have those credits. Okay. So that, that got thinking that might be somewhere, might be if somebody would Google, it probably up there too somewhere. Already, right. There's a wonderful book. I've forgotten the name of it, uh, but it's, it, ha it not only gives all the credits and the release numbers and the record numbers of all those old children's records, but there's a you know little color photographs of what the uh, you know the front covers of all the records oh, yeah. like, and it's a beautiful book. But uh, that's an excellent reference. I d it's probably duplicated on on the net, but very nice stuff. Okay, I'll give right. you the salient points only. Okay. Oh, no, no. Do the full four-minute commentary, Patricia. Go ahead. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. If Mike, uh, if Mike no. can read a script, you can do your four-minute commentary. <laughs> you, certainly, you certainly should. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, well, after I introduced myself, says my tale. A couple of months ago, I went way out on a short limb and took a poke at an episode of Richard Diamond. Not the program, mind you, just one episode, but that didn't matter. Richard has a lot of groupies, 
and some of them actually loved the episode that hurt my ears. Well, here I am on another short limb. I've chosen an episode of the Stan Freeberg Show. To put this in perspective, when I told Walden Hughes I was going to add Stan Freeberg to my awful show collection, he said, uh-oh, for our Stan Freeberg fans, and there are many, I say Stan Freeberg was the funniest and most creative ad man in history. Not one of the funniest, he was the funniest, and of course this is my opinion. He did it with an irreverent approach and sometimes manipulation of other commercials, such as the one that claimed nine out of ten doctors preferred Chung King. The camera then panned to the ten doctors, and nine were Asian and one was Caucasian. I think that was brilliant. Another played on people's fears in the campaign he created for Pacific Airlines. It, it was a survival kit for each passenger. It had a security blanket, a rabbit's foot, and a fortune cookie that promised it could be worse. When the plane landed, the flight crew exclaimed, we made it, how about that? However, out of each genius, a little flop must fall. I think the Stan Freeberg show is it. It had a short run, 15 episodes from July to October 1957, and I picked number one. This episode is a collection of disjointed bits, soupy sales silliness, sprinkles of strained humor, and noise. Just noise. But as always, you have to decide if an episode of anything belongs in the awful show collection. And there we went to the July 14, 1957 episode of the Stan Freeberg Show. So now... We have, hold on, let me do this correctly. I got one button unhappy on my computer. There we go. That was the July 14th, 1957 episode that Mark missed. If you thought you recognized the voice at the beginning claiming to be Stan Freeberg and the characters in other places, you did. It was Dog Butler, who was the voice of cartoon characters Yogi Bear, Huckleberry Hound, Quick Draw McGraw, and others. The Stan Freeberg show may have suffered from too much of a good thing. It was crammed with too many synths, too many voices, too much confusion. It was like a 1957 show talking about a 1960 election. I didn't get it. So that's the end. You have to let me know. Drop me an email. That's the entire review. But the, the, you didn't mention the the skit that was the, the took up most of that program, right? No. The, the Los Verochis, because noise, I guess the beginning, as I recall, what was was rather busy in which Stan and Dawes were were talking about all of Stan's characters and and various personalities mm -hmm. of things he'd done. So there were a lot of little short bits there, and that might have confused you if you weren't used to some of Stan's uh, satires. And I think they even did a, didn't they do a little clip from St. George and the Dragonette and, and things, you know, because he started out doing uh, comedy on records, uh, you know, satires of Dragonet and mm -hmm. that, I think before he did his radio program. I don't and, know where uh, that fit in. What I did read was that mm -hmm. it, it was the one on American history, Walden, Time Magazine said, printed, it was the funniest album ever produced. 
And that's the one that gives me hives. I know. You're not a fan of the United States of America. That's the United States of America Part 1. I know. Patricia, get... Yeah, I break, know. I, I, get, I, I get antsy or his comedy in those yeah. is what we used to call anachronisms. I know it. Or taking <laughs> modern uh, ideas and putting them in the context of the, you know 1776 and so forth. Uh, I think anytime you mess with the Pledge of Allegiance or American history and Betsy Ross, uh-huh. you're in my raw territory. Ah. Uh huh. Yeah, what what was that one? It, like shoot if you must this old gray head or something like that. Yeah. June Frey says, you yeah. know, don't don't do that or something. Yeah. Frey d- does a Marjorie Main kind of character. Right. Saying don't shoot or I've I've forgotten how that how that bit went, but that's kind of an example of an of an anachronism. And I remember when the the second uh, you know history of the United States album came out, mm-hmm. and I talked to June about it. And she said, well, <laughs> she didn't admire the writing in it very much. She thought it was it, it was anachronisms only and not enough satire. Because uh, Stan Freeberg was known for his satirism, you know. Right. Uh, and, uh, like, for instance, um, the skit with uh, uh, where Columbus discovers uh, America, things like that. I mean, that's that's loaded with that kind of humor. Sure. You know, like... Uh, pass me the glass. Yep. No, that one. That yep. one. Yep. <laughs> Where they yep. Start drinking. Things like that. Yep. And uh, I think that's the kind of humor that that uh, Patricia maybe doesn't care for, and June Foray didn't care for. <laughs> she thought it well, I'm in good enough company. enough bite to it, you know. I'm in good company. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think you are. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, uh, it, I heard Soupy Sales. Things, I used to, is I used he to on teach. your bad list too? Is what on my dad list? Soupy Sales. Soupy Sales. Your bad show list, too. Of course, he's television. No, I thought he was really funny. Oh, good. I'm glad you like because he's another one of my favorites. He right. heard a lot from Joe Penner. He, he did all of Joe Penner's old jokes, but he hmm. did it in okay, a more I'm modern context. I was on Joe Penner. I was just sent. I, I was, he was recommended to me tonight. So I'm not picking on Joe Penner because I never heard his show. Oh, I can't. Since I, I never heard him oh, in a show. I thought months ago I heard you say Joe Penner belonged in the in the bad company. Oh no. Maybe I was mistaken about that. When when I declare something as unsacred, I remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you said that, Patricia. I'm sorry. No, I didn't. I I haven't listened to it, but. Um, and they're hard to listen to. If you know if because I of the audio Joe quality. Penner, I, and there's only well, seven good. shows that you, exist. You're one step ahead of me because if I pick Joe Penner, I automatically give myself a black spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I guess I'll, for the first San Freeberg show, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll give you a gray spot. Because I kind of agree really? with you and kind of don't. Ah. So I'll give you a gray spot on that one. Okay, boy, you know, I, I need a bath after tonight. <laughs> but, <laughs> so I'd like to give you a white spot, but there are aspects of that show that I kind of like, I kind of appreciate. Well, you know, gray is a lot better than black. Okay, yeah. I mean, you, I haven't, been, you haven't been whipped quite as much. <laughs> I guess black would be the ultimate uh, thumbs down. Yeah, it is. It is. That's, but, uh, that's a shame on you. Go stand in the corner. <laughs> well, you mentioned Richard Diamond. Mm. Wasn't uh, the, wasn't that Blake Edwards? Yep, sure was. That wrote that show? Mm-hmm. Sure was. 
And he's quite a revered uh, writer of comedy now. I, I know, but Patricia Indeed. didn't like it. But, you know, it, again, it was not the program. I, and I usually repeat this each uh-huh. Friday or for every recording for Friday, that it's not the program I'm lampooning. It's a particular episode. Ah. And I thought this particular episode of Richard Diamond did not – just didn't make it. He sang for the first six minutes of a show. I got to tell you, I don't care who you're listening to. Six minutes is a lot of singing. Even if it's Dick Powell. Even if it's Dick Powell, when you click on it and expect a detective story. That's a str- that must have been an unusual episode, Patricia, because usually he wound up the shows with a song. That's exactly right. Well, yeah. it was one of these screwy things where it was a parody on a bunch of detective shows. And uh, Dragnet was one of them, uh, Pat Reagan. Uh, not Pat Reagan, um, and not Pat Novak, Jeff Reagan. Yeah. Jeff Reagan yeah. was another one, and they, they just kept playing off this stuff. And it got so corny after a while, and with <laughs> all the singing at the beginning and the end, I thought, you know, somebody dropped the ball on this one. <laughs> and when, when I did it, a couple of people called and said, this is my favorite episode. <laughs> so, well. No, you're so kind of intriguing me there because it, was he actually kind of doing a takeoff on Jeffrey? Yeah. No, he he wasn't doing a takeoff, but there were the show. character actors in the in the show who did takeoffs on those individuals. It's November five. The one that Patricia doesn't like, November five, nineteen forty nine. Wow, was one of them Ben Alexander? Nope. No, because I because he used to work with uh, with uh, with Jack, Jack Webb, Webb. Some of the early yeah, sure did. How interesting. Sure did. Well, I have to look. Give me the date again, Walden, please. No, November five, nineteen forty nine. Very good. Well, I ought to look that show up you, and uh, see if I can see see what I think of. Sure. That would be. If I good. give it a black star or a black. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Anyway, you guys, thanks for putting up with all my nonsense. Well, thank you, Mark, for everything. Yeah. And we'll talk to you soon. And don't worry about those black spots, Patricia. I think we got to call her back. I, yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, Mark. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Yep. All right, everybody. Let me call Patricia back. Okay, she's sick of Jaws Professional Patricia Pro Tab Patricia from FL Home O Tab Skype Trademark Cat Tab Star Stars Tab Star Stars O Tab Patricia Pro Tab Skype Trademark Left Tab Online Tab Walden Tab Search at Active Favorite Martin at Clue John Gap Patricia from F Application Send Desk and Right to Enter Leaving Menus Patricia from F Unloading Jaw Cans OK Enter Yeah. I wasn't watching my minutes. I, I was, but I was I thought maybe we sneak in, but he disappeared. I disappeared. So which one of our gang suggested Joe Penner tonight? Well that was Mark, uh who who did that. No, the who suggested I Jim at... Jim, uh, Jim Taylor. It was Jim, okay. Yeah. Hi. Hello, you're on air. Hey, I just made it right under the wire. You made it. Patricia, who's this now? That's Paul. This is Patricia, and that is Walden, <laughs> and we are going to pick on Patricia tonight. No, and this is uh, Paul. 
I won't. Working out that way. Yeah. Right, so, so, so there's something new that you uh, put out there, huh? Yeah. She yeah. she took on Stan Freeberg, and so far I think she's been very fortunate. I think everybody's being nice to me. <laughs> Is it because the family loves you? That why you think you got a clean slate, or what? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think oh, so. Yeah. Oh, it I was can't. A, an it was one of the awful shows that played last night. Stan Freeberg. Okay. Is, it was a Stan Freeberg show, and he is highly regarded among old-time radio fans. So I picked an episode that I thought was pretty bad and then braced myself <laughs> for, for, right. for a real well, lashing tonight. I can't put, uh, you know, I hear his name all the time, and I know I've listened to him, mm -hmm. but I can't put uh, anything to his name and, and um, notice or tell you what, what he's about. He's was he on a specific show all the time. He had his own show. He's mostly known for comedy records. Mm -hmm. If you ever heard a parody on Dragnet, like you know, uh, whether Swing the Dragon or uh, the the Hunt for Little Red, uh, Little Let's see, Little Oh gosh, what the Paul the three little bears what little, little Miss Little Red Riding Hood. He did those parodies and those things took off for him. Okay. And uh you know, I, I, I think uh his parody on Harry Belafonte were you know, remember memorable things you know, like that. Look Harry Belafonte in the background. He had a couple of other singers who must have lampooned as well. Oh, he Johnny Ray. I don't think Johnny. I don't think Johnny Ray ever forgave him. I think I think his classic though, probably his very best thing that he ever did, is uh the satire on advertisement for Christmas. You know, the twelve days where he lampooned the whole advertising community during the Christmas okay. season. Okay, I heard you saying that earlier. Yeah. And that's really interesting because he was such an in-demand ad person. I don't know if he worked for a particular agency. He was, you know, he was, he was, all, he was free. Spectacular. He, he was a, he was his own boss. And so they came to so him. he sold himself. That's right. How about that? He was that's his own boss and basically, uh, people, advertisers came to him. Wow. Wanted to get on his list of, of being made fun of, huh? Well, he had results, and he felt that uh, the straight hard sell comedy things was just not going to work. And by the '60s, he felt what people would remember is some of a, a story or some comedy routine to advertise a product. And he felt that you had to be likable or rememberable rather than the hard sale or the repeat the just repeating the same thing over mm -hmm. and over and over. And so he had he was the first one to really come up with that angle, and it was a blockbuster idea for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, uh, Patricia. Mm -hmm. Go to Internet Movie Database. 
Yeah. Okay, go and put in gun smoke. Yeah. You get a whole list of, uh, you know, different years and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, pick the one that says 1955. Get inside. It should say uh, 1955 to 1975. That'll let me know you're in the right one. Um, she is. Hold on. You all want season 1955. Okay. Okay. Matt gets it. Is the first in 1955. But uh, once you got inside, it says uh, 1955 to 1975. Oh, that that was on the original page, yeah. Right, okay. Go into the photos and go to 19 of 88. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how I'm navigating this. Oh, so I just uh, pick on the big photo it shows and then just slide left or right. Why, why am I doing this? Because you're going to find a photograph in there that doesn't belong. Oh. All right. <laughs> well, it, it's not... Uh, I've got 88 pictures that come up. Right. Can you just pick on one of them? Like, the, yeah. when, like when you first got into it, you see a big photograph, and then if you just sat there, they would scroll by slowly. Just pick on one no, and see what number it shows. They're not doing that. I've got them paneled out on two pages. Two pages, huh? Well, okay, my, I'm on my phone. Well, I what, what, am I, what am I supposed to be looking for? Tell me what you found. 19, 19 of 88. Number 19 ni- of 88. Ni- number 19. Of 1988? Yeah, the 19th picture of the 88 collection. Of the 88 photo pictures. So, I'm having an awful time here. Um, Tell me... You're going to see a photograph of Michael Douglas and a bunch of Maasai warriors from Africa from the movie The Ghost and the Darkness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that happens every once in a while up here. Okay, and, and then in another year, in the, if you picked uh, 1955 Gunsmoke, smoke, it also shows another photograph from that same movie, The Ghost in the Darkness, and this time it'll show Val Kilmer mm-hmm. at a train station and some director, I'm, I'm guessing, that's uh, showing him, you know, something with his hands. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that, I thought it was pretty funny. It was uh, one one time I was listening to uh, some program, and uh, uh, I think it was a guy who was at um, oh, what's that show that Larry Orjohn is the president of? Um, Spurback. Yep. Yeah, somebody was talking. Uh, Spurback. Spiritback presents, I believe. Yes. And he was uh, saying, to, you know, look in Gunsmoke and in these years and you'll see so-and-so. And mm-hmm. so that's when I was going through there looking for the guy. And I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and and found the Ghost in the Darkness, which was funny and made me wonder why uh, it even shows up in two different uh, years, two separate places. I just thought it was interesting. You get a, a blooper! Yeah, I actually, uh, on the first one I found with the Val Kilmer, I even mm-hmm. went I went through to um, tell, the, tell them about the mistake. And uh, apparently they haven't corrected it yet, if they're even going to correct it. But you know that if you look at the Messiah sure. Warrior, if you look at the Messiah Warrior one, you know, they just don't have African warriors in Gunsmoke. No. Maybe it's a new episode. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> did you guys ever see that movie? I did not. Trisha? Nope. You watch you that. You're always safe unless otherwise <laughs> specified. You are always safe in believing I have never seen that movie. Whatever one you mention, I will say no, I haven't Patricia seen it. Patricia don't. Not a but, but Patricia has not seen any movies in a lifetime. It, it's a new experience for <laughs> Very few. Very few. <laughs> so, if you want to see a movie, what are your choices of. of yeah, what have you seen, Patricia? Let, let's, let's point it out. Who people say, have you ever seen that movie? You might as well point out the, that the two that you've seen, Patricia. What two movies you've seen in your lifetime? And they're, they're on television. It was Vincent Price and the West Museum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think you're going to find this one on television. I truly do not go to the movies. Ever. Well, right, but if you wanted to rent one right now, you know, it's, can you go to Amazon or somewhere? You don't have Netflix. Uh, I, I wouldn't rent one. I just wouldn't do it. Wow. You should really have something against them, huh? No, I, I can't sit through them, Paul. I have to get up and move around. I sit down. I get up. I move around. I sit down. That's no way to watch a movie. And most of them and this is a guess on my part, based on the trailers I have seen and the ads for others, they would be, even if I could sit still for them, I wouldn't choose to watch them. Interesting. I'm so negative tonight. What is wrong with me, Walden? No, I just, I, everybody, just, everybody gets to know a little more about Patricia. I mean, I've known all about it. I mean, now she loves Charlie Chan. Now that... I, Charlie Chan. Charlie Chan is her movie. Charlie Chan Chan is her movie. Thin Man. I would rent a Thin Man. Yes. You're right. Those are the movies that she loves. Yeah. My threshold is the end of black and white. Yeah. She she likes black. She Mm -hmm. likes black and white and a lot of the early detectives. That sort of is her thing. Oh, yes. Oh, I love Charlie Chan. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And I watched a whole bunch of them on archive.org. Oh, so you go to archive.org and you watch stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got movies up there. Right, and they're free. And television shows. And even The Grateful Dead. <laughs> yeah. They do. I never listen to The Grateful Dead, but that's one that they feature on their homepage. Or they used to that that seemed like an oxymoron statement. The Grateful Dead and the Thin Man, all in one... <laughs> Sentence, no, huh? I never listened to I know. Grateful Dead. It's just one that they feature and have featured almost forever. I haven't checked their new homepage. They have switched over to, I guess it's a beta system, 
and it's terrible. I hate it. I just hate it. You have to go to two different pages, and you can't read through a really nice list like they used to have. You, you could go to a master page with the name of every show, every old-time radio show they had in their archives. You click on it. You get to a page. And it would say, you know, we've got episode 98 through 100. You click on that, and there's a list of programs to click on. That's all you had to do was read the programs and click on them. Now they've got a separate section where you have to – they're in two columns, and you have to choose an MP3. And if you want to download them, you have to go to another page, and you have to – oh, I hope they're listening. I've contributed. You've contributed. Mm-hmm. That should that should work for me when I say this is awful, huh? Yeah. Well, that the, the way you explain I mean, it does sound awful. God, it's been like five dollars or ten dollars a couple of times, but every little bit helps. So you do have to pay sometimes. No, no, no. No, this is nonprofit, and um, they just ask on their web pages if you can. Would you, oh, okay. Would you consider making a donation to help us right. get going? Right. So when you watch Charlie Chan, are you walking around the room? Um, probably not because they're very short films. Yeah, you're saying you have a short attention span? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. The Ghost in the Darkness is about a true story. Um, it's about a, a young engineer who Val Kilmer plays a part of, who's sent to um, finish building this bridge across a river for the railroad. Mm-hmm. It was, and uh, there's you know like thousands of looked like thousands of workers and <clears throat> were around there about anyway, and and they were getting killed by lions. Well, they thought it was one lion, and then they found out it was two lions, and these lions were just killing for fun, uh, you know, for the sake of killing, which is unusual. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, it's about him trying to take out these lions because uh, these workers are threatening to leave, you know, scared to work, and at one point they do leave. And uh, so, anyway... I would imagine that you would enjoy it, but I don't know now. Now, let me just say goodnight to my girls for a sec, okay? Sure. Mm-hmm. This is Yesterday USA. I'm Wong Hughes. That Patricia. There's Paul. <laughs> <knows me> tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be I'm getting. One, we'll be getting to. I'm, a, I'm the one with with the squeaky voice, and I and uh, I never shut up tonight. What kind of squeaky voice do you have? I have kind of a high voice, and I didn't realize how high it was until I started listening to... Okay, I'm back. I don't think you have a really high voice. Really? Well, that's good. You have a very well-rounded voice. Yeah, it's got a lot of curves in it. Yeah. Very good, Paul. See, that got the curves. I have a lot of what in it? Curves. Yeah. Well, it was you know putting a little bit of female aspect in there for you, so if you could you know make but, light your voice. 
little bit. But see, you, you, you have a nice range, Patricia. You're very, you have a nice, you have one of the better voices on the station. Oh, well, then. You do. You really do. You really who has, do. Who has a great voice? Kim. When she introduces the show, she is just so much fun to listen to. But she, oh. she doesn't like how she sounds on the radio. Well, I think most people do not I like hearing their own voices. I think you're right, Paul. I think most of us, I mean, I, I don't like, you know, I've never, I don't consider myself a, vo- a radio voice. I'm mostly sort of a, a good producer, you know, stuff like that. I don't have the, the voice per se, but, you know, just, I'm just who I am, who. You know, now see, Larry has a wonderful radio voice. Yeah. I think. Um, and Dennis Daly? Yep. Dennis, De- Dennis De- has a great voice. Of course, Nolan Kenner, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, those Bill guys. Bragg. Those guys have Ken the voice. Goff. And Ken, Ken Goss? Yeah. On, on Theater of the Mind and Bob 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 Wines has a good voice, really a good voice, I think, for, mm-hmm. for radio. We've got a really wonderful collection of voices. Yes. Yes, see. But see, I, I, I'm not on the station for my voice. I'm on here for my sparkling personality. Yeah, my for brain. Brain, kid. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that's that's for sure. You, you, you know. and uh, the Gassmans. Well, yeah. Then there, then there's a uh, Jim from um, Pittsburgh. Yep, Pittsburgh, PCA. Mm-hmm. Just all, all of you blind guys just blow me away with your memories. I know the blind guys are the blind guys rule the station, don't they? Practically, you know. Yeah, they do. Practically. Not practically. <laughs> You do. You do, and you know I just keep hearing more and more people that are listeners that when they call in that at some point I find out that they're blind too. How how many blind people do you think I have? Would uh, at least call in. That at least call in. How many blind people are there that you can maybe just put a number to? Fifteen, twenty. More than fifty percent over. Over the years, more than fifty percent of our callers have been blind. Boy, I don't know. I I, I think it's I, I I would say uh, I would say it's, it's under ten. <gasps> oh no. Yeah, I think so. It's, it, 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 yeah, I bet you pull out the list. I think you. I think it'd be under the ten. Okay. I'll do that tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna do that oh. while you're watching the Super Bowl and eating your buffalo wings, right? Eating my eating no not buffalo wings I think those are hot I don't do hot very well. Okay. So, then this is what I think of I think um, about how you guys have to use your memory so much um, that they probably are sharper. And then and then as I think of that further and I think oh you know what. Probably not that many, maybe you can correct me, but probably not that many ever uh, went into using drugs or, you know, smoking dope. Well, I... Uh, I anything I, like that. I, I think, in my case, my concentration level jumped. When I had my sight versus when I lost my sight. And I think um, I was able to focus. And so... 
Because most people would not, when I was being tested as a young little kid, a five or six, um, they worried about my, my memory, because I could only do, could memorize only three things in a row. What do you think, Patricia? Do you think I could do more than three in a row now? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's interesting, you know, that they worried about that. But I think it's, you know, I think we all forget about maturity and, you know, we all have a different learning curve. But I think in my case, when I off my sight, my focus was that much sharper. I, I would think so. At what age did you start in your early teens to lose it? I lost it when I was nine. Nine years old. Nine? Yeah. Completely? Yep. Um, how, but you speak of Boy, you speak of Boy Scouts, and I and I and I'm thinking that you were in Boy Scouts when you could see some, but they, I, yeah. I I saw I saw when I was a Cub Scout, and I lost it. But when, not when you were a Boy Scout, because you have to be 11 years old, as I recall. Correct. And I see, I was, see, my case, I was a little different than most. It's interesting, a lot of our listeners who call in who are blind, um, and Larry and I were talking about this, I think, today. Um, and maybe because we lived in California, was different. I, I would, ne- I never went to a blind school. I was always fully integrated in my entire life. Into normal, normal schools, yeah. And I, my dad, my folk, my parents always believed this. I lived in a side of the world, and I'm going to compete in a side of the world. And cause I am just a a driver. I am a I am a a driver. I will beat you. I I uh, I you know if you if you got the sight, I'm gonna I'm gonna outwork you basically. And that's just how. Because I generally used to blow all the charts uh, uh, in mathematics. Math, they would, you know, they, I could, uh, my concentration level was so good in math, per se, that the poor kids in the class had to compete with that. And I was always fully integrated in those types of classes. Yeah, because when I think about it, and I think, uh, well, you know, your your concentration and memory have to be better in order for you to make it normal um, yeah, in order it, f- to make up for, you know, not being able to see. Correct. And so your memories are just sharper, but, but like I say, then I thought, huh, but I can't picture Walden ever in his life having even been around uh, people to where if, uh, that he, if he was a naughty boy, that he, where he would be uh, wanting to delve into the things that that people did, mm-hmm. like you know, like what I experimented with when I was younger. Right, right. Uh, and but you know, uh, it's true. But he said I was so focused academically. I, you know, through my scouts and academics and my hobby, my life was full. You know, I didn't yeah. delve into those types of things at all. Okay, I was, I was driven as a. Uh, as a young person, and I and yeah. I think generally, the people who achieve academically, um, we have a certain motor uh, that some people don't. Cause I was, I was blessed that I had a curiosity and interest 
I think this is what makes the Saturday Night Show interesting. Patricia and I have one thing in common. Many things in common, but but I think one thing that really benefits the show. And you know what that I think it is, Patricia? We both laugh a lot. That's true. But you know well, besides her laugh, I think we're both... Curiosity. Very, yes, absolutely. You and I are both curious, very have a curiosity. Oh, Boy. And oh, I th- boy, you hit that one. And it's true. And I think this I think the show benefits from that. I mean yes. you know, you and I many people do homework on the air. Yeah. <laughs> you know and and I can totally relate with you because I'm that way more now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll actually be uh, watching something or listening to something and I hear a word that I don't know and I will pause and go into the uh, the dictionary app that I have, which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be able to do that, but but then uh, sometimes I will uh, also just go onto the internet to look up something uh, while I can remember to because my my short term memory is is so bad now, and you know one thing leads to another just like I know that you do, Patricia, and then you all then as you start studying something, mm-hmm. uh, you go all down those those different paths and you know. It's, uh, rabbit trail that you can uh, like well where was I coming from you know because yeah. it's so fascinating what's all there because I because I can I have such a curious mind that's why I think I'm Google I love Google looking for things and I think Patricia has the same curiosity sack and plus Patricia's preparation for the show oh yeah first class Thank that's you, why I, I, why why that's why it sounds so good because Patricia puts all the work into it. Yeah, thank you again, Patricia. You do. I appreciate it. We all appreciate it. Amen. 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 So, yeah. so Walden, uh, are you aware, are, oh, are there um, are there some blind people that, that go down the bad path? Um, oh, yeah. Where, where you can pick, maybe have an, a percentage idea or something, or... Well, uh, it's interesting, a, a teacher of mine, when I was here, made, made an observation to my folks that in the blind communities, a lot of blind people have generally have had a lot more um, problems, other, other handicap besides their blindness. So, um... John and Lori and myself, um, we didn't have that per se. You know, we we handic- You know, I have other handicaps, my hearing and my, and my speech per se. But, um, but it was her observation that a lot of other blind kids had a lot of other issues in life, and also another observation that she had, not a lot of them had very had very strong families. John, John and Lori had a strong family. I have a very strong family. Yes. Um, yes. And she felt a lot of families just sort of put the blind people aside. Oh, that's And, and, but see, my folks were very proactive. My folks were, uh, they were a hybrid of being proactive and, and letting me and willing to hold on tight in terms of whatever I wanted to try, you know, they would, they would, they didn't, they didn't discourage me for, uh, 
Right. I am a Here. I am a definitely a riverboat gambler in a lot of ways. I don't mind taking major risks and chances. That probably scares most people, but I am a I'm a major risk taker with that. Can I have I don't mind failing. And I know a lot of people hate that word. A lot of people in life, and I think it prevents people trying things out because they're afraid of failure. I am willing to. I am willing to fail. Um. And yeah, I'm, you know that's funny because I don't play cards because I don't. I I don't believe that. I don't feel comfortable enough. I don't feel um, like I'm going to do well because everybody else who's been in it for a long time, mm -hmm. are, you know, they're so into it and they're fast. I don't want to be a problem and I don't want to fail at that, so I just don't even do it. Mm -hmm. So I can understand what you're saying there. Yeah, because I, 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 I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people who don't step out, I, a lot of people don't like being uncomfortable. And I'm willing to be uncomfortable. Um, and I don't mind change. I, I, I think change is just inevitable and that's what happens. So those are just different traits I have that some people might not share those same traits. So Yeah, and I think the family... The family... Yeah, the family unit, I'm... I was totally blessed with... I was totally blessed... With a great family unit and a wonderful friend, like Patricia. Oh, you are. And I get my own song too. You, you do. Oh my gosh. You do. Thank you. That's a very nice thing to know. Yeah, I was driven as a younger person too, with um, working with my hands, working with mechanical things, mm -hmm. and um, when once I got into high school and, and they had shop classes too, I became teacher's aide and metal shop for several years, well, the whole other years I was there, and um, took welding off campus, you know, I had my dirt bike and my go-kart that I was always working on in the shops, and and uh, I just loved doing that, and, you know, that, that transformed into uh, my first good job while I was still in high school and in my careers after that. I think it helps that you love what you do. Cause that you are you willing to put the time into it for you that was working with your hand, Patricia's writing, and me in here just saying what, you know. <laughs> oh, and now now I'm I'm thinking back to um, when you started getting into this hobby, and um, the bulk of you guys who actually have these programs, you you had to physically pay money. To uh, buy your stuff back yep. in the old days. Yep. My allowance money. That's what I love about birthday and Christmas. People knew I love it. They would give it to me. Um, I had no problems in the in the 70s. Uh, saving my money and paid seven dollars to for to, and put it in the mail and get a record with uh, a half hour worth of radio shows. Wow. 15, or maybe two 15-minute shows. You know that? And I had no problem uh, to the point of my collecting. I, I wanted to hear what I wanted to hear, so I had no problem paying $12 an hour. I just didn't want to hear just any old thing. There was certain, at a point in my 
question, I wanted to hear certain things, so I will display. So, those of you in the last 10 to 15 years, it's, it's a totally different ball game. See, and what Patricia's offer show is a, it's a great analysis of that because those of us in the 70s, we would not spend that kind of money on awful things we wanted to listen to. But now, because it's free, yeah, it's different. It's a different sure. game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like, Mike Candy, you know, uh, he's got a huge collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you guys are, uh, well, like Bill and, and Mike Candy, when, when you phone in a request, are they... Are they um, have access to some database where they don't actually physically have that music, but uh, do they pay to have access to one so they can play songs from it or what? Because I don't H- think I've ever asked for one that they couldn't find. Handy, I think. Handy probably would be the more apt to do that. Bill has an enormous collection. Uh, Bill, you his... His archives of records are just staggering. And also, um, he has sort of a, uh, I don't know if he's in, digested all of it, but he's taken a ton of his CDs and digested into a database system that he can look things up. I don't know if he f- ever fully have finished it off, but he had oh, that capabil- capability. So he physically had records and maybe in some, still does to a large degree, but then has recorded them so that he can. Well, he bought both. He bought the he got the old records and he and he bought the CDs or whatever. So that he could have the uh-huh. uh, computerized uh, database digital in the database. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Like and you know, let's face it. Their their show is so eclectic. You know, who, there's no other show in America that would have one guy playing old country music and the other one playing Beatles songs. It's it, it's an odd mix. What can I say? Yeah, they're all <laughs> all over the all over the place. So so I'm correct in thinking though that um, at least 99% of of the the people. Well, we call, I'm going to call them DJs. I, I don't know the, what is the proper term to call the different people that, that put programs on on Yesterday USA. Mm-hmm. What, what would be the proper... D- Bill Black likes to call them DJs. I, I call them yeah. hosts. But yeah, Bill like double them What do you call them? Oh, hosts, personalities, on-air personalities. On-air personalities. Yeah. Okay. But, so most of those guys started when they were young and they do have physical... Uh, collections, right? That they're drawing off of when they. It depends who you. It it depends who you're talking about. For example, Dennis Daly would have been all of the modern age downloading them off the internet. Jerry Hendrickson and Don Aston are probably the biggest one who actually have the transcription, the master tapes. Those two would be the original sources. Um. John Lurie, because they've been so known in the hobby, they've had access to material that nobody else had. Um, Bob Wine, he checked a lot of things off the radio. So it's a case by Bob Bob Broby of of the modern, you know, download 
uh, files. Um, me collecting all these years. So we're all, we're all different. It just depends who you ask about. And you're pretty far along the way to uh, to where you're able to now clog up Patricia's house. And... Almost. She she <laughs> she she's been working too hard, so she slowed down, and she still got twelve boxes to ship off the run. But right. Say again. Paul said, "Use the word clog," and I've got Drano. <laughs> you have Drano by by way of an address now to send it to to Ron. Yep, that is correct. And so, Wallen, you 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 started with all the various different ways your records. And, well, my and... mom would not allow me to have real to real. So oh. I I didn't get a real to real machine until I started working for. The Sinatra family. Why did she not want you to? <laughs> she thought I was just an old format. Why? Oh. You know, my mom probably never thought in, in 75, 76 that this would have been a lifetime hobby of 40 years. And she said, why get one of those things? That's an old format. Yeah, she didn't want you to spend your money and get into something that you're not going to be able to keep using. 40 years later, people or people who would never give up their real, real machine. But, you know, I, I had 8-track tapes and cassette tapes, so a lot of stuff I dubbed over the years with cassette, but I bought LP records and things like that. So you said um, you started working for the Sinatra family, and what is it that you, you I forget, I know. In, in, the Sinatra fam- in the Sinatra family, so I wound up buying a reel-to-reel machine, we wound up buying a reel-to-reel machine and a transcription, and a transcription player. So. And what is it you would do? He had tons of reel-to-reel? No, uh, they they would ask me to go look for them, and a lot of the major collection still had reel-to-reel, so it just, it just made sense to buy the reels and then transfer, transfer our cassette for the Sinatra family. Oh, so they wanted you to find everything that you could? Yep. I was, I was hired to go, kick, go looking at collections and things all over America. You were the bloodhound of old-time radio. Oh, I and I had a wonderful career doing that because starting that whole business in, in 1990, that would be really before you could find things on the Internet. And so a lot of them, a lot of our entertainers didn't keep things, and they, they would come to me, and I said, go looking for them, and I would get, I had a business looking for stuff. Wow, so how would you charge them? Uh, sometimes it, it was it was a case by case scenario. Sometimes it was an hourly wage. Uh, sometimes they would just give me a a lump sum check. You know, um, you know, some would just sort of adopt me into the family and make sure I was taken care of. So it, it was a uh, it was an interesting ride. Let's put it this way. You don't do it anymore. It pretty much since the internet come out, that that part of that business oh. is sort of uh, all dried up, you know. But I had a good twenty year run doing it, but that whole industry because of the internet pretty have much died out. Because they can do their own searching. Well, a lot of the resources and things, the old record stores and different things, right, have all sort of disappeared. Right. You know. Right. So, I, so, do you still use uh, big reel-to-reel? 
I I given those away, but uh, we do have one here in the house, and we do and, and, and we do have a turn we do have a sixteen inch turntable. Yeah, I have my I'm keeping my old system. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Um, my my big big folk audio speakers and uh, turntable that I just had to re since they we got rid of a big entertainment center and I know to my wife being very happy that she's but now I have them all stacked in my room that uh, I would have to uh, reset up in here yeah. to take advantage of them again so I I, I know I used to be very very meticulous about uh, if I buy records uh, that I would make recordings of them onto cassettes uh, and equally space out all of the time that I that I could. So, and you know, I think one record would sit on one side of the cassette, I believe, mm -hmm. if I'm remembering right. Yep. And uh, but uh, I didn't like a song to just um, be ended and they go right into the next song. I would put I would put space in between there enough to. Uh, you know, for you to do something or get to it to stop it if you wanted to, things like that. Just so they're just, I thought it was a little classier to have a little more space uh -huh. in, in between them. And so then I would just store the records away, right. but I wasn't continually playing on them. I would I would play the cassettes. Sure. So. Well, so, thank you, Paul, for giving us a call. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, you got to give me a trivia question. You want a trivia question? Patricia, you got, a, oh. you got a trivia question? <laughs> I have a million. Do I you know. know. I have been sitting in that seat for the last 78 hours, and I just stood up. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Don't go away. Okay. Don't go away. Okay. Um, oh, dear. I was going to ask if you were doing your nails or something because... No, no she's been looking at the awful brand of coffee. We haven't heard why she chose a brand of coffee she doesn't like. Are you um, Maxwell House? Yeah, what, Patricia, are you drinking Maxwell House again? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Hold on, I know I'm here. Oh, there I am. Oh. My, my daughter and her husband, husband have a um, coffee shop that they opened up in Bend, Oregon. Hmm. They're very young, you know, this is 24, 25 years old. Wow. Yeah. Big bite out of life that they're taking. If you had a life that they're taking, a big no, bite. They're taking a big bite. Yeah. Uh, well, he's a he's got a true entrepreneurial spirit, mm -hmm. and then uh, he also sells fireworks at Fourth of July, and uh, makes a, a lot of a big bulk of money each year then. Although he did lose ten grand a couple of years ago because, uh, well, trivia question. <laughs> yeah, Who was it takes a little bit more. Okay. Who was McDougal in a popular comedy series? McDougal. That's a hard one. I know the name. McDougal was not a police officer. Yeah, Google, yeah. 
It is a police officer. And I said, it's not, he's not a police officer, right? I didn't hear that, Paul. Say that again. He, he, he's not a police officer, right? No, he's not a police officer. I don't know. Alden? I, I was cleaning my ears, so give me the question. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like a casual radio show. <laughs> I was busy. Would have worked just great. <laughs> I don't hide anything with the, from the family of you. I was cleaning my ears, you know? Oh, you are so funny. Okay, who was McDougal in a popular comedy series? It, he was a frog. He was a frog. Oh, yes. Who's frog? Uh, the name starts with a B. Uh, yes, you're right. Uh, he was a B. On a beat show. Yeah, that was Miss Brooks. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was... Mr... Yes. Mm-hmm. Strange guy. Yes. Strange guy. And they went to Madison High. Yeah. And he also taught... He also taught a B subject. Yeah, he was biology. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mr. Boynton. Boy, yes, yes, you're almost there, boy. Boynton. Very good, very Paul. good. You did very well. Okay. Very good. You probably have uh, a few things that I said. Ask me. Uh, I'm not collecting. Probably. I'm not collecting CD preferences for a little while until I catch up with what I've got. Okay, so you're just putting down the credits. Uh huh. <laughs> yes, right. Yes, right. So you, you know that that person credit. gets credit, right? That's right. You can have a credit. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you, Paul, for giving us a call. Yes. Yes, and I hope whatever work it is that you're doing, Patricia, that has you really busy is enjoyable. And proper well, I'm having a good time. It's, it's pay- nice to be able to say that. Not everything is. It pay- I know. It's it paying the bills. It's paying the bills, you know. I mean, you take what comes. But this happens to be good. Well, that, that's great. And uh, I, I enjoyed uh, talking about uh, your blind situation and others, uh, your, your history and all of that. Um, well, like always, it's always enjoyable. So thank you, Paul. I will be enjoying listening to you guys now. I appreciate that. Well, all your questions and stuff. Take care. Okay. Good Bye-bye. night, guys. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye. And that's just gonna be just Patricia and I the rest of the way. It's so interesting. I really never brought up the buying issue for years. Other people were bringing it up, so that's probably why new people knew I was buying. But if I, I never really focused that on. On the air, it's really not been a part of yeah. my persona. What's really nice for the sighted community is that you and Larry and John have so much information to share that you take just as as in stride. It's it's just part of your everyday existence that we know nothing about, mm-hmm. and it's it's just great that we have.
have an opportunity to learn that kind of stuff. And you and Larry and John are just great. I I, I want in some ways, um, it helped break it helped break stereotypes or molds or whatever. You know, it, it very well could be. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I never thought of it. In those I guess terms. so. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, anyway. I know other people over the years it. pointed it out. So it's just, it's, it was an interesting. It's just an interesting. And maybe that's why I met a lot of other people who. Well, see, I always just said my mo I have a very simple, two simple models. Everybody's handicapped, which is true. You know, it could be mm -hmm. mental, academics. And none of us, and my we other, all have a shortcoming, that's right. And none of my, my, one of my other, one of my other sayings was, I think it's totally true. None of us is getting out as well as Scott's free. So we, we all, we all, <laughs> we're going to get to stay forever. You're right. Yeah. So we all have problems. And that's just the way I've always looked at it. And that's true. Amen. But anyway, in your particular area, you have taken the time and the trouble to teach me an awful lot of stuff, and I know other people are on the same train with me. And I really appreciate that. Well, you're special to me. <sighs> you are. Uh, you have enriched my life. <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. That's a, that's a fun thing to think. I hope I have enriched your life enough to make oh, us smile. Of course you have. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You've even said, I don't know, a couple of times. <laughs> Which is so you know, that's wonderful. Why, that's why I don't know why people think I have this air about me being... No, no, I mean, it's just like with my questions. I, I, when, when you have to think, even that works. <laughs> that would be fine. <laughs> so, um, I looked all of this stuff up, and by golly, you're going to hear it. All right. Okay, 1.3 billion chicken wings comes out to 162.5 million pounds. How many pounds? 162 million pounds. Wow. I don't know where you guys are going to put this. Okay, and this is from 2015. I couldn't find anything about potato chips. <laughs> 2016. <laughs> um, potato chips. You guys are going to eat at least 11 million pounds of chips. You know, I, the last several years, I like eating uh, tortilla chips. That's, mm -hmm. that's, I get that counts of potato chip, but that's sort of well, what know, I went to. That probably is in the pile because it says 11 million pounds of yeah. chips. So that probably is part of the of the program. You like potato I like chips? Those too. I'd rather have them than potato chips. I can't remember the last time I had some. When's the last time you had one, my dear? I think it's been at least three or four years, maybe five. I'm surprised that. Hi, Dolly. Next time I go to the store, I'm going to get some Doritos. Ah. Doritos are good. Do you like Doritos? Mm-hmm. I just don't have them too often, honestly. Yeah, and I'm, I haven't had them in years. So I think I've been good enough. What do you I, think? Oh, yeah. You've always been good. You know, I, okay. uh, now, I like, I don't know if you have tried lately. been a while. Those potato chips, uh, they're a sour cream and chives. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Oh, okay. got all sorts of flavors of these things now. Remember when we were kids, there was just barbecue. You would have regular never and barbecue. You never, never had any interest in tasting them. My dear. Yeah. You've oh, had I've led such a narrow existence. Have you figured out why? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me if I care. Do, um, do I care why I, I you know, I, we've talked about I don't do change well. I don't I think know. that I don't think that extends to adding things to my life. It's just changing things in my life. Um, I don't know. I, you know, if you like one thing, why bother to try to go to another? Uh, yeah, well, my mom, because my mom gets bored easy, that's why we tried so many things over the years. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, well, I came across something. Um, okay, so if I'm if, if I'm living with you and you're going to cook me um, a bowl chili, and if I said I like that, I mm -hmm. would count on that same recipe coming the next time you make chili, right? Yeah. Okay. My mom just makes different versions the next time we just never know. <laughs> <laughs> if you like something, that's the way it stands. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't pull a quick Yeah, this week this week she she decided to make white chili this week. White chili? White chili. That's right. what the recipe called, yeah, white chili. White chili. <laughs> Oh, that's a chunk of interesting stuff. <laughs> How do you make white chili? Alright, let me back up and, and ask the question. Are you a beans in the chili or not? Um, we, we eat them every single which way you can think of. This yeah, week, this week, I mean, this chili this week, this chili did not have beans this week. It did not. Okay, this yeah. is something that's very serious with Bill. He gets, Bill Bragg, he gets really wound up if somebody says I put beans in my chili. He insists that chili does not come with beans and he really is. And I think that was a... He really dives into this if you say the word beans and chili in the same sentence. Now see, I think what Kim is from Pennsylvania, they have beans in their chili and Bill does not. I beans in my chili. I like beans in my chili. I love beans in my chili. I like beans. You've got to have kidney beans in there. Yes, very much so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, how did we get there? <laughs> how did we get to beans and chili? I mean, what other what, show? What subject were we on? Yeah, oh, they, we, we, oh, we were talking about chips, and then yeah, just, yeah, and then okay. From there. Okay. Well, I'm in a different part of my list here. And for 2016, it is 11.2 million pounds of potato chips. <clears throat> now allow me to put this in perspective. <laughs> Let me see here. Where is it? Okay. Eleven million pounds of chips when you can when you convert it into something that you understand and you can kind of get your arms around. A standard NFL football weighs how much, Walden? With or with 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 or without air. <laughs> I'm hanging my head. My <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. 
um, how much does it benefit? Well, I thought I had a good question. With with or without air, how much the air weigh? It weighs zero. Oh, okay. Well, it's imperceptible when you're wearing a football. <laughs> it'll barely make my, a My guess would be two pounds. It's between 14 and 15 ounces. And I thought, what a ludicrous number. And I went out and checked a couple of official sites, and that is indeed, it's between... 14 and 15 oh, I forgot. Ounces. You remember? Uh, you, remember the st you remember the big story about Tom Brady oh, and the freight gate? Tom Brady and the, and the squishy football. Yeah. <laughs> and then tried to claim he couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. I beg your pardon. <laughs> he couldn't know. Mm -hmm. <sighs> See, I even pay attention sometimes. Are you proud that I knew about that? I, I am. Um... You know, we're going to have the Olympic this year, and I can't wait for you to be our Olympic reporter. <laughs> have to be on Mosquito Report. They're talking about, you know, we've, we've got 12 cases, I think they said, 12 cases of the Zika virus here in Florida. I know, um, I know, it's a little scary. And, yeah. and, and my, my aunt and uncle are in, in the South America. Oh, gee. Yeah. Oh, gee, I guess Brazil is the biggie, and that's where the Olympics are scheduled right. for. Right, and, and, you know, they're having, I don't know if you've seen the story, but the, the waters in Brazil are so bad that uh, the American rowing team just doesn't want to send their guys out there. And that begs another question. Don't these cities need to meet standards other than we can build a great big facility well and that's why you know with the corruption scandals you know with soccer i don't mm -hmm. know if you've been seeing that uh, it's almost secondary like who 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 the committees are paying these officials off and that's it, always it, been rumble 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 it, it's absolutely resulting i remember yeah. when the I think it was the Olympics. I'm sure it was the Olympics. They they were in Moscow. Yes. Uh huh. And they, they complained. The first thing they did was to say, "We've got brown stuff coming out of right. our taps. You can't drink this." And they survived on bottled water for the whole time they were there. Well, remember, remember the Olympics were in China, and they were so concerned about because of the air quality. The the air quality, yeah. the smog was awful. Now, I I'm not into this kind of stuff. You know, I'll sit and I'll watch the Olympics for part, you know, maybe 15 minutes at a time. But it seems to me as an outsider that even the coaches should be insisting that at least they, there is an element of safety in their surroundings and what these people eat. And it's not there. It just isn't there. Well, somebody's, somebody's got to stand up and say we need a person to go out and examine these places. It, it, you know, and the, Olymp the, the, and, yeah. the, the Olympic Committee is supposed to do that. The International Olympic okay. before they pick a site. Well, holy cats, somebody didn't turn on the tap water in Russia. Right. Well, that's, that's ridiculous. They it is. But, oh, it, it just, anyway, people, and I, I mean mainstream people, this is people off the street who frequently raise correct questions are asking whether or not sending our American team into an area that we know has 
a risk of a terrible illness, is that the right thing to do? And I know ESPN, the morning show, is going to be after the Super Bowl. That's what they're going to do. They're going to try change fit change Brazil. They want to move it to a, a resort. They want to they want to move it to a resort that's about 100 miles away. It's another part of Brazil, but that way the water the water conditions are so much better. Well, that's great for the water. What about the mosquitoes? I mean, the Zika virus. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's really a serious concern, and moving 100 miles is going to make yeah. a difference. Moving to another country. I, who has the time as a venue to create an Olympic environment? Well, who has the time and the money to do that at this stage? Well, right now, that's why, um, you know, Boston dropped out of the bed for the 2024. Mm-hmm. And the only one that picked it up, it was LA. LA had the infrastructure because of the 84 Olympics and the 32 Olympics and mm-hmm. things. So most likely, that's why uh, we can jump involved in the bidding process because we have already infrastructure built for something like what that. What would happen in terms of liability and monetary liability if the Olympic Committee said this is too high a risk, we're going to number two on the list if they will have us. Both way they both, what happens if they just cancel? Both way they can do those things. You know, I mean, let's face it, the one picture canceled during World War Two. Mm-hmm. Forty, forty-four, you know. Mm-hmm. So the answer is yes, they could do that. So what is your bet on whether or not there are going to be some really significant changes? Um, right now, I don't think there's going to be any major changes, be my guess. Okay. Well, apparently, the virus does not... Some people get a fever and typical virus-type stuff. I'm gathering from what I have read that the majority of people don't even know they've had it, which is part of the risk, because now they realize, for the first time uh, this week in Texas... They found that the virus can be transferred through things like sexual intercourse. Right. Some some contact with a bodily fluid will transfer the disease. Well. And that was terribly scary when you're talking about a pregnant woman. Well, that's why they, uh, you know, what I've seen so far about the disease is seen attack the unborn baby's brain structure. That is correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah. it attacks the brain development of the unborn baby. Yeah. Scary stuff. I mean, it was really scary, but it's not the only scary stuff that's out there. Everywhere you go, there's the potential to have some kind of a scary medical thing happen. Yeah, very much so. I don't know. We're never going to fix it, but I'm on your team right now. I don't think anything is going to change. No. I think people are going to be a lot more cautious in terms of their travel. But they're just, you know, it's all over the world now. They thought it was centered in Brazil, but it's, mm-hmm. they're not major outbreaks like there are in in Brazil, but parts of the world. Oh, well. Okay. I have something else here. What else do I have? Oh, I wanted to translate the 11 million 
pounds of chips, uh-huh. and there were potato chips. Uh-huh. A football is 14 to 15 ounces, and that translates the, the 11 million pounds of chips is equivalent to 12,137,931 footballs. Wait a minute. My adorable one that spent the time walking these Mac mouths. too much time on this garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who cares how much a potato chip weighs? I, I, I do. do. I, it's a great way to uh, to equivalently figure, figure tan, uh, uh, sort of like an intangible concept to something tangible. Exactly. Yeah. It, it gives you a little dotted line, a little yeah. connector. Okay. So now, here we go. Uh, let's see, that's 15 minus 5, 50 plus 5. Okay. We have this year's resale tickets. Now, we're, we're absolutely down to the wire here. And this year, it is $7,000. That's on the resale market. In previous years, last year, it was, let's see, that's 45. Okay. Um, last year, it was... 4,271, year before 2,500, year before 2,400, year before 2,900, and the year before that 3,500. We have had a blowout here at $7,000. So, Patricia, you and I got you, you and I got two tickets. What are we going to do with it? <laughs> we have two tickets. I'm going to sell mine. <laughs> I, really? You had to ask? I could do a lot with seven thousand dollars. Gosh, I got a lot of bills to pay. Oh. I could do that. Now, the interesting thing to me is that this price of seven thousand dollars, and they're talking resale market, so people gobbled up a bunch of tickets and said, "Okay, I've got them for sale." And if they did it on eBay and they waited until the last minute, they didn't read the rules correctly because the last minute sales are at the lowest price. Mm-hmm. Anyway. These are tickets for $7,000 on the lower level 50-yard line. Oh. You sure you, don't, you sure you don't want to keep your ticket and we can go to the game? No, I want to sell it. <laughs> um, and I'll make sure I sell it to somebody you'd love going to the football game to with. What do you think? I, I, look, if I can't go with you, why should I go? Well, that's a really thoughty attitude. So you can sell your ticket too, and boy, we can have one heck of a blast. Yeah, and I'll get come. Wow. I'll get come to your apartment, and I'll. You can put the TV on the, on the scheme, and you can read a book. How's that? <laughs> if you put my TV on, you're not going to get very much. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to tell you what CenturyLink is doing this week. I'll I'll save it for next week. Okay, okay, okay. Well, may may, uh, may I ask? Are you? Can you get CBS? Yeah. Then we can watch the game. Okay. No, this this is not a we project. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a the project. <laughs> you watch the game. I will read my book. Okay. Pizza Hut. Well, now, if we, have, if, we have, if we have $14,000, we, we can go get some ch- some chicken wings, you know? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And if they sell for, how much did I say chicken wings were going to sell for? 
I don't think I did. No. I didn't have I didn't have a price for chicken wings, but they're that popular, so they're going to be big time stuff, mm -hmm. and we can be the resale market. <laughs> They can charge a million dollars for a hot dog. We can do really well here. Oh, yeah. Did you catch that New York? I did. A hot dog. <laughs> They're going to do that with a hot dog. Why not? Okay, Pizza Hut. Preparing to sell more than 2 million pizzas, which is a very meaningful number compared to Domino's, who always gives their information in terms of slices. They're expecting to sell 12 million slices but if anyone has ever purchased a domino's pizza you have to request the traditional angle pizza slice otherwise you will get these in little tiny squares and they'll call that a slice of pizza so unless they specify which kind of slice they're going to give that is not a very meaningful number okay but two million pizzas from pizza hut that's that's pretty hot stuff. Okay, so where where are you ordering Shelby Pizza from? Domino's or Pizza Hut? Well, Domino's makes a good pizza. Okay, so I'll... Pizza Hut makes a good pizza. I don't know. I don't think it would make a difference as long as they make a thin crust. All right. Uh, so we we'll call tomorrow while we're watching the game. Patricia needs a double helping of anchovies on a. Thin crust. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Large slice. Mm hmm Large. Okay. But this wee part that goes with watching the game, I'm a little uncomfortable <laughs> with that. You're watching your book, you know? Okay. You're, you're reading right. your book, yeah. Yeah. One time when I was, you know, I, I did a stint in the motel while I was yep. out working. Yep. I called Domino's and ordered a pizza with double anchovies, mm -hmm. which, you know, I mean, they're, they're pretty chintzy on the first pass. Mm -hmm. I got a pizza that I was actually taking anchovies off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, somebody looked at this stuff and said, we finally found one who will eat it. <laughs> they, they, they had all the left over and they just dumped them on there for you. They must have. I have never seen that many anchovies on a pizza before, ever. I mean, I, and I could eat them, but there were so many, it killed the taste of the pizza. So I had to take them off, and I ate them later, and my goodness, I must have consumed 12 gallons of water afterward because the salt content is huge. Okay, I think that's all I've got in the food department, I think. I think, yeah. That's, that's all I've got. Yeah, and I told you how much a bucket of pizza. <laughs> a bucket of popcorn. How much is a bucket of popcorn? It, it, to order it from the game? No. What What does it look like in in your hands? Is it really? Oh, big? I um the ones I'm sort of think it. I see them as large, like a movie theater. Now, remember how like Colonel Sanders? Remember you order mm -hmm. a bucket? It'd be I see them at that large from okay. a movie theater. Okay. Um. Well, we all know how cheap popcorn is. Yeah. I, I think... And it gets all nice and puffy and makes people believe they're getting a lot. Yeah. A, a bucket of popcorn at Super Bowl this year will cost $15 for 12 cents worth of kernels. <laughs> this is no joke. The, the bucket is probably 
three times the cost of the actual popcorn and the popping process. Well, think of all think of, th- think of all that butter and salt <laughs> probably cost more than the kernels, probably. Yeah, it does. I, I mean, it's just and okay. and and the napkin that they had to have to clean yourself up, you know. If you got a bucket of popcorn, which concession is going to offer you a napkin? Well, generally, generally they got them on uh, on the uh, buffet table, whatever you call it. You get grab them. Yeah, on the on the counter. Yeah. But I I would think that would be reserved for hot dogs and you know the gooey kind of stuff that you'd really need a napkin for. I don't. That would be interesting. We have to get somebody on the phone one night who has attended a Super Bowl, any Super Bowl. We've got tens of thousands out there. So. All right, here's the question. Yeah. I'm so full of Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm going to blow my reputation. Um, they're playing in Levi's Stadium Yep. with 60,000 seats. Yep. When other stadiums have more than 100,000 seats. Yep. Why did this happen? Um, For a couple of reasons. The trend lately is to go with a smaller more intimate feel of a stadium, and so the capacities are smaller, but mm-hmm. but the game experiences are much better. That's been the architectural design lately for a lot of these newer stadiums, baseball stadiums. You know, uh, so the old days of a hundred thousand place. Um, that that's why, and because where it's located is. There's a lot of... It's probably the wealthiest area of America. Because it's, it's right in the middle of Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And so, wages are just off the charts. And so, I imagine if you look at what the 49er tickets were, it's probably about as most expensive they were. Um, now, now, the new football team in Dallas, that, that might be much bigger, but... I think with San Francisco, they went with that design, uh, more of an intimate feel design. It's I, awesome I don't to... know about intimacy in a Super Bowl. I don't care how many people are in the aisle that I'm in. I I was just really surprised. I mean, that's my way of thinking. I was really surprised to see how small the stadium is. Well, I mean, the ticket sales are in half. Well, uh, they, they, you know what I mean by that? They want to be, you know, the seats closer to the the field mm-hmm. and different things like sure. that, yeah. Sure, and and I do understand that. Um, from a marketing standpoint, having 50% of the seats that I could ordinarily sell, I can't double the ticket prices. I, I'd never get away with doubling the ticket prices. Well, you, well. So, so my income, my gate, I'll, I'll say that, my gate is going to be significantly less than if, well, don't played in a stadium with 100 or 110 seats. Well, think of it this way, Patricia. There's other revenues that they're making besides uh, the the gate sales. Nowadays, yeah. nowadays, they charge PSLs, and what okay. that and that's a seat license fee. Oh right. And here in LA, they're talking. To give you the right to buy football tickets, uh-huh. you're supposed to buy the right that your seat. 
And no, mm-hmm. and here in LA, they're talking that it's going to be five thousand dollars minimum a year. But that's not exclusively su- Super Bowl. Well, that includes the right to be able to buy a Super Bowl, and that's so those guys in the up there. Only if they choose your stadium. Well, they but see that's been part of the package. The NFL, in order to leverage to get new football stadiums around the city. Well, mm-hmm. you you have the understanding you're going to get a Super Bowl. No matter where it's played? Uh-huh. That's why... How can they do that? Well, that's why they, as you notice, they played it in New York this year, Detroit, Michigan. Because the NFL is a... It's not an individually owned business. It, it's a... It's a partnership. They, 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 well, it, 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 it can, and so they are leveraging the NFL power to try and get new football stadiums built around the country okay. because there's more money for them. Right. Next, next logical question, at least to my mind. Yeah. How many, how many stadiums are there in the country, and how many seats total do those stadiums make up? Well, it's, are you talking about NFL stadiums, or are you just talking mm-hmm. about? Well, yeah, there's only NFL there's stadiums only, that the NFL plays in. Well, right now they're basically they're only generally they're rotating the NFL. Traditionally, it used to be just four stadiums. Now they now because they're forcing them to have newer stadiums, they're moving it to allow you to be able to be part of the Super Bowl site. But traditionally, it was just, they used to play it in four stadiums. But now... How many, how many NFL teams total do we have? 30, 30 teams. How can they play in only four stadiums and get through the entire lineup for the year? Well, I'm talking about the Super Bowl. They, they have oh, no, 30 no, no, stadiums. No, no mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about the entire... Um, yeah, the whole thing. It's a, I would say you probably have 29 stadiums. Okay. And if, let's pick an average, I'll, I'll say average 100,000 because that's pretty much what the, the number that's... My, gu- my guess is probably, not, it probably the average size of a football is about 60,000, 65,000. Okay, so Levi's is is not far out of range. Right. It, in, the, in the old days, they used to go with that kind of capacity. The only ones that have that kind of capacity now are college football stadiums that, mm-hmm. that go that kind of route. I'm going to have to do some additional homework, but I'll be darned if I'm going to do it this week. <laughs> I'll put that on my list for next year. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Okay. Well, I've got questions for you. Unless you are interested in knowing that Johannesburg, South Africa, watches begins watching the game at 1.30 in the morning their time. So that means they'll be watching it pretty soon, right? Did Will they be able to tell us the score? Because they're watching the game so early before we are? Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I wonder if they're, they're watching the next day. Because Auckland, New Zealand, at 12.30 p.m. on Monday, they're going to get the live broadcast. It will be there Monday. 
Well, you, you think they allow people get, take time off at work on Monday to watch the Super Bowl? Well, they better because yeah. in Munich, <laughs> they start watching it at 12.30 in the morning. Wow. Monday morning. I don't, I don't, I don't know how people are going to get up and go to work that day. Anyway, okay, we've got your, your question. Perfect. Are we ready? Let's do it. Okay, we've got Stump Walden. We've got a brain teaser, a presidential quote, a presidential question. Um, we've got your colonial history, and I tonight I have. A first lady quote and your baseball question. I run out of room before I get to the end of the page here. <laughs> uh, uh, which would you like? My brain teacher. Your bra- Ooh, hey, we're right out of the shoot on that one tonight. Okay. Your brain teaser. I didn't get it, but I thought it was funny. So <laughs> <laughs> No idea what they were asking, but the answer is pretty funny. What do you call a person whose car has been repossessed? A repo? A what? A repo? Yeah, it's a, it's a repo. Yeah. No, no, the repo is the car. <laughs> <laughs> Not the, no. What do you call a person whose car has been repoed? A repoette? It's the car that's been repoed. When they repossess a car, they take it away from you, Walden. I know you don't have a lot of driving experience. But, yeah, but um, I, think, I think a repo is very proper. You think it's very proper? Yeah, a repoette. A repoette. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I believe with my whole heart that it really is 10 to 4 here. Okay. You, what do you call a person whose car has been taken away? How's that? Uh, uh, carless. Well, yes, it's a carless person. That's correct. But what do you call that person? Uh, a walker? Very good. It's a pedestrian. Oh. You got it. All right. Okay. And I had no idea. I looked at this. I said, man, this has got to be a good one. And it was. I thought it was pretty funny. What do you call a person whose car has been repossessed? A pedestrian. Very good. Okay. What else do you want? My stump Walden. Your stump Walden. Okay. I'm going to give you, going to read to you a list of people. I want you to tell me which program these people were associated with and what they did. They all had the same job, some of them at different times. So it's only a single job that they had on this show. And it could be anything from, you know, cleaning the floors up in the direction booth to, to acting on stage. Okay. The list of people. Leonard Levinson, John Whedon, Sam Moore, Jack Robinson, Gene Stone, John Elliott, Andy White, Paul West, and Virginia Stafford. It's very easy. I knew it from the very first person. I so hard on this. I'm sorry. But uh, they were all writers for the Great Gilesford Show. 
they were all writers for the great Gildersleeve show. Yeah, Boy, yeah. you get a big gold star for That's that it. Good job. I like that question, Patricia. Thank you. Yeah, well, it, it was extra special because it was one you knew the answer to. No, but that was really very good. Yeah. I was going to read the list backwards, and I didn't. I started with, with John Whedon next to the top. Yeah. So, Okay, what else would you like? Uh, my colonial question. Your colonial question. What was the name of the capital of the colony of Virginia? Richmond. No, I knew that's what you were going mm. to hit. I love it. No, it wasn't Richmond. Ferndale, Virginia. It was, what was that one? Ferndale. Ferndale? Fern, fern, like a, you know, a tree. Ferndale, yeah. yeah. Is there such a place? No, I'm just making them up. <laughs> I'm never sure with you. <laughs> oh, gee. No, it wasn't. Kalamazoo. It was Williamsburg. No kidding. That's yes, great. I was really surprised. It was the capital of the colony of Virginia from 1699 to 1780. 81 years was the center of political events in Virginia, and those political events are what led to I, the Revolutionary War. I guess we're going to have, just have to go there. If we get, we can't get anybody on the phone with them. We just, know, we just need to go. Let me put that on my calendar. Yeah. Call Williamsburg or something. Mm -hmm. um, call Williamsburg. They might have to call the Chamber of Commerce and just tell them we need somebody. You know, I don't know. Well, I got that very nice email back from the person who said someone will call you probably within a week. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't say which week. So, wait. We have to forgive him. Yeah. Okay, what else would you like? My baseball. Your baseball question. Okay, well, I thought this was pretty cool. And knowing your background information on baseball. You probably know this in a heartbeat, but I thought it was pretty cool. Which player struck out only three times in one season, but two of them were in the same game? Wow. Goodness. Uh, would, would it be uh, Eddie Eddie Collins? No. Um, Eddie Gagado? No. I don't think I don't know, my dear. Was Joe Sewell? Ah. Sue, Sewell or Sewell? Sewell. Sue. Joe Sewell. Sewell. Okay. In the 1930 mm -hmm. season. Wow. And he struck out only three times with 353 at bats. Wow. Now that's a heck of a record. Yep. Good. Good I question. Had two of them in the same game. <laughs> I mean, that's like the poor lady who got hit twice in yep. the foul ball. Yeah. Once in her seat and once on her way out in an ambulance yep. stretcher. I mean, how many? I, 
I don't, I don't, she should have played the lottery that day. That poor lady. What did hit it? And it was the same batter who hit her twice. Can you imagine? No, no. He should have played the lottery. What, what the chance of that happening? Yeah. I, I don't think anybody could, I, I don't think the, the best odds makers or, or pickers could have possibly come up with anything. It, it must be trillions, trillions, one in trillions for that to happen. Trillion, billion, zillion. Billions and billions. Gosh, I miss Carl, Carl Sagan. He was so good. Yeah. He was our master astronomer mm-hmm. and scientist, and he could explain anything going on in our universe in people terms. He was so wonderful. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what's next? Uh, first lady quote. Your first lady quote. Do not put such unlimited power into the hands of the husband. Remember, all men will be tyrants if they could. Barbara Bush. <laughs> I don't think she'd say that about tyrants. Do you think she would? No. No, I just thought it might make you smile. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. Although Barbara Bush has always been a person who's just sat there, I could never be like her. <laughs> and if she had an opinion on something, you heard it. You gotta like a first lady who doesn't mind getting her in her uh, her bathrobe to walk around in the White House and talk, wish everybody good morning, huh? No, I'm not going to dye my hair for you or anybody. <laughs> what you see is what you get. <laughs> and she said that. <laughs> what you see is what you get. Yeah. Such oh, a sweet lady. Okay, yeah. what's next? Oh, I guess still got to answer this puppy. Um. Oh, what did I ask you? Uh, you we said it wasn't Barbara Bush. Oh, oh your quote, your quote. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bet Truman. No. This one really surprised me. Hillary Clinton. (laughs) (laughs) Martha Washington. You're darn close. It was Abigail Adams. Oh, wow. On Adams' wife. Wow. And uh, the collection that I found attributed to her Mm-hmm. Very, very feminist, ahead of the suffragette movement. Wow. I mean, and that's really ahead of the mm-hmm. suffragette movement. Mm-hmm. So anyway, no, Abigail Adams, can you imagine? No. All men would be tyrants if they could. Oh, my goodness. What a joy she must have been to live with for child. <laughs> I mean, really, think about it. Yeah. John, John might have been a little interesting sometimes, huh? Maybe. Yeah. Life for him would be. Yeah. I mean, she was just so out of mainstream for that kind of a, of a lifestyle and that kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. So it, it surprised me that it was way back that far. I would have expected something like that much closer to Eleanor. Right. Okay. But I, mean, I don't think Eleanor would have said it while she was first lady. Nah, no. Nah. Anyway, okay, go ahead. What else? Uh, presidential quote? Your presidential quote. 
any man, this is from a sitting president, mind you, any man who wants to be president is either an egomaniac or crazy. Jimmy Carter. <laughs> You're right. He would say, he always, he, he was such a joy to, yeah. you know, what's Jimmy said today? Yeah. Uh, Franklin Donald Roosevelt. No. I mean, a guy who ran for a fourth term? Yeah. Well, he had the ego part. Incidentally, this was the anniversary of his attempt to expand the Supreme Court. Ah, to pack the house. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Nope. Hmm. This one really blow you away. Richard Tricky Dick Nelson. Richard Tricky Dick, who? Well, it's not. Yeah, I said Nelson. It, it wasn't going right. <laughs> that, that's okay. It's late. We'll, we'll forgive you for that. It was Dwight Eisenhower. Wow. Wow. The great, great, and, great question. He, he, he ran for a second term and was elected. Yeah. How, how can you sit there and say, gee, I fought tooth and nail. I like Ike. To get here and then say any man who wants to be president is either an egomaniac or crazy. That's true. Which one is he? I guess both, huh? I don't know. I never considered him either one. No, I don't think so. I mean, we've we've had presidents with big egos, mm -hmm. but uh, he he's not someone I would categorize like that. That's true. Oh well. Anyway, okay. So you've got a presidential question. And it looks like that might be the only thing left. Yep. I, oh, it's the only thing left. That's it. Okay. During his time in office, <laughs> I love this one. <laughs> Which president played golf, played poker twice a week, followed baseball and boxing, and sneaked off to burlesque shows? Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> oh, dear me. No. <laughs> Richard Nixon. Oh, Walden, washing that out. <laughs> now, you know, it's really interesting. He, he was a Quaker. Mm -hmm. And they had some pretty stringent lifestyle and life um, principles mm -hmm. that people are expected to follow. So something like this would have been way out of line with those beliefs and those um I don't want to call them rules. What are they? Oh, standards. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're all standards. And, and very much, uh, they would be committed to writing, and each person in the Quaker community would be expected to do that. I don't know what was restricted, but I, I kind of think burlesque shows <laughs> on the list. Well, <laughs> it, it really actually depends on what kind of burlesque shows. Mm -hmm. Because remember, there were two different types. It's the one that That's we true. all the the one that we all think about, you know, with the strip tease. With, with the strip tease and the girly show. Right, but now, the I'm, other. I'm looking. But the other BOSB were where Alvin Costello came and was right. for family entertainment. Straight entertainment yeah, and family, family, yeah. family friendly. Yeah, we, but we, the word, the we word sneaked off. He sneaked off to burlesque shows. Makes me think that maybe it wasn't well, strictly entertainment. Well, yeah, but you know, it, it, yeah. It, it, yeah, but but if Einstein can go, why time for Beanie? You know, 
What can I say? Uh, you, you, you just helped me with that correlation. <laughs> <laughs> just, give me, just give me a little bit of a help. Well, he snuck off to watch Time for Beanie and stick your pie and uh, snuck off to a book. Time for Beanie and Burlesque. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I think you're stretching for this poor man. Who was it? Bill Clinton. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make an agreement. Let's not hammer the the, the Clintons until after the election. <laughs> oh, gee. He, he 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 was a president, wasn't he? Nothing yeah. wrong with making him one of our presidents, right? That's true. Everybody <laughs> else is. Okay. It sounds good, doesn't it? Pardon? It sounds it good. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's really terrible to say, but yeah, it, <laughs> it was a logical answer. <laughs> Anyway, and, and getting back to Richard Nixon, remember he was he was quite a card player in World War Two. Nixon? Oh yeah. He, he it, was, it was one of the other guys who bet the, the he, White he, House China. Which one bet the White House China and lost? I don't remember that one, but see, I I understand that Richard. Maybe this one. Richard won a big pot during World War Two in, in a poker game. I think it really helped get off his career. I did not know oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's well, how I I'm do it. thinking that this guy is the one who, because they played, played golf and poker twice a week, mm-hmm. I think it's this guy who lost in the White House China. I just mm-hmm. can't believe he ran out of stuff to bet me bet the White House China. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Well, can you imagine telling his wife? Can you imagine his, his, his wife? Uh, Henry, where's the China? I thought we were going to have the Churchills over for dinner. <laughs> we're having guests for dinner. What are we going to eat? <laughs> oh, bring him into the kitchen. Yeah. Hey, get, Martha, get, tell him to bring out paper plates tonight. We're going to be, we're going to eat uh, non, uh, you know, unconventional or whatever, you know, uh-huh. informal. Oh, hey, just tell them it's a, it's a cooked night off or eating with paper plates. Hmm. I'm going to have to look this one up. Yeah, paper plates. That would yeah. make it. Would you, the, the really high-class Dixie plates. That's right. This is good. I don't know, my dear. You got me. Warren Harding. Oh, wow. And I believe, I, I just ran a search, um... On, and, and so much stuff came up. I you, I put in China. If you put mm-hmm. in White House, you get everything as well. Um, but before we say goodnight, I want you to know that I got, about an hour ago, something that has spooked me. I mean, the, every day there's something on the Internet that will spook you. I got an email from Google. Uh-huh. That says, top suggested Google pages for you, Florida. There are some sites that require a first name and a last name, and I'll put in Florida, and then the last name is Ryder. Right. So somewhere they picked up that this email address belongs to someone who has entered the name Florida. And I opened it, and it reflects places I have been in the last week. I mean, it is just darn scary that uh, I mean it, it's like um, 
Hillary Clinton for the Democratic nomination, I watched on Thursday night yeah. the Democratic debate. So that one ties in there. Um, Adobe Acrobat. I have been fussing around trying to get an older version of Adobe because I made a mistake of downloading a newer version, and they've got crud all over the page. They've got just wide borders and, and commands and a toolbar. This is on my, you know, on, well, on my PDF file. I was holding a computer show this afternoon, mm-hmm. and there's a, way you can get, there's a way you can have them not track it. And sound to me what they said, what they do, the website drop a cookie into your browser. Oh, I know that. Yeah. And, and the way you can, there's a way you can, uh, if you go into uh, undercover mode or private mode, then they mm-hmm. can't track. They can't track you. It's not an option that I have. I have an option to click tell websites not to track me. Mm-hmm. But there is no respect for that limitation yet. But I mean, it's it's from Google. My gosh, you know, I mean, it is really scary. Yeah. Oh man. See, Homeland Security. Always <laughs> behave yourself. Always behave. But I had to say that. I mean, that just that rattles me when I see something like that. That the whole world can be inside my computer. That's true. <sighs> okay, I have cried. I have opined. <laughs> I have <laughs> begged for mercy. I've given you everything from my soul about Super Bowl that you could ever possibly know or never <laughs> wanted to know, but listened anyway. Yep. Um, what's left? Should we say goodnight? I think so. I'm going to get in trouble if I stay in <laughs> All yeah. right. Patricia and I are going to talk to everybody next Saturday together. Mm-hmm. So you want to take a night? so many people found us. Yes. And if you communicate with other people who normally listen to the show, please remind everybody that no matter where you are, you can always get to us if you go to the yesterdayusa.com website. There are many other ways that you can listen, but that one is a sure thing. Amen. So, I have to say goodnight to everybody. Thank you for being with us and for hanging in there. You have a great day tomorrow. Have a safe week and we will be back on Saturday. Good night, Walden. Good night, Patricia. We love you all very much out there. All right. All right, my dear, I'll call you back in a little bit. I'm going to save all the files. JAWS Professional Skype Trademark Mash Update Upgrade Sound Forge Pro Escape Escape Enter 0.0 or 
Enter 0.01 menu bar menu A leaving menus save as dialog file name colon sound one edit to set the value use the arrow keys or type the value alt plus n S A T U R D A Y N I G H E W I T H P A T R I C I A two dash six dash one six Save as type colon combo box MPW wave let save but enter data window type and text 0.015 seconds. Escape escape. Alt F4 Skype trade all tab Skype trademark left bracket third alt F4 Skype trade all tab Skype trade all tab Bill Bragg Bill Bragg Alt F4 Skype trademark dash call alt F4 all tab, replay rate all tab, MP3 all tab, sound forge pro